Thursday, May 17th, 1976. God damn fucking cunt. You'll get yours, baby. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 136 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is finally here. The top 10 in 1976 after, what, like five years or something of waiting? I don't know. It's been a long, long time since the last top 10 show. We have got two of the homies from Exploding Heads Horror Podcast in the hizzy. We got Christian and Brandon. What's going on, guys? Jeremy and Hello. JP. I was about awesome to say, enough. yeah, what about us? <laughs> <I'm so laughs> this fucking asshole. <laughs> you know We're what? More a lot of people pissed me off this week and the last two weeks on the Facebook page being complete and other fucking assholes. Especially Sack, who said that I'm after Moods and JP and Watson in the list of who is awesome podcasters. Do you agree? I'm fourth. Disagree? I'm fourth. Do you think you should be first? Well, well, Brandon and I weren't on that list. Are you actually <laughs> no, going to make Christian, <laughs> Christian, the thing is, I'm in these horror chats where these guys are constantly talking about their favorite podcasters, and we never get mentioned. <laughs> Ever. I don't know why, because you're always number one on Horrorfila, even though we put 18 times more effort into the shows than you fuckers oh. do. No, you don't put 18 I mean, times more effort. I don't think you've ever listened to times more shows out. That you know, more actually, actually, man, I was on Instagram the other day, and someone made a post, and it said, uh, what are some of your favorite horror podcasts? And I was going through the comments. There was a shitload of comments. There was like 100 comments on there. And not one person mentioned 22 Shots, but Exploding Heads was mentioned, I would say, probably a dozen times. And there was this one guy, and I uh, I, I commented back to him, and I said, hey, man, what about uh, the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror? And he's like, is that a horror podcast? And I'm like, yeah, dude, it says horror <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and he's like, I've never heard of that show before. And I'm like, really? Like... It's just, I mean, if you've heard of Exploding Hit, you think it just kind of connected. Right? Yeah, you guys shows. literally mention us. <laughs> I mean, we mentioned you guys without even any, like, we just assume people know that we know each other in the yeah. show. We'll just mention your names and just the audience has to go with it. Mm-hmm. We do if, that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's just the way you operate. And those Instagram uh, reviews for uh, Exploding Heads are just our fake accounts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're just going. <laughs> But I was I was actually quite shocked though. I mean that we weren't mentioned once. I, I was wasn't. Like, I was like, that's impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. It is all my fault. So I'm sorry. But it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's because Jeremy came back for the last 36 shows. So yeah, <laughs> I am a little upset. I thought I was on the show with Derek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> If if you were on the show with Derek, the fucking Hall of Fame would be eighteen pages long. So speaking of lucky. managed to get eleven Hall of Famers in a top ten show. <laughs> have Derek on. I was talking to Derek the, like a couple months ago and number ten we have Dogway Afternoon with a ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about preparing for this show and I was talking about how many I watched and he was like, Yeah, I watched this many. I was like, Wait, why? 
Derek might have watched the most because yeah. he was keeping pace with oh. me and I killed it. Yeah, he really and was, he was, man. Yeah. Now, I feel really guilty. I'm just hoping I beat Jeremy. Oh, <laughs> I tried this time, okay? I didn't watch okay. any shitty films. Moods gave a top 20 I list. Dog Lay Afternoon. No, no, no. I just, yeah, because I had to watch at least something that wasn't on Moods' top 20 list. It wasn't. It was just a list of. It wasn't really. It was kind of a mixed bag, really. But I was. Yeah, like, because you know, there was some, clearly some shitty movies in there that you recommended. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything. Uh, yeah. shitty. I don't think so. But uh, <laughs> uh, but speaking of that, actually, I'm curious. So, how many films did everybody actually watch in prep? Twenty-eight. For 1970s, Twenty-eight. Oh no. Dude, twenty-eight. I watched twenty-eight, and that's no shitty film. That was only like three or four shitty films. Everything else was list-quality type films. I didn't watch 70 films because I didn't watch the fucking dog shit Brandon watched. <laughs> I just watched the ones that would at least make my list. I didn't watch The, re- the Return of Rosemary's Baby or whatever the hell that shit is called and, or any of those other crappy movies. Watch the Return, the Return of, of Rosemary's Baby. That was a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, not in Wow. Well, I, yeah, I'm sad to say because I think I killed it. I think I did very well for the 86 show. But I no, did piss yeah, poor did. Here. His did. poor 20, 20 movies, guys. Sorry. Why wow. did you fucking no. make fun of him? Why doesn't he have to eat well, a fucking Because this onion? isn't his show. How in the <laughs> hell did Jeremy beat somebody? Well, the conversion. I fucking have been putting a million times more effort into watching shit it's now than I did. It should be. It's your fucking show. That's a good point, Chris. You didn't even put two times more effort in. Let's do the math here, okay? I did seven one time. You watch seven more than the guy that's not on this show every he, week. He watched eight more, but it's hard to tell because of the conversion rate in Canada. 20 movies is like what? <laughs> and I watched eight. 34 I watched in America. films since 2017. I watched all the Hellraiser movies. I watched every other fucking movie that we've done. I watched all those fucking shitty fucking Jerry movies and, and all those other crappy Patreon films. I've done fine, so fuck you. You know what? You, but you actually did it. You didn't come right. in the lowest. I am proud of you. Good job. That was the yeah. whole goal the whole time. That is I a good job considering all the shitty movies Christian you have does. to cover. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised he's talked as much as I think he's talked more in the first opening, the five minute opening of the show than he's done in the last three episodes. It's all because it of the horror me. mafia, bro. Horror it mafia remi- made me come out of my shell. It reminds <laughs> me of that uh, Pearl Jam song. Jeremy spoke on <laughs> the podcast today. Damn, dude, you're tone deaf. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's awful. That's just, right. just wait. Just wait till we have to. Just wait till we have to put yourself out there just now, and it just didn't. It just did. wait till we have to explain why I like these movies, and then I won't be talking. So you know, Dude, I got your. Oh, back. it's the lure all over again. It's Thank the lure Lord. all Thank over again. I, 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 I think I'm gonna have a little bit of the lure symptoms tonight. <laughs> Let me be honest. I had the lure at number eighteen last year, Jeremy. I like that film. Oh, it's a but, solid film. Of course. Why did you like it, Jeremy? I don't know. <laughs> Why did you like it, Brandon? I um, liked it because it was mermaids, hot mermaids. Say, <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, even that <laughs> better than what you said. I actually had a whole set of notes on what I liked about the film, but I no, because when you go number seven, I have the lure, and you and Moods go what? Fucking fucked me. Yeah, and then and and <laughs> speaking of '86 show, you know. Christian said that to Moods with Terror Vision, and he didn't freeze up like a clam. Yeah, but that's Moods. <laughs> <laughs> so, JP, how many, how many films did you end up watching? 
I ended up with exactly. Let me count here. I ended up with forty six. Forty six is pretty good. Forty six. Okay, so I we oh, had man. a week delay, right? I scrambled to get to forty four, and then we had a week delay because, uh, or two week delay because uh, Brandon had a, a computer meltdown, and he instead of watching more seventy six movies, I only watched two. <laughs> Because I was done. I was cooked. It was over for me. I'll be honest, actually, in that two-week delay that we had, I didn't watch one. No, me either. I I have not watched a 76 in three weeks. I packed it in. How do you feel about that? How do I feel about that? Fucking ecstatic. How how do you feel, Brandon? Not watching (laughs) a 76 film in three weeks. I I was literally done. I had one (laughs) more I could have watched, but I even own it. But I was just like, you know what? I'm done with this year. So yeah. how many did you how many did you two total at? I came in at exactly seventy. Wow. Yeah. Fudge. <laughs> so, just right. thinking of doing, you know, over twenty more just gives me anxiety. <laughs> Alright, he almost caught me, Moods. I came in at seventy nine. I thought you were gonna do seventy six. I did 76, and then I watched three more, and I was going to try to watch one more to get to 80, well, but Brandon, 79. When Brandon, mentioned that, when Brandon <laughs> mentioned that he wanted to do 76 for the 76 show, I was like, that's pretty clever. So I just I just, just decided well, to hit 70 the, because it's the 70s, right? That's hopefully why I get the year 2001 so I can only have to watch one film. That's well, good reasoning. <laughs> I watched I, uh, one film for the 2001. No, you got to watch 2001. Oh fuck that! <laughs> no, uh, I stopped at you know four forty six because I couldn't take it anymore. I watched so many bad movies and I just did not have the fun that I normally have with this. <laughs> One, the transfers are fucking awful for this year. If you have to do outside sourcing because stuff's out of print or just never had a release in general, the transfers are awful. <laughs> Second, dude it's all satanic panic it's all killer animals and it's all just fucking 70s boar fest for the most part you know there are great movies here there's great movies in every year except for like 2003 97 no it's 2003 is great um but i I just i was struggling towards the end first of all i was just watching a stretch of bad movies where i was i was watching so many bad ones in a row i literally lost passion for this this particular okay speaking of those bad films after i watched snuff i thought i was gonna make a snuff film because i couldn't i was gonna fucking kill somebody (laughs) (laughs) snuff wouldn't even make my bottom five what? I, that's how many bad films I watched. Wow. See, I was a smart one here. It 20, works. done. <laughs> 20 and done, yeah. I mean, realistically, it's, it's you know, looking at my list, I would say that there is about 22 to 25 really solid movies, maybe even less. Mm-hmm. Truly... There's about 15 good movies, like, you know, really solid ones. And then there's, you know, pretty good ones after that. It's The drop-off is very top-heavy for this year. So do you think that, you know, the way you had to watch a lot of the films kind of ruined the experience a little bit, considering, like you mentioned, the transfers not being the greatest? Um, see, I had a different experience because I think I owned 58 or 59 of the 70 films that I watched. So I had them on good transfers. So, I mean, that kind of maybe helped elevate my experience with rewatching a lot of these films because I had good transfers. I don't it know. It had a huge it had a huge it, effect on my and 
list. I actually yeah. had two films that I bumped off simply because the picture quality wasn't that great, and I'm not sure. Yeah. 100% what I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I get that. Uh, it, it definitely factored in for me a little bit more than it usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, even films that I really liked that didn't make my list, spoiler alert, like Embryo, like the transfer that's, was pretty garbage. That's, that's I the found perfect a good example. one. That's I found the good one, bro. You, you know what's that's funny? A great film. You know what's that funny? Needs a tra- good transfer. I actually have a DVD of that movie, and it looks like trash bag. <laughs> it is so. Did. It's it's it, probably it's, the uh, worst I physical film movie. I own. I can't believe you found probably a good the worst. Because found a good one on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's, was, that's shocking me because, like I said, I have a physical of it. And it was. I figured Prime would have the fucking best one. Oh, Excuse no, me for trash. thinking that. Yeah, crazy. Prime had Prime was awful. Like I couldn't even tell what I was watching, but I enjoyed the film a lot. Yeah, that's I liked it as well. Um, and I did notice that I think I did enjoy the – like if I had a Blu-ray like Squirm, you know, Blu-ray, Scream Factory, you know, Food of the Gods, stuff like that, I was I would be way more into the movie than when I was watching like, you know, Creature from Black Lake. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that transfer sucks I, too. Yeah, I'm the same way. True. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really shoddy transfers, which I understand. The, the prints are older, obviously – you know everything hasn't made its way to HD from that era yet. Uh, the one there are a lot of good ones that that have and and you know another thing is the hidden gems. There really yeah. weren't any like yeah, the movies two. that I knew that I had a feeling were going to be good were the ones that were good. There was only maybe one or two movies that I didn't expect to like or or hadn't heard anything about that ended up actually being solid watches. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel about gems and, and things I, like? I had I had a <laughs> lot of yeah I I would say there were a bunch of films that I hadn't seen before that are really solid that I would purchase if they get decent releases. In terms of hidden gems, there were two movies in particular, one of which I had seen before and actually owned. Upon rewatch this time, I realized how amazing a film it is. And the second one, it's a it's a pretty popular film which I saw for the first time and I absolutely loved it. But then we, Moods and I, I'm not going to say what it is because Moods and I decided that we're not counting it for <coughs> our horror list. So yeah, if, yeah. It doesn't, if, if it doesn't make any of your list, then I'll bring it up at the end. But it was a yeah. first time viewing for me. And I mean, it was, it would have been my number two film of the year. Yeah. Um, so I think that, Overall, I was happy that this year was done once we were done prepping for it. Like, even when we had to push the show back a week or two weeks, I was like, fuck. Because I already – I did a few rewatches. Like, I rewatched a few of the more popular films just so they'd be fresh in my head. And then I'm like, again, they're going to be lost. I'm not rewatching them again uh, because most of these movies are long. But uh, sometimes it's just, you know, getting the show going was hard that it was harder this time than i feel like it, it usually is and uh mm. it it just didn't work super well uh this particular time and i think that honestly i was just kind of burnt out on the year very early um i started watching late i definitely had to panic watch almost like where i had to i didn't i started right away but i started very you know spaced out and then i waited really long to to really get it going and Mm-hmm. And the the film selection was just so bad. I was getting stuff in from Netflix, like the DVD by Mal, and every one of them was just, just, just not entertaining whatsoever. <laughs> I was just having a what? annoying ass time with it. I'm, I'm right there with you. 
sorry, Jeremy, but I agree, JP. I started slow and I was pacing myself and then I got freaked out and, and just started binge watching. But one thing, and you mentioned it already, shockingly long movies. <laughs> oh, big time. There's a lot of two-hour films. <laughs> oh, painfully yeah. long, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And a few films that are de- are shorter that feel longer. That's not that's not a good thing either. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, I I actually agree with JP for once um, about hidden gems from this year. I mean, out of the seventy films I watched, I believe roughly fifty seven, fifty eight of them were rewatches. So there's only a few films that I hadn't seen before, and none and of the- out of those, okay, so none of none them, of those. none of those were hidden gems. I think every film that I hadn't seen or first time watches for myself were not good. And which is which so, is very different from the other shows that we have done, you know, with uh, seventy six or sorry eighty six with like in a, in a glass cage, and then mm-hmm. ninety six with uh, that film that Brandon really liked, the Spanish film that we didn't uh, really know the- about. Thesis. Yeah, yeah, there was in two thousand two had some some Asian gems and and mm-hmm. different. It seemed like every year. Yeah, thesis was a still watched. Thes- I'm still looking for a damn copy of that film, man. I, can't I know. Find I, it. I seen it's- one the other day, and it was like fifteen. And I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a good price though, because I know I, I still see it, it for like twenty five. So the interesting thing is, we can all kind of agree that there wasn't really a lot of hidden gems from seventy six. Not. Well, yeah, there's, there's movies I hadn't seen before. That's how so I heard did it. You, did you expect that they were going to be? Like, the ones that I had yeah. seen that I expected to be good were good. The there's, ones. There's you know, two on my list I didn't know anything about that I thought. So, JP, which films. Here. Which ones, if you want to mention, what were some of the ones that you just were not digging at all? Crash. Uh, like, The Clown Murders. Uh, yeah, Sisters of Death. Stuff like that. Uh,. Whatever happened to Rosemary's Baby wasn't very good at all. <laughs> so, out of the ones that I told you to watch, which ones did you care for? You said that uh, there the was... biggest one that I hated was Plot of Fear. Okay. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I actually like Plot of Fear. I don't me know me and is. Sam watched it together and picked it apart. That movie makes no sense. It is. It is very strange for sure. If, if you actually pay attention to what the characters are doing, like when that cop dude find figures out that the the steel bars have stuff it like none of it makes sense why he would even know that and now and all this stuff it's just a mess that scene with the animated porn or whatever they're watching they're sitting that was the watching. best scene in the movie isn't that so <laughs> out of left field in the film yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird um so yeah. astral astral factor that movie sucks i didn't get that. i didn't watch i didn't that. watch i thought that, that was more like sci-fi astral factor Afro fractor. You didn't like the Savage Bees, didn't you, JP? The Savage Bees. I mean, I rated it low, but I I had seen that movie before, and I do like it. The transfer was just god awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually pretty big fan of the killer animal aspect of '76, which was very heavily Mm -hmm. Uh, everything from like the Savage Bees to Rattlers, all the way up to like the bigger ones like Grizzly and Food of the Gods. I like all those movies. I've always liked, uh, you know, killer animal films. Nature runs amok, and there are plenty in this year there are a lot uh in the 70s in general but 76 has a great deal of them i agree and that's kind of the I theme for my... 76 satanic no films there's only two sequels yeah. that i even know of satanic Black films Magic 2 and what's, uh yeah can we, can we say what's the one film we watched that 
we were disappointed we were disappointed by it that we thought that was going to be good but it ended up being not what we expected i know what if, you, i know what you, yours is if you want me to reveal that now i can would you want me to i'll reveal mine okay. yeah, i'll do mine mine was uh blood sucking freaks really yeah. oh. that's yeah. just a oh, oh i'll talk about that later i guess <laughs> But I told me to. offerings. What? <laughs> I kn- I already knew what Jeremy's was. This is the best. Such wow. a news fucking movie. God damn. Drop in that napalm. <laughs> For an offering you thought was shit. <laughs> he said it was boring as shit. Uh, wowzers. I God God told me to. God told me to. I I'm a Larry Cohen fan. That movie has some good moments to it, but overall, I was disappointed. Really? I'm shocked to hear that from you. I read, I, you know what I thought when I was watching it? Boy, would I like to see a remake of this. <laughs> I kind of like, hate this movie. I hope they remake it. But, no, you, no, because, <laughs> but honestly, Christian, th- th- that's a movie that's never going to get remade today. Because it's just... I, it, it's so relevant, you know, with the the shootings and it's such it, a small it's part of the movie, though, man. Yeah, that's but, the only thing that, like that, like I like that concept, but yeah, it's it, a short part of the movie. It is, but it's still it's still there, right? Yeah, and it's, it's great. Kind of, it's it's, it's kind of what you take away. It's from like it targets. Too. Yeah, I, I say disappointed. I didn't write it like ridiculously yeah. low or or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. I just said I was disappointed. I was expecting more. What what about what about you two moods and uh, Brandon? Hmm. Um, go ahead, moods if you got it. I think probably for myself, um, I'd have to say eaten alive. You know, I just I thought maybe I thought maybe it might get a little bit elevated this time around, and I was kind of in the same area as I was with it before. I think. When well, we- well, what was interesting about that movie in particular is we covered that movie on a feature review before, and you and Jeremy liked it a lot more than I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, and it's totally gotten. Uh, twisted around now. Yeah, I think, because I, I, I think, like it. Yeah, you like it a lot more than <laughs> at least me. I I can't speak for Jeremy, but that was probably that. And um, I, if I had to put another one in there, I'd probably say Alice Sweet Alice too. I, I you know to be honest, man, I've never really been the hugest yeah. fan of that movie. Um, it has some good moments. That was going to be my second. Alice Sweet Alice. Oh. Um, this is gonna be an interesting top ten. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm shocked. I'm shocked yeah. that everybody's saying that they hate movies. That no, no, no. I don't. Well, hate, I don't hate. I don't Alice hate. But I, I don't hate. I don't hate burnt offerings. It's just fucking boring as shit. Wowzers. Uh, okay. What about of, what about you, Brandon? For me, it was a rewatch. It was uh, a, a whisper in the dark. A film that I used to rave about mm-hmm. and, and would recommend to people. And I watched it this time, and I'm like. This isn't really a horror movie. I, nobody, one person dies in it, and it's just an accident. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this, the pacing is slow. It's like an hour and 50 minutes. I still give it a decent rating because I like the style of it. But, man, that was disappointing. To the Devil, a Daughter, which was a first-time watch. House of Mortal Sin. These were just some boring films yeah. that I was yeah, expecting. There's, there's a lot of boring films in, in this, for sure. I, I, to go House on the of Mortal Sin? God thing. damn it. This is fucked, man. <laughs> I didn't rate House of Mortal Sin that low, but I was disappointed because I, I was d- like, I 100% agree with To a Devil a Daughter. That movie is a fucking mess. 
I will yeah. it. It's so Game goddamn four. boring. It's dude. a mess. Like the way it's edited together, the way they tell the story, everything is just I was like this is clumsy. the most driest, bland hammer film it, I've ever seen. It, it I is. really wanted to enjoy it. We watched yeah. the hammer for our show, and Brandon already dropped the bomb that he was very disappointed with this. Yeah. And I agree, guys. It's it's not good. No, no. It, it's it's time. it's and honestly the production one... value seems so high too, which is just even more flabbergasting. I, you know, it's it's got to be one of my least favorite Hammer films, and I've seen a shit ton. Uh, That's yeah, just I mean, it's really, really not good. Uh, to go on the opposite of that, a film that surprised me that I liked more than I thought that I would, it would be the '76 version of King Kong. Yeah, good <laughs> film. Good film. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. That? I it. Well, that, that's debatable if it would like I'm not revealing if it's on my list or not on my list. Or the oily no. maniac. But I, I just, didn't think I was going to like that movie. <laughs> the, yeah. I, I watched a few films that I personally wouldn't count is what I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I did watch films that I didn't know before if I would count it or not. But afterwards, I decided I wouldn't count it. Yeah, I left off two major, major heavy hitters. They would definitely be in my top 10. They're not there. Um, Brandon kind of touched on that. Yeah, it's two films that we actually had a conversation about on Friday. I think we talked about one of them previously, but then another film got brought up, and then we both mutually agreed that it's not a horror film. And I'll be honest. Good. Even though it's really damn good and it deserves to be in a top 10 list, uh, you know, for films in general, but I couldn't do it. I just couldn't bring myself to, to put it on the list. And so. Yeah. Talk yeah, about I the think there's, there's a lot of films that <laughs> that are borderline. Yeah, I, I think I have two films on my list. I have one that I think people are going to say, "Well, is that horror?" I I, I think I have. I have one for sure, and I have gotten confirmation from a couple people now that is definitely horror. So I feel better about. So those that. people are smarter than us. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to ask around, like just. Just to see what people's thoughts were, and they kind of confirmed it. So that, that's you know that's always good. You did guys you, made uh, but did you? But did you ask Bruce Campbell? <laughs> <laughs> you always have to ask direct. That is that man, Christian. That's super cool, man. That he actually responded to you. Like, I was I was shocked. I haven't too. listened to that show yet, but I assume that you and Brandon think Evil Dead One is comedy when it's clearly not. Okay, and it's not that show. No, I said it was. It's straight horror. I know. Well, well, I'll do this quick. I said, I always thought it was straight horror. Rewatching it for this show, I saw comedic elements in there. And their argument was that, well, that's because you saw Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and all the comedies there. But there's tidbits, tidbits of little Stooges routines intermixed, underlining the straight horror. And like it's there. Preach. And that's it. And I'm preaching. I'm with him. I want to guess the movie. That you guys thought wasn't horror. And you can answer it later, maybe. Is it the little girl who lives down the lane? Okay. We'll answer it later. <laughs> That's it. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Right. I'll re- we'll answer that later. I'm ready to end this show now. I'm ready to just like, <laughs> unplug my mic and just go to bed. <laughs> the, I, I definitely like, things have I kind think of, this is a good the pieces idea. pieces have moved in a way that I was not expecting. This my is, top ten is down to like a top four right now. This is a good. <laughs> <laughs> this is an this is an excellent prelude to the top ten list because it gets everybody all going and riled up and shit. Yeah, it was my idea. And now and yes. now we're, and now we're questioning everyone's list. So yeah. it's gonna be shorter because I also don't have a top ten list anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> so, so are we are we moving on? Are we going to get into these lists? Well, first, I just want to say two films I didn't get a chance to watch, or I just chose not to by the end. Okay. I actually tried to watch one of them today, which is Schizo. Um, Pete I know that the, yep. the Pete Walker. I think it's a Pete Walker film. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I didn't get to that one, and then I didn't get to the Giallo. Uh, I think it's a Giallo House of the Laughing Windows. Yeah. I couldn't find a good version of House of the Laughing Windows. Why do you ask me? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, Mister Parker sent me one. And then I did. I didn't. I try. I actually had schizo in the dvd player today trying to watch it but some things came up so that's uh, another it, little bit of a longer movie were they i like, like i like that shockingly movie. long but it is yeah. very long were they power related jp were they power related uh no it wasn't power related i did have a power incident earlier my power went out but um no was it a I burrito just, incident no <laughs> no mood that was mood's problem today oh man to him i had explosive ass today i guys <laughs> I was getting a little bit worried about this. I'm like, man, I'm going to sit here for five, six hours, do this show. And so I was going to give you guys a heads up, too. So if you I guess I'm on camera now, so you'd actually see me leave. But if we weren't, I was going to say, man, if I don't respond, just assume I'm pooping because <laughs> my guts were not right today. Not. Oh. Right. So I guess we'll move on. All that ass play last night. <laughs> was there any films that you guys didn't get to that you wanted to? I know Brandon. No, <laughs> the confessional. Not really, man. Not really. Or House um, of the Mortal Sin. Well, I've got the Tenant and Food of the Gods. Now I have seen Food of the Gods before, but I didn't count it because I did not rewatch it for this show. Yeah. So Actually, I figured I, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was a Shogun Sadism. I wanted to watch that, and I, I didn't watch it. I heard I, of that? <laughs> I want to watch the Rat Savior, but I couldn't find a copy with subtitles. The rats. Oh yeah, that. Wait, <laughs> yeah. what was the one that you were talking about that? about the Vietnam dude? Because oh, that sounded. My, my friends need killing. Yeah, that sounded kind of interesting. I hmm. found that one. You found Did that you? one? Yeah. Did you watch oh, it. Man. That no, was but I found oh. it. <laughs> okay, so one one final question: What actually was the worst watch that you had from '76? What was Crash? The... Really, Crash? Uh, Black Cobra. I think that's an Emmanuel film, maybe. What the fuck is Black Cobra? Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's the Milpitas Monster. I've never heard of oh, that. Oh, dude, that movie. <laughs> I gave it a 1 out of 10, and that's a generous 1 out of 10. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. I, got, I, I got to go back, because I've mentioned this even before, man, but SX Experiment Camp is fucking terrible. <laughs> it is beyond Oh, brutal. wait. No, no, no. Not Crash. Snuff. Snuff is way worse than Crash. Oh, yeah. Snuff's a piece of shit. Snuff, for sure. Well, guys, I remember I only watched the 20 that I'm counting for, for the show, and it's not rated nearly as low as what you guys are talking about, but mine was Island of Death. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, this, if this you is, only watch 20 movies. This is I, getting so fucking good right now, man. I think it was Black Cobra Woman, by the way, not just I, Black Cobra. <laughs> Island of Death. Oh, man. <laughs> the worst movie? Man, you had the best experience with 76, though. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and I, I, and I'll, I, I can tell you the rating, or I can save it. doesn't matter to me. I'm interested. I'm curious. What is it? I gave it a 5 out of 10. What? I gave that's, it an average that's rating. Not, that's not awful. I gave it a 7. Yeah, yeah I, get, I, think, I think I gave it a 6. 
I think it made me just stop. I gave it a six as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck, this is so good. This is amazing. Uh, another terror vision moment right now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I could see people enjoy this movie. It was just, it was, and I would, I would say this was a thing that you were talking about earlier, Brandon or JP, about the quality. I had a quality issue with this one. Oh, oh okay. Let's get the arrow. I had an HD. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The, the Arrow Blu-ray of this movie, it, th- this movie shouldn't look that good. It really shouldn't. Yeah, but it looks it does. great. But it yeah, does. It you great. you can see the goat's anus opening up. That's how beautiful <laughs> it is. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> what are you, Derek, now? <laughs> I've been accused of that already. Yeah. <laughs> the incest is crystal clear, man. Crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right fuck yeah all right so all right. let's do this man let's get into these top 10 lists now the big question is who wants to start us off because it ain't gonna be me i don't want to go first i don't have to go last i just don't want to go first i just want to have a chance to i, I nominate to piggyback off of someone else. Christian to go what, first what, what else we'll... is fucking no jp no. seriously what the else is fucking you you go first for once i, Why do I, I went I first last time first? I always gotta go fucking first. I'll well, you were ever I'll here go to go first. Going every first. show. I think on the 86 show, is, I went first, didn't well, I? Okay, guys. Yeah. We're gonna do this so. dub, dub, dub. So okay, go here's, first. here's the order. Jeremy? It's gonna go Christian, Jeremy, Brandon, uh, or me, then Brandon, then Moods. Okay, I'll go last. Because I went first on the 86 show, so that's fair. Okay. So, coming in on my number 10 is Squirm. Hmm. Squirm again. Squirm placement or not? Honestly, (laughs) it has. I was trying to decipher the worm placement. I was like, okay, is this good worm placement? And then I realized the worm placement was everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) Is it just me when I watch Squirm? But do you guys? Because I have a really bad gag reflex. But that movie always grosses me out. I saw. I I saw screening. Yeah, always grossed me out. I saw a screening of this movie at my. where? I think it was in like 20. 20 what? <laughs> 20 what, dude? 20, 20, 21, 20. I think he's 20, breaking up. That's 20, weird. He never breaks up. 20. Jeremy? Oh my god, it's the lure all over again. <laughs> no, no, I think that was my internet this time, actually. Mister, yeah, I have the was... best internet in the country. He was going to say like 2010 or something or 2012. Can we? But while, while he's figuring out what's hap- what year it was, <laughs> can we say that like Jeff Lieberman, you know, is maybe a little underrated? I'm not saying that I love just before dawn, but I mean he's done some movies here that I think make people's lists, but no one really talks about them. Blue sunshine, fucking Squirm, internet, bro. What the hell is this shit? Never ending story I got the three. Best out of all of us. <laughs> never ending <What>? story three. <laughs> did he do never ending story three? I think he wrote. It. I don't know if he tried it. Okay, so he did Squirm, Blue Sunshine, Just Before Dawn. Those are three solid. Satan's little helper. But anyway, I saw this movie with Jeff Lieberman, <laughs> and um, in what year? Twenty what? Twenty fifteen. Okay. And he was talking about that. They, they did this like. They had to hire somebody to bring all these worms from some other part of the South. Because I think they saw, shot it in North Carolina or South Carolina. So they had to ship all these worms 
And it's just it's it's a similar story to the cockroach story from Creep Show with how they shot that scene, but it's supposed to be a mess. It's just a lot of worms. <laughs> Seriously though, it looks like a lot of spaghetti. No, well, the there's a certain like... part where they stop using the worms and they use like spaghetti Rubber. essentially. It's vi- <laughs> it doesn't even look similar. That's the biggest yeah. probably like knock on this movie. But I, I like it as well. It's it's one of those movies where it's it's nature runs amok. Like this concept of it is kind of ridiculous with the electricity pulsating through the ground. And, I love know, that part. It's so out. stupid. There's like a weird zombie thing that's unexplained, which I wasn't crazy for. But overall, I remember watching this movie just randomly turned on the sci-fi channel. And it was Mystery Science Theater 3000. This episode turns out I think that was their last episode ever or something like that. I can't remember for sure, but I had never seen Mystery Science Theater 3000 or Squirm. And I was just like, what the hell is this? I thought the movie was just like that with the guys and the silhouettes and stuff. But it was it was kind of <laughs> kind of creepy, honestly, <laughs> when they're in the house and all the worms are there and stuff. It's all I mean, they also do things like actually make you care about the characters. Uh, you know, they're likable. I mean, I love I love that city folk. Uh, I thought the redhead was pretty hot. Yeah. And. That scene where the worms start like digging their way into that guy's face. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh. That's that, that's the type of shit, man. I don't know what it is about that film, but it just it creep it doesn't creep me out. It just it makes me feel fucked up when I'm watching it. I don't know. It's weird. And that I mean They set up a great small town atmosphere when the kid comes in and orders whatever the hell that was, like a soda milk. <laughs> like and, a soda uh, milk. Yeah, it's the weird, weirdest drink ever. Yeah, what the yeah. hell was that? <laughs> like I don't a know. Phosphate, I think. Like I thought it was like carbonated milk or something. I had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> carbonated I mean, yeah, exactly. Wait, didn't he order like a chocolate malted or something? Yeah, it was a phosphate or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a East Coast thing. See, me and Brandon yeah. are Jewish, so I, we know what a phosphate is. I don't know what. Yeah, I have no is. clue what he ordered either. Like yeah. a chocolate a soda. That one fell chocolate 30 yards soda, from me. So it is carbonated milk. Yeah, you take salts of water and they put chocolate syrup in it. And exactly. That sounds that's disgusting. disgusting. Yeah. That's fucking, that's what the hell is wrong with you people? That's yeah. horrible. <laughs> you East Coast motherfuckers. That's horrible. Why East Coast, they looked at him like he was crazy. A couple of weird things to note here on IMDb. Now, I'm assuming again. I've had issues with this before, where my Chrome was loading up to like uh, uh, the uh, UK version because it's rated X, <laughs> certified rated. X, and it was it released was on my X birthday. Back in the day, all the worms were naked. That's why. No, it was oh. rated R. Wasn't a thing back when it came out. Really? Uh, so it got an X certification. It was re- well released on my was, birthday. I think it was GPG seventy six though. GGP and X. In 76. I don't think there was an R yet. Did you throw a JP in there? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It was G, G, P, R, and X. Yeah, they, I, I was, was going to say, they had, a, they had R's in 76. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was an X, which isn't like, it's not like hardcore, but it's just uh, worse than an R. Yeah. Obviously. It's for worm on worm. It just sounds like it's porno. I don't even think it's, it's that bad. Yeah. I, and well, then, that's triple X. Yeah, but like, I guess. No, that's Vin Diesel. <laughs> or ice cube this movie is way more fun than it deserves to be if you've never checked it out do yourself a favor check it out i think it's on prime don't quote me on that but i can't i have the scream factory which looks fantastic i remember i was in a stretch of just bad shitty quality transfers i popped this baby in and i was like 
ah, like I'm back. Like this is where I want to be. I can't. I I one thing I noticed watching 76 films is how dependent I am on HD and how much of an HD snob I've become. I didn't even realize it happened, but it did. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, man. So I don't want to go back <laughs> to these shitty transfers. Uh, Jeremy. All right, okay. and my number 10, I have the film Dogs. Wow. This movie wow. is fucking fun as hell. This movie's not like a film that's going to win any awards for, for having an amazing narrative or anything. It's just a fun-ass movie. And to watch, and it's well-acted and everything. It's well-put-together, and it's 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 well-made for what kind of film that it is. That makes sense. But... I think the, the the main factor of this film is just watching watching those dogs and how trained those dogs had to be to be able to do the things that they do in this movie. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it actually I mean, is. I've worked I've worked on stuff with dogs in the past a few times on different projects and it's 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 a really hard thing to do because you know, you to can't hold them fu- down. No, it's not that. You can't you can't fuck <laughs> you obviously can't fucking talk to them. You can't tell them what they want. What you want? Jeremy's over there trying to, to talk you. to the dog. Not dad. <laughs> like, why won't he like, listen? No, like it, it takes a long time when you shoot with dogs in general and anything, just because the dog only pretty much follows what its trainer's telling them, and and they have to have some sort of interaction with the actors. So it's it's a hard thing to do, and the way that they get a whole pack of dogs to run down the middle of a street together in unison is a pretty remarkable thing. And I just had a really fun time with this movie. I thought, I, I, like I said, it, 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 it has the premise to be a, a really low-budget, shitty idea. But I think it delivers on the, the fun killer animal uh, theme. And at the end of the film, when all those college students are in the library and they run outside and all the dogs are fucking them up, that scene is amazing. And mm. it, it's just pure entertainment. So... I had a blast with dogs. It's fucking a fun movie. If you- yeah, you know, the dogs thing, I, I didn't like this movie that much when I had first seen it, like, maybe, like, six or seven years ago. Watching it this time, though, I watched it with Sam Edwards, and, and we had a blast. I was like, oh, this this is this is way better than I remember. I actually like the hive mentality thing that they're doing you know mm-hmm. in terms of the plot you know like bees it, it's kind of makes sense it's like okay what if an, another type of animal started behaving as bees or ants it's it's kind of interesting i like I, I like that yeah if you like dogs jeremy check out the pack from 1977 some of the uh dog coordination and stunts that they pull in that film is truly remarkable well, i think that's i think that's like what's such an amazing thing about a boy and his dog and i think that dog's in this movie um it's, it's actually just, i think somebody told me that yeah you could i think it's the same dog it's just hmm. amazing it's just amazing <laughs> it's just amazing thing that 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 these animals are trained that well that they're that they're just able to do that it's just mm-hmm. amazing it's amazing that's true i gotta agree i enjoy, this was the first time watched for me i really enjoyed it and going back to christian's uh christian's pick squirm was also a first time watch the animal 
animal or nature run amok this for this year for the most part a lot of solid films yeah it was good yeah. i i i enjoy squirm a lot i also enjoyed dogs a lot squirm was the first time watch for me as well yeah and uh it besides that time i seen the end of it on as a kid or whatever but that was forever ago um but yeah i i, I was super surprised on dogs this time around it was it was way better than i expected yep all right yeah, that's a good <clears throat> my call. number 10 uh, coming in at number 10, we have our first non-animal related film, and that is a film that I went back and forth with on for a long time before this list, like how I felt about it. And that is one of my favorite movie titles of all time, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Mm. <clears throat> and the thing about The Town That Dreaded Sundown is it has so many great things going for it. And just a few missteps that really take it down from from being a fantastically great film to just a really solid film. And watching it this time, I was able to forgive some of those comedic elements to it. They still feel out of place. I still say oh. that the, the way that this film is Brutal. done in its mm-hmm. mockumentary style, this narration, this serious tone throughout most of the film, the murders are serious. It, the killer is scary. The The... You know, Lover's Lane thing is terrifying when you put in perspective that this was a real place and a, and a real murder that supposedly happened here uh, back in the 40s or whatever. And then to have this bumbling cop, like, dressing up like women thing straight out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon, it throws the film off so much. But I was able to enjoy the the non-that shit a lot more so it heavily outweighed that but it's still there and that's why this list and this year is not the best year because i'm starting off with a film that in another year might probably not wouldn't have not made my top 10 but i did enjoy this film more than i ever have before yeah i definitely yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as it's my I, first time watching. i swear to god every time i watch this movie it's like the dawn of the dead remake it just f- falls further and further for me wow i Complete really the opposite i think this movie has just like what you said it has a lot of really great stuff going for it there's some really awesome scenes real creepy great atmospheric scenes and shit but i think the faults in this film overpower and it takes me out of the film every single time the music sucks those comedic elements are terrible um and they're just poorly placed in the film and they take me so far out of the experience that it's just it's it's one of those films i just i don't want to go back to i really don't Wow. They started I feel doing completely that. opposite. I feel yeah. the complete opposite. I feel like the more I watch this film, mm. the less annoyed I am by the the silliness of the music and the the comedy of some of the characters. I feel it's a it's a a nice counterbalance to actually how serious and dark the film is. I just hate the stupid cop. You think you think yeah. that's a sensible counterbalance though between the the serious tone and the comedy? I I think I don't think so. I think it's I think if they had it just kept with that one tone. I mean, you don't have to go balls to the wall, over the top, serious and shit. But, but that sh- that that silliness is like a different type of silliness. It's that silliness where you go fucking hell, right? You're laughing it, at the TV, and it's it, not it, good. It's, it's, it's not Wes Craven's last house on the left is what it is. No, it's this, a little this, reminiscent of that. This time. is worse that time than that, though. though. In my opinion, the the comedic elements in this film are worse in this film than they are in Last House on the on the Left. Wow. Well, this was a TV film, right? Oh. Yeah. Was it? I don't quote me on that. Maybe I'm mistaking it for Helter Skelter, but uh, I thought this one was too. But I thought maybe that was there to balance out the the um, the tense moments because 
as as Mood said, the tense moments. There's some great stuff here. Mm-hmm. And JP, I think I side more with you on this too, or I maybe even a little bit with Brandon saying. However, the comedic moments are brutal. See, well, I'm I'm not they saying are. that. I'm they saying really even even if they seem out of place, like I when that, feel like, like like when that cop drives into the middle of that fucking lake, that shit's just dumb. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's, that's that, actually that's actually one to of the be there. that's actually one of the parts that I'm I'm specifically talking about is that it, it was itself. a theatrical release, by the it way. It is really yeah. fucking stupid. Like it's yeah. stupid. Wow. I don't even like to use the adjective stupid when describing things because I think it's stupid to use the word stupid. <laughs> but in this case, I think it's relevant. Paradox. It's fucking stupid. I didn't I didn't mind it this much this time around, especially because uh, the Phantom is such a brutal killer. That's I mean, the what, things that's what that, I like so much more about it. I was able to be invested in that. And even though I was slightly taken out, it was such a perfect night to watch this movie. It was atmospheric. Jeremy mentioned the the, uh, you know, time era that it was set. And I just fell in love with that aspect of the film and kind of forgave the comedy a little bit. Uh, it, it just and I hadn't done that before, hmm. but this time yeah, it, it it's, it's too silly for me to forgive, man. I've seen this movie plenty of times, and I, yeah, but you got you got the character it, of Morales, the U.S. Marshal, coming in, and he's such a goofy character, serious guy. You think mm. he's serious? Yeah. Morales, yeah, Morales is like he's kind of like a he's too serious that he's funny. He's like no nonsense though, and like so. I think it's you know with him so serious, the Phantom's so brutal. I mean, the things that they're describing that the Phantom's doing, besides yeah. obviously killing them, but he, you know, I like the way his killings escalate. He starts I, out. I kind of got really into the actual, like putting myself in that era of time where like serial killers and stuff like that could really plague an entire town and make everybody scared to death to like go outside and and different things like that in in an era where everything was like chipper you know i think that it it just all like blended well this time except for that comedy obviously but i like the the other stuff so much more this time yeah i I mean that's that's the strength of the film but i what i'm saying is i just don't i didn't feel as off put with the comedy as i thought i would be yeah. As I had been. Yeah, I was test. really, I was really hoping I was going to come around on this one again. Like, don't get me wrong, I like the film. I think it has more good stuff going for it than negatives. But I think the negative stuff for myself is just, it's unforgivable. It really is. It takes me out of it. And if I'm getting taken out of the experience, man, I'm. That's not a good thing. Yeah, it's hard to make it on your top ten if you're, you know, taken out of it. But I will do something that neither of the two people before me has done. And I would give, rate give this eight out of eight ten. Out of 10. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you guys didn't rate your picks. I don't really give a shit. Well, it's important. eight out of ten. Do you guys uh, do quarter ratings on this show? I mean, you can if you want, but we don't. We won't. Okay, <laughs> seven seven out of ten for Squirm. Okay, Squirm seven out of ten. So your list starts at a seven. Jeremy, yours was a seven. Eight for dogs. Um, dogs. Okay. Goddamn. Huh. Okay, I gave Town to Jetted Sundown an 8. I think it came up for my 7 that I previously rated it. Alright, so Brandon. it's my turn. Alright, let's take it back to the year 1976. This again? <laughs> I have to do this it. It's like three years in a row. Three years. <laughs> 1976? <laughs> you know what? I, I, the, this, was a first, this was a first time watch for me. To buy some time. I, I gotta admit, I wasn't in love with it, but the more I thought about it, the more I read about it, 
it, it actually grew on me without even getting a second viewing in, and that's uh, Roman Polanski's The Tenant. Oh, what? Was, nice. Is that um? It's too low, too high on my list, or uh, it doesn't belong on here? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know, and Polanski does a great job, and I think it's interesting. He plays this lead character, Trokowski. He rents an apartment from a previous tenant who committed suicide, and, and it's sort of like her life and his life almost like merge, and he starts becoming paranoid about about the ways the tenants are treating him and his landlord's treating him. And the it, fucking it, commentary on sexual frustration in this movie is off the charts. Oh, it's, it's, it's so blatant. It's awesome. It's, just, it, it, it's yeah. right in your face, man. It, it's, it, it's there, but there's also, you know, a, a lot of um, loss of identity mm-hmm. under mm-hmm. themes. There, there's a with, lot of... There's a lot of social commentary and, and things that are going on. A lot. Tons of, tons of different elements in this film. And I think I think one of my favorite things about the film is the paranoia feel, the psychologicalness of the film. Uh, I think it's that kind of, you know, going into the – he's like living in this unknown. Like you don't really know what's going on and everything's a question and stuff. I love that approach to the film. And I think it works so well because you don't really understand – these characters that he's associating with well, it doesn't it doesn't take to like two-thirds of the film for to, for him to start to go crazy it's just after that one event that his it's that one event that happens to him that opens up the frustrate the sexual frustration that's going on in his mind in my opinion and that's what's causing him to ultimately demise of what we see at the end of the film i just think it's like it is it, it's that one event that fucks him up Mm-hmm. I think Brandon's on to something with the loss of identity thing, too. And I think that one of the most exciting things about this movie was just how it was directed and how certain scenes played out. Like, I truly felt pressure from the upstairs neighbors and the other people in the in the uh, apartment complex for making noise. Like, I felt that. I was like, God damn, these people hear everything they always are complaining about everything i do like i felt like i wouldn't be able to to live normally there Mm -hmm. and uh it starts very early and it just keeps hammering and the pressure along with you know the the sexual frustration and and the future loss of identity and and not really knowing where you fit in and and how to if you can't fit in at your house where can you fit in you know what i mean it's just it it, it's kind of it's super interesting first time that was the first time watch for me too me too yeah even the scenes where, you know, they're selling him the same cigarettes that the previous tenant was smoking or the restaurant where they're ser- forcing him to eat the same food. It's like, yeah, those subtleties like are awesome. I love that. And it, it 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 made for some interesting theories for the ending. And it might it might not be what you think it is. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. m- many interpretations to this, but. Man, well, well directed, beautifully directed, well and I well was, acted. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that. What like I didn't know that Roman Polanski started in this until Jeremy was watching it and, and mentioned that before I went in and watched it myself, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like he played this character. Yeah, because that's him in real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's got Isabella Johnny. Yeah, Polanski's actually a pretty decent actor, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think he pulls yes. out that character quite well. It's very believable, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, so many fantastic things about this one, man. And I agree, Brandon. I agree, Brandon, about the end of the film. Isn't that kind of haunting to think that, uh, man, I, I don't want to spoil it. I obviously don't want to say anything, but I think it's definitely open for discussions. Yeah. Really? How you can you can really kind of 
I think you can attack that ending from different angles. Yeah. It would make an interesting conversation. It really yeah. would. Yeah, I agree. So Especially tying in with the tying in with basically one of the opening scenes to the to the yeah. ending scene. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic. Really, it's, it's fantastic. It's really well done. It really grew on me the more I thought about it. I can't wait to to watch it again. Yeah. So it grew into your number ten spot. It did. That movie it needs did. a damn Blu-ray release. Really yeah, how does Criterion not release that fucking movie? It's definitely yeah. a Criterion film, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. it's just like the Paramount, the old Paramount DVD is the only way to get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll get that, this one made a trilogy. Then. Oh, sorry, Brandon. Yeah. This, no, this is part of the the part of the trilogy. The last, the last, right? Yeah, this is the last. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I love fucking apartments too. I'm with moods. Me and him both enjoy apartment movies. <laughs> Poltergeist <laughs> three, yo. What is your rating on that, Brandon? Eight yeah. out of ten. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. So, coming in at number ten from <laughs> from overseas, directed by Nico Masarakis, Island of <laughs> Death. <laughs> Where is Christian's face? Where is Christian's face? <laughs> Now, this movie, now, if you've never seen Island of Death before, um, you probably do know that it is a video nasty. And in my opinion, this is one of the very few video nasties that deserve to be a video nasty. That actually deserve to be a video nasty. This one is a filthy film. And this is what I love about this movie, because it's just it's not by any means the greatest directed film and and story and things. And in fact, it doesn't really even have much of a story, to be honest. But um it's it, it just has this kind of uniqueness to it because it's so I don't know this is one of the very few films that just makes me feel so dirty every time I watch it and I think that's the biggest thing I love about this movie um it's got so many odd elements I mean it's got bestiality it's got uh you know incest you know it's kind of mean spirited and it's oh, that's got, JP's favorite it's got all these elements that make up <laughs> this very odd character of a film and I don't know, man. There's something special about this one. You you kind of laugh at it sometimes, and and other times you're like, "Holy fuck, that just happened!" Or you know, <laughs> like you're always it's like a mixed bag of emotions oh, while you watch like this the, film. The the, the the gay commentaries. Yeah, like it's got shit it's like that, weird. right? You know, mean spirited. You know, it, yeah. it's just, it has so many different things going on in this film. The ending's so bizarre. You know, it, it's it's it such sure a, is. It, it's such a strange <laughs> film all the way around. Like, I mean, uh, some of the reveals is it's just crazy i i love this movie every time i watch it it puts a smile on my face um i take a shower after right after i watch <laughs> it uh but i think it's i think it's a it's a good film it's a, it's a it's a decent entertaining film for what it is and that's why it's on this list because i i just have a lot of fun with this one every time my my biggest problems with this one in particular is I'm down with the basic concepts of like what these characters are doing and, yeah, yeah. and how they're doing it and, and just the perverseness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, like Jeremy said, the incest stuff, that shit always gets under my skin. Uh, it's kind of done in a different way in this one to where it's like, not as like, bl- bl- like, you know, it, 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 you don't see like, Oh, this is the brother walking up to the sister's room and now they have sex. It's, it's <laughs> revealed differently. You yeah. know, that, uh, I than Amityville cool. two per se. Yeah. Um, but, my biggest problems is that it, it's it's a little too silly to take seriously, um, and I think I would rather it be serious. It's just it it, it was laughable to me. I, I just the characters did weird things. The way they 
acted was odd the way that you know the the choreographing and and like the fight at the end and and the the, just the whole way it played out, I just was kind of eye rolling. That wasn't today. much of a fight. That was a one-sided beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I do agree. There is there is some goofiness to the film, but I don't know. It kind of fills in the charm a little bit for me too. It's not like the town of dreaded sundown down silliness to myself. I, I think this is isn't as silly as that. But I don't know, man. I just I've always liked this film, and every time I watch it, it just puts a smile on my face. It really does. And I thought it actually went nowhere. I thought it was kind of just a bunch of deprived moments. Uh, and don't get me wrong, the characters are likable. But as the story unfolds, I, I just found myself not really caring. Yeah, it went to one bizarre moment to the next. But there was no real redemption and, and no real point at the end. No, I, I, pra- the I depravity of man. Yeah. Simple as that. I mean, it is it is as simple as that, I guess. It's the tables turned on you and and things like that. Um it That's pretty much all I, you I take can, from I it. I can see why you would, you know, it, it's I just I feel like it it just wasn't done the way that I would have liked, I guess, is what I would come with it and why I didn't really care for it too much, but so I, I mean, can see why I mean, someone would re- like it. Really in the film, I mean, these people are they're not good people. And what they get in the end is kind of I mean, it's just explainable, right? I mean, bad people really shouldn't be getting away with their shit, so it's probably going to come full circle on their asses. And that's pretty much all you get out of it. So. Yeah. (laughs) You mean in their asses. In their asses, yeah, that's true. Or out of a goat's ass in HD. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. All right. Back to me. What was your rating on that? Uh, Eight. Okay. Okay, wow. All right, well, my number nine is who can kill a child, or would you kill a child? I, I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Given that, in this one, I would. Given that situation, fuck yeah. And I got to tell you, after our little conversations in chat, I wasn't too sure I was going to enjoy this movie at all. Why? And the first ten minutes of the movie are brutal, like, as you're looking at all that footage yeah. of because that's Real I brought that up and was talking about that, yeah. and you guys were like, "What the hell?" You know what's but, funny yeah. about that? Actually, like that that movie was released at a time without that first ten or twelve or thirteen yeah. minutes in it. So that actually, the version that we're seeing now is the fully uncut. It's kind of it, it's, it's crazy to think because the film, I don't want to say wouldn't work, but works so much better because of that opening ten. It, it 10 really minutes. it sucks you in, doesn't it? you're just like all the visuals are just yeah. fuck. It fucks with you right away, man. Yep. And at first you think, wow, they're really trying to pad this movie with footage of real life atrocities. But no, this movie after that 10 minutes is still like an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're definitely not trying to pound shit and it, it could work without it. But boy, does it set it up and you're wondering how it all relates and how the movie plays out. And ultimately, I don't know if this is for everybody's version, but there are three key conversations that were a hundred percent in Spanish. I, I assume. Yes. And, yes. and I felt that actually worked for it. There are no subtitles or anything. Yeah. So I'm just watching it in Spanish and I'm trying to piece it together. Cause I don't. Oh, so I didn't Spanish. mess up the rip. No, nope. it's just like titles. 
No, it's just like that. So there's <laughs> they, the key. So it's about two, two, two English tourists that are going to this island that from back from his childhood or whatnot. And when they get there, it seems to be deserted. And then they quickly realize that all the kids have gone bad. And so you can, you know, you know, think of the village village of the damned or the bad seed or whatnot children but of the corn. Uh, children of the corn children, of course that came later that came later talking about films it would definitely corn. be village oh, yeah. of the damned it's kind of like it's kind of yeah. that yeah oh but i i just yeah, so I well it. done and so creepy without being ridiculously exploitive like i mean most of the most of the shock comes from those opening 10 minutes uh yeah there's some crazy scenes with the 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 sickle and the, the pinata and yeah. just some reveals. <laughs> the pinata. There is a lot of looking around, and yet I'm not wasn't bored by this at all. The two main characters are really likable, and it for me it didn't end any anywhere how I expected it. It's 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 yeah. a creepy fucking ending as well. Yeah. yeah. Another dug, film with something to say. Another One, film yeah. with, with a lot to say. One hundred percent about the ending. Isn't it crazy? Yep. Like wow! It's like yep. trust the children. They always trust the children. Yeah. So it's good stuff. I, I this was a total surprise for me. First time watch. I absolutely uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I gave Mondo it. Macabro coming out with a release finally. Blue and again, maybe I'm coming in low, but remember, guys, these are my first time watching uh, mm-hmm. some of these movies. So I came in at a seven out of ten on this. Right. Jesus, his number one's going to be a seven and a half. All right, next up, I have the awesome Canadian home invasion film titled Death Weekend, which Damn is it. also... That's one I didn't get to. Which is also um, part of the Section 3 video nasty list, if I remember correctly. Uh, this movie doesn't have a DVD release, which is unfortunate. So, of course, I had to watch a shitty rip of it that took quite a long time to find, but I found one. And um, this is a really – it's an intense movie when we get to the second and third act when the home invasion starts stuffs to happen. And there's a moment where the um, invaders who uh, are introduced by, in the beginning of the film, we have this man and the woman, they're driving. This woman's a real badass. You could tell she's the one who wears the pants in the relationship. And she's driving this Corvette. And these three other guys who we, who end up being the invaders of this house later on, uh, are fucking around with them and they're and she's trying to run them off the road and she holds her own against these three guys with this car that impresses them they go on their way they go the other two couples go on their way and later on in the film they end up finding where these two live and they go in and you get your um usual home invasion type of themes in this movie but what really makes this movie interesting is like there's a rape scene in it that's that is what it is but i think the most uncomfortable scene is this is a really nice house that this guy has he's a doctor of some sort and the three invaders just go around and they totally trash the house they destroy literally everything Mm -hmm. that's inside of it and you can see on the guy's face his emotion of um distraught and and pain as these guys are going around and ultimately destroying everything that he's ever worked for (laughs) in this house and this is a really uncomfortable and amazing scene and i really think that's like the highlight of the film i mean sure 
when you get to the third act, when this, if you want to say, the final girl starts fucking shit up. You know, it is what it is at that point. It's just your usual home invasion film. I just think that it's the slow burn similar to um, Fight for Your Life, which I reviewed uh, a little while ago as one of my Patreon picks. It's 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 very similar to that movie. That it's a it's a slow burn with a it with a really ultimately interesting payoff at the end. So I had a good time with this one. It's it's shocked. It's it's the hidden gem that I was talking about earlier on in the film uh, in the show. It's good. Directed, directed by my by moods. Yeah, directed by me. My, my <laughs> you, yeah, your cousin. Directed by my father, William Freud. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that scene. That is so damn uncomfortable. And you can see the horror in his face. He's just like, yeah. you, you can almost read what his face is saying. And yeah. it's, why don't you fucking hurt me instead of breaking all my shit in my house? Like, yeah. he, he almost wants to say that. Like, just take it out on me. Leave my shit alone. Cause he's kind of, because it's very much showcased in the film. He's very materialistic. You know, he's yeah, all he's, about his car. He, he's a piece nice of car. shit. He's yeah, a piece he, of shit. He essentially yeah. kind of is a piece of shit because what of what he, he does He just to brings the girl. her there because he wants to fuck her. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he really doesn't give a shit about her, right? And he's so yeah. materialistic and he's very vain and, you know, he's just, he's an asshole. He's an asshole doctor. And But, yeah, that scene, man, fuck. Just brutal shit, man. Yeah. But mm. uh, it's a good film, though. It, you know, actually, yeah. one, one of the most surprising things about the film for myself is how well it's acted. It's actually acted quite well. I think the yes. uh, the dude that plays the lead, uh, Redneck. Don Stroud. I, yeah, John, he fucking kills it, man. And he might yeah, have one great. of the funniest lines, probably the funniest line from 1976, <laughs> when he calls the chick a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the funniest fucking line. It's, Always good for a laugh. It's the way it's delivered, too. He just kind of turns and he's like, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I even like, sent you that and I fucking I sent Moon some note. I was like, that's the funniest fucking shit just because of yeah. the way that he says it. It's so fucking it's funny. I'm glad that you got a kick out of that because I, when I was rewatching the film, I was dying <laughs> laughing at that part again. It was like, I was actually going to try and maybe I'll even incorporate it into this show somehow. I'll take the clip. I think it's a, it's a movie that I wish like Finnegar Syndrome would pick up and release it, given a good release or Severin even, because it doesn't have a release and it's a pretty good film. So. Yeah, poor, wish... poor William Freud films, man. He, he, he gets no love. So many of his films. And he's don't done have good a lot releases. of yeah. He's done a lot of horror stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot of really good stuff, and just I think it's because he's like a Canadian director, and the shit's just it's it's in the woodworks, man. I don't know what's going on. I've never really been able to figure out, like, how does Killer Killer Party only has that burn-on-demand release? And all his other films either have no release or very, very gray market budget releases, like Funeral Home. You ever seen the transfer on that shit? That's shit. Oh, my God. That motherfucker it's gets no love. Horrible. He gets no... You can't even tell what's going on in the film. <laughs> I'm not sure it took place in a funeral home. Yeah. Like, when Echo... Not... I think it was Echo Bridge released that 8-pack, and that film was on there. I was like, Yes! This film finally has a release because at the time it didn't even have that shitty burn or that shitty low budget release. Yeah. But it was shit. It looked like complete and utter garbage. That's disappointed. That's disappointed? I was disappointed. Oh. Jeremy, what did you rate that one? Eight? Yeah, eight again. Okay. Damn it. I missed one. Uh, all right. Back to me. Uh, so, number nine is a film that I actually watched and then didn't really di- I get I wasn't into it so I kind of understand something that was said earlier uh, it took me a few sit downs to really have that night where I was 
I guess, invested in the film. And then I truly saw how awesome it was. And that film is 1976's. Really? I didn't know. Burnt Offerings. Ugh. Yeah, so this movie is um, really good. It's very much like an Amityville film. I got the same vibe. It's so fucking slow, dude. It's two hours of nothing. It actually is is slowly building tension of this family, you know, crumbling. And it's uh, this the the concept of this house regenerating itself uh, through the pain of this family is is interesting. Yeah, and the creepy old lady in the I guess attic or wherever she is is I'm just wondering what the hell's up with this person the entire time in the movie. But that's like Uh, every movie that's like this. That has that old lady upstairs that like you what? Very, um all the the one that I, sweet sweet lovely lane or whatever the one that was on Shutter last year. Oh uh, yeah. And that <laughs> well, there was a love note to movies like this though. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but but that's the point, Jeremy. This movie came out in seventy six, not uh, <laughs> yeah, not two thousand sixteen. Came out in seventy six. It doesn't matter. It's still <laughs> fucking boring. You're you're like that one podcast I heard that was saying that. Uh, <laughs> that Fright Night was like ri- like ripping off Disturbia. <laughs> it's like it's just Disturbia. It's it, it's just Disturbia, and I'm like, yeah, but it came out way before Disturbia. And that's and Disturbia is ripping off Rear Window, so it's like, yeah, what exactly, you're talking about. exactly. Fuck yeah. um, Shia LaBeef. That movie's good, bro. I, I like, like that movie. Fuck Shia LaBeef. Yeah. <laughs> I call him LaBeef. That movie's actually not too bad. No, Disturbia is great. It's okay. Uh, anyway, so burnt offerings like the the scene in the pool with the sun, you know, very traumatic. Really, really good scene there. Uh, you have, uh, you know, the the, the scene where the dude cuts himself and like the light bulb or so. It's just it's cool stuff like that that I, that I like. And I think Jeremy probably missed all that. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, here we fucking go again with this bullshit. With me not paying fucking attention. I paid perfectly fine attention. The only reason why I wouldn't be paying fucking attention is because I'd be in Mr. Sandman Derek's sleeping state after watching this, okay? <laughs> Mr. Sandman Derek. Yeah, but I, I mean, this movie is a, is a good, like, like haunted house-style movie. Yeah. I, I gotta admit, it grows on me the more I watch, and I, I specifically love the scene where, um... Oh my god, what's his name? Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed, thank you. Where Oliver Reed looks out the window and the house is is rejuvenating itself and the shingles are falling off and it's just, man, it's so awesome. That's such a great scene. Mm -hmm. It's really uh, unique. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. It was really cool. And and the ending is just actually frightening. It was like shocking. And I'm not sure I quite understood it 100%, but that's another show. There's some up for interpretation stuff there. yeah specifically dealing with with the character of marion uh, mm-hmm. i'm talking about that that i'm a little confused about but and that hearse driver is like the stuff of nightmares oh yeah, yeah carly said that that scared the shit out of her when she was ki- a kid oh yeah. and i'm i'm watching it and i'm like oh okay th- this is scary and i think that it reminded me of an episode of are you afraid of the dark that i seen when i was a kid with like a, a hearse driver or whatever it reminds me of the villain in poltergeist 2 Yes. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I, I came in at an 8 out of 10 on burnt offerings. Uh, it, it, like I said, it did, t- and that's why I give credit to Jeremy. It was a little boring the first. You have to be into it. Like, once you get into it because it is a little slower and you start it's feeling the characters, hours. it it's has like. too long. It's too long. Well, I mean, a lot of these films are longer. But yeah, but this one's too long for its own good. It's two hours. It's it's similar to that of something like The Shining. Like once you get into those characters, it doesn't matter the length anymore, and you have to be able to get into what's going on. That's what people. my wife always I th- says. I, th- I think I'm the only one that doesn't. I'm never bored by this film at all. I love the setup, man. I love that. Yeah, because creep. you're stupid sometimes. <laughs> no, I just have an attention span more than the fucking your four year old mind. I think you're um, fucking stupid. <laughs> but uh, it's the it's the setup, man. It's it's going into dipping into that unknown, like where is this going? What's going on? Kind of thing. I love it, man. Oliver Reed sells it so much because he's such a great oh, he's, actor. He's amazing actor. He's so good, man. And like, I mean, the dude was insane. I mean, he fucking he's an asshole. <laughs> he died. He fucking died in a bar, in a drinking competition in real life. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Wait, no, he uh, survived. He survived the fall through the windshield. <laughs> yeah, dude. But man, Oliver Reed fucking for real died in a bar doing a drinking competition. You want to hear something funny about that? The unpaid tab is hanging above the bar. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It's kind of morbid, but it's a, fucking, crazy. it's a fucking true story, man. Well, you know he was a good drinker if you watch Tommy. He fucking... Well, he was an alcoholic in real life, right? He was a total... Yeah. Sh- I, th- I think by 70s... Like, I don't think he was quite there yet, but I think it was after he became quite the boozer. But I love Oliver Reed in this, man. And my favorite scene in the film, though... No, it, it says Reed died from a heart attack during a break from filming Gladiator in 1999. He was 61 years old. Fellow Gladiator acted, actor... That's not some- true. Said in 2016, he hasn't had a drink for months before filming started. Okay, I don't know where you're getting that info, but <laughs> he actually died in the bar. But anyways, um, yeah, man, my favorite scene in the film is the scene in the pool. That shit is just fucked up. It's terrifying. Yeah. It, it really just, man, it like hollows you out when you're watching that shit. You're like, what the fuck is going on kind of thing. I, I think it's so powerful in what they're telling in the story, in the in the movie and shit. And it's, yeah. it's great, Wait, man. which... Which pool scene? The first pool scene the with him playing scene. with Davy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know if you meant that or the end when he's like catatonic and he's trying to. <laughs> no, 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 no. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. I, you start beautiful. thinking about like, you know, what that would be like to do that or to have it happen to you, like the your father. You know, it's just terrifying. Davy's mm-hmm. just a little bitch. He was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because that, like that is how my family plays, where they near drown you and then <laughs> walk it off, <laughs> head on the back. Yeah, no, I'm not even kidding. Like I, my fit, they would like tie tie me in a blanket and like hide, like figure it light out, it, light it on fire. They would just wrap me up, spin it around, and then tie a knot in the top of it when I was a kid. You know, it's just traumatizing. That's why yeah, only yeah. grew to be five foot two. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I'm I'm hung up on this death. He so it's a combination. He died of a heart attack in a bar after downing three bottles of Captain Morgan's Jamaican rum, yeah, yeah. eight <laughs> bottles of German beer, numerous doubles of famous goose 
uh, <laughs> famous grouse whiskey and Hennessy cognac yeah. and beating five much younger Na- Royal Navy sailors at arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently he was in a face-off, man, and he was just... First of all, I don't even understand how anybody can consume... Well, I guess he didn't fully walk away from this. <laughs> I mean, but, like, but, like, but seriously, how the, how the fuck did you even put all that into you anyways? Like, that's impressive. It's an alcoholic, bro. But the arm wrestling part is the best. And while drinking all this shit, he was beating sailors up with his arms. <laughs> yeah, but that's just ripping off over the top. Beer muscles. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> over the top. Oh, ah, good shit, man. Brandon. All right, my turn, number nine. And uh, it's House by Lake, a death weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Freud did it again. I I watched something. No, it's a fantastic film. First time watch for me. Brenda Vaccaro is awesome. I love these sort of, I mean, yeah, it's a home invasion. It's a rape revenge, but it's really more the... And you touched on it, talking about the scene in particular with the destruction of of all the personal items. It's really more about the humiliation that makes it uncomfortable. I mean, of course, Mm -hmm. any rape scene is uncomfortable, but they don't really go nuts with that one like they do in like... uh, Yeah, it's not like straw dogs. Exactly. Here, it's about the humiliation and, and, you know, putting this guy down and and putting women down. And, and man, Don Stroud does a great job as the leader of this group terrorizing terrorizing her and it's just really a, a very empowering film for women yeah it really is they did a really they did an awesome job with you know just damaging that dude's pride and you know getting right into his materialistic mentality i think that's i yeah. think that was one of the smartest things because he's such a vain asshole person but just having that whole scene that that's actually very clever to do that break his shit you know instead yeah. of just taking it right out on him but like i said before you can almost see it in his face, like, dude, take it out on me, you know? Yeah, you you feel bad for him, sort of, but then you start to see that he's he's not so much better than these guys. Yeah. He, I mean, he brought her out there under false pretenses. He mm-hmm. invited her for, to party for the weekend with friends, and m- meanwhile, they're there alone. He's going to seduce her. He just, you know, he, he just, just wants, wants the food tank. Exactly. And, One in uh, the pink and two in the stink. And he gets the first opportunity to run away, and he does. And she's always the one with the the strong, level head, trying to keep calm, trying to wait for their opportunity. He's just fucking shit up, just looking out for himself and his possessions. Doesn't give two shits about Diane's character at all. Yeah. But the the revenge in the uh, in the final act is is just awesome. Each kill is unique and just you know has you cheering, mm-hmm. has you cheering. I agree. And all because of a woman getting getting the best of a bunch of guys on a, in a road race and running them off the road. And it's based, William Freud said it was based off of an incident he had driving with a friend where they got into sort of a race with a bunch of thugs. And he, he it was the basic basis for the setup for this movie. Theater hmm. thug. That's cool. So, yeah, great film. Yeah, like eight out of ten. Needs a, uh, needs a release for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, so back to me? Yeah. Yes. All right, so coming in at number nine <laughs> is another fucking movie that was mentioned off the top of the show, and that is House of Mortal Sin, a.k.a. The Confessional. <laughs> now, this movie 
I love this movie, man, because well, clearly it's on your fucking list. Um, Pete Walker, ah. Pete Walker, <laughs> actually, you know, he went to. He, I, I don't know if he was. Like, I think he was actually raised Catholic and stuff, but he was kind of forced to go to a Catholic school and shit like that. And and he wanted to make this movie, you know, kind of exploiting the hypocrisies of the Catholic religion and the Catholic church and stuff because of, of incidences that he actually saw growing up. So he, the basis of this movie was based on, you know, the the shit that he would see on a daily basis, the hypocrisies and and all that crazy shit. But, uh, I mean, obviously the story here is fictional. I mean, you're not generally going to have priests that are killing people and doing that type of murderous shit. But, um, I like the basis of this film and I really do like the, the fact of exploiting the Catholic church in, in this form, because there is so much shit that goes on behind the scenes and shit like that. And I think he does a good job of really kind of getting it out there. Uh, it's very well acted. It does have a little bit of pacing issues in the film at times, um, but I think the the guy that plays the the priest in this film is very very menacing, very great casting. I mean, he just looks like a mean fucking cunt of a man. Like, <laughs> he really does. He's just perfect. He's just so mean looking and shit. And and I I you know the whole confessional part, you know, where the girl she's kind of confessing to him and he's recording her and shit like that. And that shit is just like it's so devastatingly brutal that you could go and. Uh, just kind of break that confidence with somebody and use it against them. And everything that's showcased in this film is just nasty and brutal. Um, I can see for what it is and shit. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, it's a little bit slow, like I said, at times, but it's good. I, I I love what he's doing with it and what he's trying to get out there. And I think he does a good job saying fuck Catholic religion and, you know, and here's the hypocrisies of this bullshit that goes on. So I I think one of the things that bothered me most about this film is this ending. As people know, I'm just not a fan of just downbeat endings. <laughs> well, you want to talk about a downbeat ending? Just wait till JP picks 1997 as next year's. Well, to be <laughs> to be honest, Brandon, that's one of my favorite things about these. You know, I I'm a big big fan of downbeat endings. Um, I prefer them. I yep. know a lot of people do. I, <laughs> I know I'm in the minority on this, but I guess I'm just a sensitive guy. I think I think a lot of these endings when they you know they they end downbeat and shit. I think they just work a lot better sometimes. You know, it's a little more shock value and stuff. <laughs> but I think this movie. I, I fucking... think I get more emotion out of a downbeat ending than a happy ending. For sure, yeah. a lot. It's, it's unless true. I truly love 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 the characters. You know what I mean? I think it works no, perfectly true. in this film. It, it, it works it, perfectly. It does in this. work in the sense that it, it makes you piss, but at the same time, then I'm like. Fuck that! But I'm, Brandon, but Brandon, I'm, I'm not giving this movie a good score because it pisses me off. But Brandon, doesn't doesn't the downbeat ending in this type of story work? Don't you think it works well? Because the Catholic Church and the Catholic religion have been getting away with shit for so fucking long. Doesn't it just seem like this is very fitting to reality? Yeah, yeah. When you put right. it that way, I, I can't I can't argue that point at all because that's I yeah. mean. They get away with murder, literally. <laughs> because I mean, if you're gonna have, that's that's my thing, right? I think this ending yeah. is 100 percent appropriate, and it really does showcase that this stuff is going on, and they're getting away with it, and they're gonna continue to get away with it because they're the fucking church. It's just all about power, you know. Everyone just yeah. kind of looks, they they just kind of look a blind side, you know. They don't fucking nobody does anything about this shit, and I have mad respect for Pete Walker putting this out there and making a film like this. And stating, you know, I, I was involved with this, and this is what I don't like about this bullshit. Fuck you. 
It's a good no. film. So. I'll have to give it another shot. I mean, I didn't come in that low when I said I was disappointed. I still came in, I think, at a six and a half or a six point seven five. So, and it was a first time viewing, but mm-hmm. it's certainly a film I would watch again. And I'll have to give it a shot. I I missed it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you missed a lot. You only watched. I, I, intentionally, <laughs> I intentionally skipped this one. I don't know. I was I was I was burnt out on the. What yeah, I didn't watch this one either. I didn't think. I, you, like, I didn't. Uh, I knew. I like the, well, I didn't think you'd watch this one. It, it, I, I'll blame the to the devil a daughter because I I just they looked similar so <laughs> probably completely different. But oh yeah, yeah the devil daughter is a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, um, I, can't believe I pretty I much wanted to stay away from anything religion related after I watched the devil a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of religious religion in seventy six. Oh yeah, I uh, said satanic panic and yeah, all that man. What did you give it, Moods? Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Well, eight and a half. I really should check. Up. He's, get, he's getting close to ten already. I can't yeah. believe I just got burned by the guy to watch eight more movies than me. You know what? <laughs> it was a good burn, though. You it was a happy. good burn. You should be happy you're not Andrew, or you'd be on fucking fire right now, like he was. So, <laughs> God, I wish Jerry was here. There were no floating heads in '76. Yeah, well, you don't Man, have to. Just... You don't really have to say shit to Andrew for him to be flaming. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, number eight. here we go boys this one will be quick because we've talked about it already and i think we all blew our loads on it already and that is the town that dreaded sundown i i see what you guys were talking about earlier the comedy is out of place but the mask the killer the stalking and the actual kills themselves are you absolutely creepy uh, I did give it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> this is your night tonight. I've never heard you this on. Before, ever. You clearly hasn't listened to the fucking episode with Andrew, bro. It, it was bound to hit after 136 episodes. <laughs> yeah, You're now I'm one glad. for 136. It's just every time I'm, we have a guest on, I just have too much fun. Yeah, I'm glad good. it could help. That's good. <laughs> I did give it a seven out of ten, but... Moods, you said it best. There is atmosphere here, and it was enough. It carries the movie. And when all said and done, again, another, I love that ominous ending. I love where they went with that and wasn't expecting that either. And for those of you that haven't uh, checked this out, check it out. And then follow it up with the 2014 sequel slash remake. <laughs> I, which I still have yet to see. And it's I've oh. had... Many it's so good. It's I, so good. I, it's amazing. Man, I know it was complete blasphemy, I think, from a lot of people, but I remember when the, the sequel slash kind of remake came out and stuff, and you know nobody wanted to admit it, but I had to I was like, I think I like this one more. I really Oh, do. I do. I I do like that one more. It was on my uh, top fifty slashes. I like the the new one way. Oh, you, were you saying the seventy six one more or the new one? No, I'm I like sorry. The, I like the new one, the sequel better. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I need to see it. All right, so. what, uh, for Jeremy? All right, number eight. I have film starring Jodie Foster titled "The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane." How the fuck is this not a horror film? Who the fuck said that shit earlier? Good dra- I did. It's a, it's a fine drama. How is it a drama, bro? The director actually said it's a teenage love story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't agree so. with any Enjoy your little Sweet Valley High movie there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weird because the intent of the film isn't to be a love story. It just kind of ends up happening. This movie is very psychological. And, and there's there's horror there. It's 
This is a horror film. The little girl kills people and fucking stuffs them in the basement, bro. Yeah. How's that? JP, why are you going? Um, we, so I wanted to see uh, more of When that. I was watching it, when I when I ended it, I was like, I don't really think that's a horror film. But I'm not, I'm never one. You guys know I'm never one to exclude things that I, I think are not very much horror films. Because you mean Assault on Precinct 13? I often <laughs> will stretch the word horror and the definition of horror very far. Remember, I had uh, I had uh, Paradise my, Lost on my, my mind top goes ten in nineteen ninety six. That is definitely a it's horror. more of a horror movie than this. This is drama, mystery, thriller, as IMDb states it. I'm not saying you could see you could see horror in this. I'm not going to well, go down that avenue. That has but. to do with a a, a murder. Of you know this capable like this this kind of murder can be perceived as horror in a way, um, but the the tone Martin of Sheen it in this is movie not is, scary. How's not how's the how's the character of Martin Sheen not scary? He's, He's dramatically scary. Yeah, <laughs> he's a <laughs> fucking creeper, bro. He's pedophiles insane. pedophiles generally scare the shit out of me. He scared um, Christian so much. Christian left. He's creepy as hell. He's just an uncomfortable character. I think like what? I said, yeah, he is. Yeah. So how? I don't understand how how people could see this not as a horror film. Well, because like pedophiles are are always scary no matter what. But every film dealing with pedophilia is not a a horror. Yeah, but but how is somebody killing people and storing them in the cellar not a horror film? I think because you don't like you don't have that shot of of Norma Bates in the cellar dead. You know what I mean? The, Why do you need that? Well, because that's the scare. That that's would be the, yeah. Well, that's that would the be the inti- that would that's be the intent. Well, why does it have to be shown? Why did why can't it just be implied? Yeah, I was gonna say it, it can, but they're not using it in a. They're not implying it in a scary way. It, they're not. They're not implying it in a horrific way. You get what I'm saying? It's not. You're not. You're not supposed to emote those emotions that you get. In horror, when thinking about that person, well, I just think but it's the like, movie uh, is the, almost the a little bit more psychological. It's almost a little bit more psychological too, and the yeah, psychological, like a psychological thriller drama. Yeah, psychological aspects. When I when you incorporate a psychologicalness to a film, that's kind of the horror right there of it, right? Um, yeah, but does that mean that psychological thrillers are horror films? Not all. I of mean, them. like, not hey, all. I, of them. Hey, listen, I'm the guy that. It stretches usually yeah and i'm not saying that this is um not eligible for my list i'm just saying that when i was done i if i had to choose i would say that this is not a horror film his magic act was pretty horrific <laughs> <laughs> do you know that guy that guy is actually the dude that starred in bad ronald the tv film from a couple yeah, years ago. that's, that's yeah. one of the jacoby brothers right yeah yeah, I like that guy. Well, I, man. I will tell you this though: this movie is very, very engaging. Mm-hmm. Like you're just into what's happening the entire time. Well, you know what really sells this movie for myself, man? Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster's performance in this movie is like Oscar worthy. She well, she fun. she always says like this is her least favorite film she's ever done in her entire career. Well, there was like some she, drama with her uh, having like a nude body double. Oh, like, that was under- her sister. Yeah, it was her sister. Yeah, yeah. Because but, she didn't want to do it. Well, well she, she was only thirteen at the she, time. She was literally yeah, playing her age. sister but, but was I, underage, bro. Yeah, her no, sister was like sixteen. That's not what I said. When, when did I say that? I'm talking to Brandon. No, she was underage. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy, man. That is yeah. really crazy. But 
you know, her performance though, like I mean, there's Wait, so she many. She was underage. The sister there, actually, yeah. maybe the sister was eighteen. Okay. Well, well that would all make, I was that would saying was there sense. was some controversy with having an underage character be shown nude, even if it was a nude body double or whatever, you know. Which we've I seen know, lots I, of times before in films. Uh, you wouldn't see that anymore. No. Uh, it just no. would not happen. But it's a shame. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, Jodie Foster, man, she's 13 years old going on 20 in this movie. Dude, but, that's crazy. That but, is, I didn't even know that. Thirteen, she, yeah, dude, and that's what makes her her yeah, performance her so much films, more, but, so much more intriguing is how well she pulls this off, man. Like, but there is some oddness to the film, like you know the scene. Like, where, how is how is not knowing if the father, the mysterious nature of the father, how is that any different than the mysterious nature of that bitch upstairs and burnt offerings? It's no fucking different. It's it's uh, the, because it's, what about the, the mis- presentation of the movie this movie is not present like i i was like this is not a horror movie what am i watching here why am i watching this the the poster's scary but i did not find this movie even engaging i wasn't interested in what was going on personally huh again man i i think it's intriguing right from the start man um and and there's there's oddities to the film where she's like cooking dinner and serving wine but she's like 13 yeah, like that's, well, that's she's very proper. To, yeah, that, and but that's, she's a very ahead of her time. Like she's very mature for her age, and it's all displayed insane. very. <laughs> she's very almost well, insane, yeah. right? But like, I love the aspects of, you know, her listening to classical music and shit, which has been kind of proven that um, a lot of uh, serial killers and people with you know elevated IQs and shit, you know, right, good, they're, they're insane. Collection. They listen to classical music because it just it touches with them. That's just the way their brain works and shit. And it actually kind of does something to them. And I like that. It's kind of subtle in there, but she is listening to this music because she's kind of insane. And well, not kind of insane. She's pretty much insane. She is fucking insane. But uh, but I like that how they threw that into the film. It's it's really good. Really good stuff. It's a great love story, dramatic thriller. Oh my sure. god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Eight out of ten. All right. Uh, moving on to my horror film from 1976. Fuck you, man. Look at this uh, fucking... Oh, you can, make, you can getting make fun of me later. You can make fun of me later. You can make fun of me later. Oh, trust, I will. Trust me, you can make fun of me later. Because uh, I know that so, you're fucking probably your number one. What is? Assault on Precinct 13. Okay, so this <laughs> film here, I've <laughs> never seen this topic. Film. I've never seen this film before, but uh, I'd heard about it. Proto Slasher. Uh, it's Alice Sweet Alice from 1976. Uh, I, and I'm shocked that you actually like this movie that much. Really? I, I just I, for, I didn't think you would. I didn't Why? Really, I don't know. I just there's I love to... slashers. I love proto slashers. I love creepy. I love good kills. And just creepy. That are not 13 years old. <laughs> well, maybe what? she is. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I guess it all kind of makes sense. Yeah, you're a big Slash fan, so I don't know, just something about this one. Yeah, I was actually really intrigued in it, and I thought the religious aspects of this one was, was. I mean, we see a lot of religion in, in the 70s, I think it tied in well with uh, the way the film plays out, and and I, I actually was curious, like, legit curious, like, who the killer was. I was like, uh, and I didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's common or not, but I didn't know by the the end of it for sure who the killer was. 
and uh, I thought that it had some decent, you know, gore and and solid music for the time. Well, music's good at any era. Wait, but, you did know. you just say at the end of the movie you didn't know who the killer was <laughs> after the reveal? <laughs> no, I know who the killer was at the end of the movie. Uh, oh, you made, it, you made it sound like you weren't sure. I was like, okay. <laughs> no, I I said at the end I was surprised. Yeah, uh, I, I think said, I I would. He totally misinterpreted that whole scene. To be able to guess who the killer is first time around. He totally misinterpreted that whole scene at the end where the killer is fully revealed. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not that person. (laughs) uh, Man, that landlord. That guy. Oh, that's a creepy guy. That That is the most rapey guy ever. No, no, not the most rapey guy ever. That would be Sleepaway Camp. (laughs) But the second most rapey guy ever belongs to this guy. Yeah, the Baldi's line solidified that guy as the scum of the any horror movie ever, you know? But this guy's um, but not this just guy's... rapey. He's like a pedophile, too, man. He's he's hitting on little kids. That was the other dude in, in Sleepaway Camp. I know, but people seemingly know about this guy in the apartment building, too. It's like, ah, oh, watch out for old Vic the pedophile. I know. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a fucking joke. That was like common. <laughs> that shit isn't funny to me. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just stay clear of apartment 13 <laughs> it's like what hey the, the good old days that's how it was your parents would tell you hey don't go play by the pedophile's house if you did you were never seen again <laughs> yeah. you did it was your fault well, we warned them we were told not to yeah just stay away from that house yeah. <laughs> but yeah you know Alice Sweet Alice I, I, I had it's been a film that I expected to enjoy based on what I had known about it. I've seen clips of it before and things like that I looked up my alley I just never got around to it I kicked myself in the, in, in the you know ass for not picking up the VHS when it was what a dollar or something just because it would have been cool to have uh, when I seen it but yeah I, I I wish this film would get a blu-ray release uh, it, it was it was good I, I it's it's definitely one that it's definitely one of the better proto slashers for sure uh, and I gave it an eight out of ten. Well, it does have the the yeah, eighty eight films, Blu ray. Oh yes, yes, and now I'm reading free. So, yep. Unless it is, yeah. I, I I'm actually my I was almost pulled the trigger on the three uh, toxic or the four toxic Avenger films mm-hmm. from them. Um, Those are region free, free anyway. Yeah, I, I did know that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm gonna order from eighty eight films eventually, but I will probably grab Alice Sweet Alice because it was. It was great. Awesome. Coolio. All right, my turn? Yes. All right, number eight. It's been said already. We even I even talked about it a little bit with you guys, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. This is one I did not have on my top 50 slashers list, but the more I watch it, like I was referencing earlier to you guys, the less bothered I am by the silliness and the more I, well, I was recognize... that one eligible for your slasher list? Yeah, North American. Yeah, North American. We we did allow it, uh, but I had it the same rating, so it just didn't make it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because after uh, what did Al- was Alice Sweet Alice eligible? No, no. We argued. We said it was proto. Okay, pseudo. Yeah, but I, I was less bothered by the silliness of it. In fact, I kind of almost didn't mind it mixed in because like I said I thought the Phantom Killer is a lot darker and a lot more menacing than I remembered especially for this film because it always every time I get done watching it I always think I don't like it that much because it 
because it felt silly. But it's really not. It's it's really quite dark, and I can forgive the the little bits of comedy in there. It's just it's a small town. I get the fact that they have kind of bumbling idiots of cops, and they kind of sh- they're, sh- they're showing you a little bit of uh of the idiocracy of uh of some of the local uh, law enforcement local law enforcement until Morales comes in and comes <laughs> up with some great theories. And I love the final showdown. Yeah, man, it's just it's like. Every time I watch, I'm like, I ah, they're gonna, it's gonna. I always feel like it's gonna end differently. Even though and, and another thing, I, you know, just to go back to it for a second because it was my number ten. I found myself <laughs> truly appreciating the uh, style and and the way that it was the story was told this time around. I guess I never really put in perspective, but that that wasn't that done that often like that that almost mockumentary style. Yeah, I, I appreciated the way that this story was being fed to us more than I had in the past, and I and I enjoyed it. I agree. Hmm. I uh, I also That's give right. it an eight out of ten. Nope. Cool, man. All right, so coming in at number eight is a film that has been mentioned. Right, I think. <laughs> yeah. I has think uh, this happens. <laughs> I can't even. I don't remember if it was in the beginning. Has or, it has it placed or it just was mentioned early in the show? It's been mentioned. It's been mentioned, but I don't know if it's been placed. I can't even remember now. I'm, my brain's not working. Um, Only three. Which is, yeah, I know. God told me. <laughs> God told me to. Uh, Larry Cohen's film. Um, okay. Which I I knew. <laughs> looking at Christian again, it's like every one on my list. He's like, Fuck. he's like, you got the worst list ever, man. No, no, no. I, I again, it just was disappointing to me. I yeah. I didn't read it low. I just didn't. It, is it okay? What is disappointing to to you about the film? Is it the reveal of what it just, is going I, I'll on? I'll answer film? that too. Because it just lost me after the great opening, I yeah. just didn't care as much about the other shit that was going. I f- yeah, I feel like the middle part of the film has a little bit of pacing issue. There is some things that are kind of kind of boring, actually. Uh, yeah. So how is that a pacing issue, JP? And huh? my fucking problem with breaking in isn't a pacing issue. What? What's breaking what, in? What the who know? Uh, <laughs> how, can Moods, how can Moods say this movie has fucking pacing issues? You didn't like Ozone and Turbo? <laughs> Fuck. No, I don't know. I, I feel like this film has a, a little bit of uh, it. It's a little slow. Yeah, it, it gets a little bit slow in the film. But one thing I actually do like is, <laughs> man, I, I don't know, man. It, it kind of puts a smile on my face. But the reveal in this movie of why these people are doing what they're doing, it's like so out of left field, and you kind of have to. You kind of have to take it with a grain of salt a little bit. I mean, it's. I mean, if I guess if you believe in these type of, I don't even know how to put it without ruin. I, I really don't want to ruin it for the people I haven't I seen mean, it. I mean, it was cool. I thought it was cool. I just didn't care that much. Like I thought yeah, that I the exactly. opening. I, I get when that. I started watching the opening, I was like, "This is a top ten right here," you know, because I I, I I was invested. I liked that. It was creepy. It was awesome. It was the commentary was there. It was all that good stuff. And then the film goes way out in left field, and I'm just kind of like, "Wait, we were doing some cool shit back there. What happened?" <laughs> and his guerrilla style filmmaking, like he just you could tell he just takes a camera and he's filming. All over the place, like you, you could tell they're like it's regular life happening behind them, but they're making a movie, <laughs> and that's oh, what yeah. I like about Lyric Cohen. Like he just does that, and so I respect all that. But as JP kind of said, I after like the first twenty minutes, it just it, it gets almost like too busy, and then it kind of just gets boring for a mm-hmm. bit, and then it does pick up at the end again. But I I was expecting 
I think a top ten movie for sure. I was really looking forward to forward to this, and it just was disappointed. Huh. Interesting. I think the very first time I watched the movie, I was probably more or less on the same page as you guys. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, yeah. And uh, the more I watched it, actually, the more I liked the film. It just Which kinda... is definitely possible once you know what you're in store I th- for. I think that's I what think it is. That that's the big thing for a first-time watcher is if you're not interested or engaged right away yeah. uh, after transitioning from what you did like, it could be a little jarring. There's a lot of films that you know kind of blow their load in the first 20 25 minutes of the movie and then it you know it goes all downhill from that too i think a lot of people this one could be in that category you know like you said it starts out really good it gets very slow in the middle but the reveal is ridiculous but it's fun um but i mean that's that's the so- horror the films social- for you sometimes they have ridiculous reveals but i think the strength of that film is tony lobianco's performance and his inner struggle to deal with with the truths he comes to learn and and ultimately exactly. fight against them and I, that's why I'm, I'm a big fan. Exactly, I think I think it's a good mystery. I think the way it's all kind of revealed and yeah. stuff kind of plays itself out well. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's paced a little, but I, I do like where it ends up going, and you know, especially if you kind of believe in that type of stuff too. It's you know, have a different impact on yourself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you definitely kind of have to <laughs> um, disconnect yourself with you know, maybe the, the reality of reality sometimes when, you know, you're taking this in because I mean, really doesn't it seem a little bit far-fetched Brandon, like the reveal. Oh yeah. The... No, it, it goes like, <laughs> it's really spoiling, deep, if, if somebody hasn't seen it, this, this movie goes completely crazy from it yeah. does. the it... first, the first act and the first act. I mean, if they had played it straight out like that, yeah, I, I agree with you guys that this could be like a masterpiece almost, but it, it it does get a little crazy, but I still ultimately enjoy where it goes. And yeah, me too. And that's what it comes down to, you know. I, yeah. I do like to reveal where it goes and stuff. And I think Larry Cohen did a good job. I agree with the guerrilla style filmmaking. I mean, that's Larry Cohen low budget filmmaking. I mean, I think he did the same type of style with his black exploitation films that he'd done just before this, Black Caesar and stuff. And I think those were shot very similar. But what you always get with Larry Cohen film is tons and tons of social commentary. Every one of his films, as goofy as they may be, you have the oh, stuff. Dude, his docu- his he, documentary is amazing yeah, that came out this year. It's so good. I haven't seen it. I really because I'm a really big fan of Larry Cohen. I, I reviewed oh, it's this amaz- stuff. It's, it, it's amazing. It's so good. A couple months ago. But even the movie like The Stuff has so much social commentary in it. You know, it's goofy, but if you read into it and, and he's telling you like straight up and well, I, that's I, I love that fucking test dream, bro. Yeah, exactly. No, that's Bob Clark. That's Bob Clark. But, <laughs> Dumb but, fuck. I mean, but that movie, <laughs> but that movie does too. I was like, what the fuck? Is I don't even have to say about? anything. That this was perfect. That's all right. <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's fun to happen. Fuck, that's so good. That's so good. Mooch said, "Oh yeah, he fucking agreed with me right off the bat." So no, I was you. saying about the social commentary in what, Death That's what I thought you were referring to. Cue the winged serpent. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched that film and I'm not sure what it was. The social commentary in Q. Um, I believe. <sighs> I, I, I mean, no. I haven't seen it in a while. I really haven't seen it in a while, but uh, it's there. It's definitely there. Oh, forgot to mention Richard Lynch 
and God told me to. That's I'll who's just, that? I'll just leave it. <laughs> oh Richard, my God, Richard fucking Lynch, man. <laughs> who is that? I still don't know who I he is. I feel like we talked about this dude before. Yeah, who is he? Okay. He's a hermaphrodite. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, that's that's him. That's Richard Lynch. Yeah, the golden from, hermaphrodite. Never, bad never dreams. You get, like you really cannot miss Richard Lynch. Once you've seen his face once, you can't forget it because it's all burnt up. Dude, you know what's so weird? After that conversation, I started seeing that fuck everywhere. <laughs> I swear to God, he was in everything. It was the weirdest thing. I mean, how you, Richard Lynch lit himself on fire from an acid trip. That's how he got all fucked up. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing as freaking... That's so... The, the moral of the story is as, don't, don't do acid. Don't do acid. That was story. So what did you rate God told me to? God told Kill. me to uh, came in with an eight and a half. Also. Eight and a half. All right. Back yes. to you. Back to me. I just want to say that Moods, this is why I said after I watched this movie, I said, wow, I'd love an update of that. And I think it would be relevant today. Of course, with everything going on, 100%, you could yeah. do it. Oh, I, there's so many things. It would probably get banned. It would, be frightening. It, would be, shown. it would be frightening. I, I don't think there's a lot of filmmakers out there that would even try and tackle you I, know, random shootings like that and stuff just because of everything that's been going on, especially you know, targets, in Vegas bro. and stuff. It, it's it's very sensitive targets. and it's, you know, it's not just Americans, it's Canadians too. I mean, there was Canadians. You, you have to handle it very delicately and with respect. If yeah. you do, you can make you can make yeah. a movie like that. You know, I think a lot of people do seem to forget like, you know, it's, you know, Vegas, America strong stuff, but there was Canadians killed there too. Right, it hit us. Well, I kind of think of, like the most the most recent film that like handles that topic is is Phone Booth, which is kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that like was before the mass. Old. I mean, there's always there's been mass shootings since there's been guns, probably. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was kind of be like they've just been way more than you know 2002's Phone Booth or whatever. Yeah. I like that movie though. Oh. Me too. Anyway. Seen- What's more, sc- <laughs> what's scarier than mass shootings is my number seven, which is also a seven out of ten, which is the film Grizzly, nice. uh, killer killer bear movie that is way more fun than it deserves to be. It, it's an absolute blast to watch, and we're talking PG movie here that is gorier than a lot of our rated movies. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta love Great the fact attacks. that there was no PG thirteen back in the day. Right. I, I, I mean, you got some choice dialogue from that dude, and I, I don't have my MDB open right now. I forgot his name. He's not in my notes, but he, you'd know him to see him because he was like, I think the villain in uh, Enter the Dragon. Uh, he, he's the main, the main uh, martial dude out there. Anyway, yeah. he's great. Uh, the movie itself is fantastic, and the way they defeat this bear. Spoiler alert. <laughs> must be seen to be believed. Hilarious. Oh my good lord. It is one <laughs> of the funniest scenes ever, man. Yeah, Christopher yeah. George. Christopher George, man. He's one dude that I absolutely adored, man. He's been in so many good films. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate, like, especially in this era, too, like from 76 to like 82. When, when did he pass away? Like right around then. Um, yeah, unfortunate death, too. I guess he had like a scarring on his heart or something. He ended up passing away from that. Um, it's like an old chest injury or some shit. But he was one of those guys, man. Like he just—if Christopher George was in the film, I'm intrigued. 
Great actor. <laughs> Pulls off everything so well. But man, dude, you got to admit. So the big tagline in Grizzly is this 18 foot grizzly and shit. And you can clearly tell that this thing's only standing about seven feet. It fucking kills me. Every time I watch, I rewatch this one again. I, I love Grizzly too. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, some of the, uh, the stunts they did with the real, like they're using real bears, man. You know, like that's yeah. just, it's crazy to do. Um, but, uh, it's just good not bear 18 placement, feet. Though. Good bear place. It's not 18 feet though. For sure. No, and it, this was a first time watch. I had seen seeds from it before. Um, if I had to be totally honest, but from start to finish, uh, this was my first time, uh, watching the whole thing and it was a blast, a lot of fun. Like they, it set out to be, you know, a take of on Jaws, of course, with a killer bear and it Every succeeded. one of these movies are pretty much a take on Jaws. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know if Squirm was the warm Jaws, but I guess you could argue. <laughs> <Jaws>. <laughs> but anyway, yes, Jeremy, you fucking did it again. It's a it's a solid seven out of ten. Now, Jeremy, be careful because there's a point where the joke is gonna f- backfire and it's not gonna be funny because he's not gonna have a seven out of ten. Don't worry, it's number <laughs> so one. So you're pushing it. I don't know <laughs> how many times you want to do it because it works perfectly if you end without ever going over. But the joke kind of loses its. This luster. might be the most sevens I've ever seen on a top ten list. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And he says he watched the twenty heavy hitters here, and they're all sevens. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, I, I didn't say twenty heavy hitters. I just said twenty, and I didn't go through the uh, st- like. There are ones that you guys have mentioned now that I'm mad that I missed. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, Jeremy. All right, number seven film we already talked about. Who can kill a child? Question mark. There's no question. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. It's a fucking question. Who yeah, kill he a child? To- he totally just double checked that just to make sure he wasn't <laughs> yeah, fucking up again. Was that an exclamation mark or a question mark? Uh, <laughs> who can, otherwise, be like, who can kill a child? I wish I had one English emoji. course in film school. <laughs> You know what? I had four, motherfucker. Four. <laughs> anyway. Uh, four English classes? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. So what did you like about Who Can Kill a Child? <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Oh. I think we lost them. I'm hoping you lost them and he's not pulling Dude, the lore. It was actually <laughs> the most impeccable Are you loring all ever? over the place? No, I'm okay. I'm alright. He's rebounding. He's attempting. I'm coming. Not like that. Well, that's, that's just never <laughs> You're common? Before. No. Anyway, I think that, I think... <laughs> no! My Are night you... is complete. This is unbelievable timing. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> I feel bad. I told Jeremy I'd have his back. Alright, Jeremy, what's going on? You alright, bud? I am perfecto. Uh, I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. I feel it. He's bouncing back. He's going to save his ass this time. What did you like about who can kill a child? I just feel like at this point we haven't seen too many films where we have killer kids in this level of extremeness. I mean, we've had films where we've we've seen killer kids in in, in a creepy kind of a sense and more of a, a... Oh, we're just bastard childs, but I feel like 
yeah, but Bad Seed and and Children of the Dam, I feel like are more. You know what, Christian? Fuck you. <laughs> that fucking smirk off your face. Bro. All the fuckers for Christian. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! He's recording. I was, shit. I was no, I was laughing at Brandon looking like Twilight again, and I had to take a picture of it because he was like up on his computer. <laughs> Fucking white as shit. I tried to look up. I can't figure out how to dim my computer. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. I thought you were fucking suntanning over there, man. <laughs> we joked about that on the last show. Sorry, Jeremy. I feel like we, we haven't seen a killer kid film in this sense of a, a scope. And I feel like it's... It really is a, it's a, a containment kind of a film, you know? Well, I don't think that's really been brought up. Sure, the beginning of the film has has a different kind of a setting, but once they get to the island, it's really just a a one-setting containment-style film. I think it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, these two characters who are, you know, in this sort of relationship, I feel like it's a, it's a solid relationship that they really do care about each other, but I feel like... You know, there's some tension between the two about the conversation about having kids. I, it's not, it's not really talked about. I think like if they were, uh, if that level of tension between the two about their their stance on having children and this happening to them, I think it would have been a a more solid and and interesting narrative in that sense. But they didn't decide really to go that way. They just decided to go down a line where it's basically you see what you get, which is just a bunch of kids who are possessed and go crazy and they hunt these two adults and everybody else that live on this island. What was that head shake, mofo? Brandon? I, I disagree. Possessed? Yeah. Did you say possessed? What are they? I don't I don't think it's straightforward at all. They do have children, the couple. They have two children. In fact, they're they're bringing their third child into the world, which yeah. sets up the whole idea of the struggle with them even yeah. having to so, come to terms with killing a child in the first place. Exactly. These so are actually being, two loving individuals. Because there's nobody that wants to think about killing a child when you're pregnant. Like nobody oh. I mean that that's the struggle right there, right? I mean, that's right, they're in a struggle she's for running, their life. She couldn't fucking run. She's like, oh, I can't yeah, run. So they're in she just pulls the she stirs the car steers the car out of the way. Like he's ready to mow some kids down when he, and he doesn't really want to do it. And she has yeah. to she's derailed him a few times. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately the gut punch, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the inner gut punch. <laughs> the inner gut And I feel like like I said earlier, I think the ending is, is super interesting because it's it's the the idea of society that children are innocent, even though they're technically not innocent all the time. And it's it's children's words over adults' violence over adults' violence over children's words. So it, it's interesting in that sense the way that it goes down towards the end of the film where it really does end in a bleak a bleak ending it really doesn't end in a happy note for either of these two characters who we spend you know uh, a good hour and 40 minutes with so it's an interesting film you could totally see children of the corn aspects uh play out in this one that we'll see down the line a few years i wonder later if stephen king saw this film though i wonder that's what i was wondering when watching it all I could say is do not watch the remake, though, because it's complete and utter trash. The remake of what? 
who can kill a child come There's out and play. There's a remake of who can kill a who can kill a yeah, child. There, yeah, there come out and play. Come out um, and play. Oh, so, I remember that, that movie. I, I, I would go it. out on a limb and say that Stephen King probably didn't see this film. I mean, how accessible was this one back in the day before he wrote the short story for? It Children wasn't of much Corn. longer that he wrote Children of the Corn, I believe, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it could be coincidental, but who knows? Mm. But yeah, that is interesting, though. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, so I give this one an eight and a half. It's good. Oh, like into it. the eight and a half territory. Into nice. the eight and a half territory. Wow. I've been in there All for right. a while. Uh, yeah, you were the only one for a while, I believe. Um, Jeremy, welcome to Moods' uh, Circle of the Room. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> here's a fact: uh, Stephen King published the Children of the Corn short story first in March 1977. So, huh. it so was the, it, literally the next year then. So I'm wondering if he was influenced or if he, I mean. He probably wrote it before then, though. He probably wrote it when this thing was, yeah, I, I don't know. Wrote it right I, I just can't was. imagine him even being able to see the film back in, I mean, this is a Spanish yeah. film, right? In 1976, yeah. how easy was it to also, get your hands on? Stephen King was still, like, let's not forget, like, didn't, but when did he, he was, like, just starting out, like, in his popularity like I don't he was like still poor at this time probably so um, he ripped off he plagiarized another <laughs> film in order to make it wow I don't think he did he, no, I'm just like, kidding I'm just kidding there's like no evidence of it. like his he has like such original ideas but that's that's a that's a joke a complete yeah. joke. Well, it was first released in uh, Penthouse Magazine and then added to the Night Shift collection that's the Children of the Cornhole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, who can kill a child is, is uh, Spanish, right? Yeah. That was so fucking perfect. That was amazing. So, so the film did not come out until '78 in the U.S. Okay, hmm. yeah. So that's he, true. See when it's up. Okay. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, we just we just saved Stephen King from plagiarizing. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just saved his career. Yeah. <laughs> his career. Uh, so. Lie. Number seven. Can I uh, say this, myself? Huh? Yeah. Eh. Uh, no. <laughs> Fuck you, JP. Uh, my <laughs> number seven in a while, here. you fucking Mexican asshole. It's been a Thank while you. since I said that. <laughs> so my number seven film here is a film that th- this could be considered not a horror film as well. Uh, it's a film that I'd never seen, never heard of, and I think it was just on one of our lists, and it was actually one of, I guess, the gems, if there was a gem, because uh, I didn't know much about it. Uh, and it I is. I know what it is. 1976's lipstick. Lipstick. It is lipstick. I called <laughs> it. Oh, really? How wow. did you, know? you like you like lipstick that much, eh? Wow. I liked it too, yeah. but I kept it off my list. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I love lipstick. What's lipstick not to like? Shit. It's it's a rape revenge film with tons of social commentary on how we look at and at, at women um and you know how we how believable uh how how much we you know uh you know slut shame them and, and different things like that in, in the courtroom scenes that i really liked it and it reminded me of a film that we discussed in 86 or i at least mentioned that was an honorable mention for me which was extremities which is similar plot rape revenge you know the court doesn't believe them uh she has no case or whatever and she gets revenge it's the same thing with with this one uh the revenge is very small aspect of this film but i thought that you know chris sarandon did a awesome job as gordon stewart gordon stewart i believe it was martha stewart 
Not Stuart Gordon, Gordon Stewart. I just thought I, that was funny. I, I know. Got it. <laughs> I think what's even funnier is it was directed by Lamont Johnson. I wonder if he has a Lamont configuration. <laughs> <laughs> he could. Oh, no. I, saw, I saw one today hanging from these guys' windshields. They were badass. I wanted a pair. A pair of Instead guys? of dice, or... they were... <laughs> what? Lamont configurations? That's what yeah, Lamont I sent it to you in our chat. Oh, I didn't even see it. cool looking. That's fucking cool, man. I'm not sure if but, yeah. I feel like we're talking about two different things here, but um <laughs> You're talking about the configurations from Hellraiser. Yeah, the the Lament configuration. Yeah. yeah. And I saw They, they like to make fun of us because we said Lamont during the whole episode. <laughs> well, but they the could reason I said that is because that is how it's pronounced with a in, in French, which is where it's from. But it's I don't I can't put the accents on it because I I spoke to Charlene and she says it's never been pronounced Lamont. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I never asked because I, 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 oh, I, I looked this up and I was like I'm uh, gonna have to now. <laughs> uh, it, it's not Lamont. It's like Lamont. I can't say it. You know what I mean? Lamonte. <laughs> <laughs> but I did know, like, I did know we that it was such Lamont, to show you. We but do. they don't really talk about it that much either. They don't really say the name that often. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the fourth film, Lamontchat or whatever, like, the puzzle's named after him, you know? All well, right, we get it. Keep uh, going anyway, so, things. yeah, th- this film, uh, I was really into it. I was, I was totally into it. I hated it. Hated, hated, hated Chris Sarandon. Yeah, he was. Uh, he crazy. was douchebag, straight dude. He plays a fucking bad guy Scum. douche in like every film, man. He's a scumbag. He plays a good cop in Child's Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. It's <laughs> interesting. In this one, he's a teacher. Yeah, and, and even music teacher, isn't he? Just, yeah, yeah. The the level of like just scumbag that he is in this film, not only to rape this woman, uh, basically laugh at her and and you know, like you'll hey, they're never gonna believe you type thing, and then to go after her thirteen year old sister is just another level, man. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it, it's not only a rape film. Never see that shit happen like today. That's rape. what Breaking In should have happened. That's what should have went down in that movie. Thirteen-year-olds were very big in '76, huh? Thinking <laughs> the same thing. Crazy, man. Another theme. I've never even Another heard theme. of this movie. <laughs> yeah. So basically, really? just to give That's you awesome. a plot, Christian, there's this fashion model who's very beautiful. Invites this teacher of her thirteen-year-old sister to her house. He gets fresh with her, rapes her, uh, and then basically the court uh, has all this evidence that she kind of you know was was being too forward with him and and you know how that thing plays out and basically he's acquitted and then he goes and rapes her 13 year old sister (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, and which which are actually played by the real Hemingway sisters yeah Yeah. man that the older sister man i i only know of mario but that margo she's they're the yeah they're the granddaughters of ernest hemingway uh, yeah, but yeah, th- this movie blew me away. Like in terms of, I get, I forgot about this one actually. Olive needs to release this shit. This seems like a movie they would release. I've got is the it DVD. Par- is it I've Paramount? got the DVD. I've, it's I've, way out of print. The yeah. the burn on demand. No, the the pressed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I've got the burn on demand one. It fucking transfers good, man. Really good. I was surprised to see this type of movie dealing with these topics back then and. 
and you know it's it's definitely relevant to today's times mm-hmm. and you know the you me too movement and, and different things like that and and very very v- uh, the only problem i had was i feel like it would have had a more impactful uh message had the end not been exact what it was uh the final thing that happens but mm-hmm. that's you know fine I, and i gave it an eight out of ten it's good stuff crazy cool crazy. i'll have to check that out i yeah you definitely liked it more than i did i just i find i wish i don't know man something about the the hemingway sisters man they're weird looking to me Really? Hmm. I thought the elder sister was beautiful. I mean, she she tragically died very young. Yeah. Like an overdose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she OD'd. Alright. Yeah. Alright, my number... What are we on? Seven? Yep. My yep. number seven. Been talked about before. Burnt How offerings. come this keeps happening to you guys? Never happened to me yet. It's because you have not a lot of non-horror films on your list. I oh, guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. I have a few non-horror, too. Burnt Offerings. Man, the more I watch this film, the more it grows on me. This is just a great classic haunted Horror house fest. Film. I mean, this this house <gasps> is genuinely creepy. Mm. I think uh, obviously the performances are fantastic. Karen Black is great. Oliver Reed is great. That old woman, you know, <laughs> I swear she had Betty Davis eyes. And it was Betty Davis, you dumbass. I, I was kidding. It was a joke. Right over his head. I'm surprised you caught on to that, Jeremy, when, you know, considering you weren't paying attention to the film. What, that it's Betty Davis? It looks just fucking like her. Of course I know who Betty Davis is, bro. <laughs> but you weren't paying attention to the film. I'm surprised. I only I know from the eyes. perfect attention. <laughs> no, you didn't. If, yes. if, if, you di- if you disliked this film, you weren't paying attention. I was paying attention. <laughs> Who was the woman that was with him, Jeremy? No, it wasn't. No, who was the family? Who was members the fa- of the family. It was Oliver Reed. Betty Davis was the mother, or was the aunt of Karen Black. And Karen Black and <laughs> Oliver Reed were a couple. So he's got his IMDb. And then there was there, no, I don't have the IMDb open. <laughs> Betty Davis was actually uh, Oliver Reed's aunt. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, that's correct. That's close. But well, you are close. You were wrong. So there's no close when you know what, JP. I fucking watched it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. We didn't say I, you didn't watch I, it. I backed you up, man. You just weren't I paying said attention. That it was a little boring, and I had a hard time paying attention the first two times I tried to watch it. I did get because Carly fucking loves this movie. I made myself try it again, and yeah, that's, when it, cut, that's when so it. Of course, she likes it. <laughs> okay, Jerry. I I I love it the more I watch it, and I still do have questions that obviously I'm not going to get into to spoilers specifically pertaining to to Karen Black's character and at what point that character transitions from yeah where she starts to where she ultimately ends up because Oliver Reed's character throughout the film is is slowly becoming aware of of the 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 menace that this house is the the force force, the force yeah I feel like I get the same feeling watching this as I do the the classic Amityville horror. I think that it's not a film that you could throw on all the time, but if you're in the right mood for it, it can really hit. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the way the house rejuvenates itself is awesome. Even early on from from just the flowers rejuvenating themselves to 
to ultimately the, uh, the, the house shedding the shingles. Oh, man. Such an awesome scene. I can't take Brandon seriously right now. He looks like Terrifier. <laughs> <laughs> Art the Clown. He looks like Art the Clown, man. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't fucking put on girl's skin and wears his dick rock hard, you know? Dude, you should totally do a <laughs> podcast entirely as a clown. <laughs> wow, I love it. Look at um, that. The pre-show Patreon things, they would pay for it in droves. I'm going to figure out how to fucking dim this computer light. <laughs> I swear I'm getting burned just looking at my computer. It looks like you have... You're like a, than your white walls. It looks like you have like a hundred LED lights just pointed right at your face right now. I'm actually recording from a tanning bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but the the you know ultimately the the most terrifying scene for me is is the very end when when Ben makes the discovery he does when he goes to confront Mrs. Allardyce. I mean, it's just it's very shocking and haunting. And then of course his death is just absolutely awesome. Yep. And I know a lot of people complain about what happens with Davy and the chimney thing, but I don't know. I thought it was effective and creepy enough. I got no issues with that either. Yeah, me either. People, I guess, would have liked to have seen a little bit more horror with that, but it was horrific enough. And, uh, yeah, yeah and the, 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 no. the ending, you know, uh, the photo collection. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I have with that is, why no Marion? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, that's one. That's the only issue I have with this film. Is like I'm not sure how to interpret this with with whether there's actually. I'm not even gonna say anything because if people haven't seen, it, I don't want to spoil spoil it for them. But this is an eight out of ten for me. We reviewed it on the show. I'm not sure if I was an eight out of ten. I probably was, but it, I'm still at an eight out of ten, and I I continue to enjoy it. I I agree with you, JP. It's not one I throw on all the time because it is it is a longer film. It is a two hour film, but. It's it's a really well made film. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I agree. All right. Back to me. Number seven. We just recently talked about it, and that's burnt offerings. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I I agree with Brandon, man. It, pretty much, it, it, it's it's a fantastic film. Um, I don't find it boring at all. I don't know where the fuck Jeremy's. Not paying attention, I guess. Oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> fucking stop saying that shit, bro. <laughs> fucking sake, not paying attention. I paid fucking attention. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised you didn't like it, Jeremy. I really thought you would have liked it. That's, me too. I was very shocked. It's not when you that he didn't up. like it. He just didn't pay attention. Dude. Yeah. I mean, oh I guess, God, I guess next time. It was funny the first time, all right, bro? <laughs> I guess on a rewatch, <laughs> when you pay attention to it, you might actually enjoy it a little bit more. So. How, how do I mean, you guys it, it not? Like, this is why people, like, that. these outbursts are classic. You know what I mean? Like, that's why. Jeremy, that's that's all you got. But it's I'm great. so glad to be recording with Jeremy. It's been a long time <laughs> fucking coming. Fucking frustrating. He fucking says that shit all the fucking time. It's the eighth time. I understand. I didn't pay attention, but I did. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus. He's paying Christ. attention to how many times we're, we're literally crying the joke. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Piss me off. I'm hearing tears. Yeah, man. <laughs> Give this kid a fucking tissue right now. Yeah. Seriously, he's gonna oh, drown over there. Fucking sand in my vagina. In his own seat. Jesus what? Christ. He's, he's, going, still he's going to drown. He's going to drown. Um, yeah, man, Burnt Offerings is just a fantastic 
story. I, I just I, I find it really, really creepy. The house is one of the biggest highlights for me. That that thing is fucking huge. I love that shit, man. Those old mansions and shit. Um, great performances, man. Really sells it really well. Um, yeah, man. It, it's definitely a slow burn. This is one of those classic 70s slow burns. You know, people always kind of associate the 70s with that very slow burn type film. This is it right here. It is a slow burn, but I think the payoff is effective. And the last shots, man, are just amazing. Um, <laughs> what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> so I... I'm laughing. I'm laughing because it's pretty much verbatim what I'm going to say. Like, it, it's such a great, <laughs> yeah, it's such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me you're going to fucking say this stupid shit next, too, bro. Don't you fucking don't tell me number six is going to be bird operating. I'm going to fucking my head's going to fucking explode. Give me a second here. That's All right, what we do. So on what, what's your rating? Yeah. So <laughs> my rating. It's my rating on burnt offerings. Eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, you gave it a nine on Letterbox, you lying piece of donkey doo doo. <laughs> I swear to God, Jeremy like straight fact checks moods on like everything. <laughs> I guess he does pay attention. Um, yeah, not to me. I don't think so. I bet you it says eight and a half on there. Okay, well, go go find go find my review. I don't okay. know how to, I don't know how to search them. I don't know when I watched it. So number six is a film we've talked about. Or Alice Sweet Alice, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. Communion. And what can we say about this that we haven't talked about already? Good proto-slash. I mean, the fact that a, there's another a kid death in this. Like, I mean, <laughs> another thing for 76, a lot of uh, dead kids. Which I'm a fan of, so. Yeah, well, there you go. That's just the way yeah. kids should be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow. They don't struggle as much when they're dead. <laughs> oh god! And oh, I was, I, I was, uh, I that was an all-time low, but funny. <laughs> that was I, pretty bad. I really right? want that edited out. <laughs> oh no, it's there, dude. I'm putting a I, fucking studio audience laughter behind that one. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, for years I dragged my feet at even watching us. I, I just was never intrigued. I don't know what it was. Like, the cover is actually really creepy. It looks mm-hmm. right out of a sla- like a slasher cover, if you ever saw one. But I just never was intrigued. So, checking <laughs> it out, I I loved it. I checked it out, I think, last year, and then rewatched it closer to recording time. And solid flick. I mean, this one's not quite as long as the other ones we're talking about, so it clicks along yeah. pretty quick. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. <laughs> and and at the end of the day, I was waiting for that reveal, and it was great. And I was surprised. I didn't expect it at all. Dude, hmm. he's literally getting whiter. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I swear to God. Actually, oh, there's the I have yellow teeth, and look at them. They're so white. <laughs> um, but no, Christian, yeah, man. I, I think that this is this is a slasher or a proto-slasher or whatever that, that would I will put in my rotation heavily. Like I liked it, and I think I'll, I'll continue to like it as time goes on. It just it has some cool elements that I like and look forward to in, in my slashers. Well, like some set pieces. Like There's always like yeah. a scene that you can relate to. Uh, one in the sort of not, – it's not a barn, but that condo – kind of mm-hmm. with a rope and everything else like there's there's some great moments in the movie and yeah. so i gave it a seven out of ten shut up jeremy <laughs> nice can't you give that's a six 
That's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. That you all gave sevens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys all do quarter ratings, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> quarter ratings. All right, so uh, Jeremy. All right, number six. number six. I have God Told Me To. Uh, this is a fun film. Like, like everybody bum, said. Bum, bum. <laughs> Sorry. This jabroni. This fucking jabroni. <laughs> jabroni? Nobody gets your pro wrestling lingo, dude. This that's not the place. Oh my god. So it starts off like like we talked about a little bit a while ago. It starts off good. And 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 I think it I was okay with the second uh act of the film. Sure, it's a bit slower, but I really didn't lose interest in it whatsoever. I don't really think like uh, uh That's because you were paying attention to this one. <laughs> suck you suck you suck you suck (laughs) jesus you're looking in the mirror (laughs) god damn got him got him people that i got him This one was so similar to Target's, at least the. They... <laughs> oh, Jerry, he's frustrated. And not just sexually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I feel bad. Oh, man, good times, good times. Jeremy, continue. Crickets. Oh my god, it's the all over again. The war. No, not again, not again! <laughs> so this film, actually, I was quite surprised. It's pretty similar to Target's in in the sense that I feel like we don't really see those kind of those kind of narratives play out. And I wish, JP, you should jump on that, on, on the idea. And, you know, it, it, it starts off really good. I was interested in the character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. Of having a, mad, a guy picking off people on a building. Wait, have that done? <laughs> what? I think he wants you to just kill yourself. I, yeah, I don't... <laughs> what are you asking me to do? Huh? <laughs> did, did, did he not tell me to do something? I'm yeah, so make confused. a movie where you have somebody. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he was telling me to do that. I was like, dude. <laughs> no, I want to do that to you right now, so... <laughs> All right, yeah, but that that it's such a small part of the movie, though. That's the only disappointing thing. Yeah. The whole movie should have just been about this guy hunting down all these people that are God toting me to. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, Flush that out until... you sound really far away, dude. What's going on, dude? Get out of your kitchen. You hear me? <laughs> Did you seriously climb a, a, a tower? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't believe me. <laughs> I'll do it right now. <laughs> He's on his fucking roof right now. <laughs> Moses told me to. He's like, God damn it, I can't see Pennsylvania from here. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah, that's what happens when you're that far out of Chicago, I guess, right? <laughs> 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 is this seriously is he pissed or is this 
just are we Wi-Fi even, issues. Yeah, we have technical issues. <laughs> How come every time he starts getting ripped on, he has internet issues? I'm just, I'm, I'm just not internet issues. I'm sitting right here. I'm just oh, like, okay. you guys be dick faces and fucking get burnt out and be done with it. I don't want to be a dick face. I don't want the 22 shots listeners to be mad at me. I just, I, I you it's have to It's not mad floor. at you. It's the other two dickheads. <laughs> We're dickheads. You're our friend. It's fucking JP and Moots being oh. assholes. Oh, the actual host. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Every time I fucking say something, they're like, oh, I'm going to say something funny. So I, I can make him because I know he's going to sit Dude, there. Dude, that's exactly you. That's exactly you. Yeah, right but I'm stupid and I can't recover from it when you do can. So he's fucking stupid anyway. <laughs> Don't get mad at us because you can't recover. But you know oh, I can't, so you're going to fuck me. All I can it. hear. I would never do that. All I can hear right now is Ozzy's No More Tears. And picture that music video. <laughs> fucking drowning over there, man. Ah, oh, shit, dude. I hear simple plans you're like, I'm me. sorry I'm not perfect. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, you have the floor. I will shut up. Oh, man. Nothing. I give this one eight and a half. Okay. <laughs> uh, next up for me. God damn it. Why do I keep having to intro these? I doubt this will be on anybody else's list. Um, it hasn't been brought up yet. And this is... I kind of didn't realize this, but apparently I have a lot of films that can be considered not horror films on my list. Um, and this okay, one Rocky? is... Did Rocky come out in 76? Yes, it did. Yep. Then yes, it's Rocky. <laughs> um, no, uh, it is 1976's Helter Skelter. Nice. Ooh. This was a three-hour joint. Uh, involving <laughs> that of the Manson murders. I've never been super interested in the Manson murders, the Tate LaBianca murders, because I always felt like Charles Manson got a little too much praise. Well, not really praise, just, you know, attention um, when there's guys like Dahmer out there who, who really did some sick shit. Um, I know it's not a competition of who could be the biggest douchebag, scumbag killer in the world, but... You know, I'm usually more interested in the people that are those. Uh, and Charles Manson just kind of told some crazy hippies to do something, and they did. Um, which, I don't know. It well, doesn't sound that hard. It, based no, on it's a little bit more than that. Like, everyone that's ever met Manson said he's the most mani- mani- manipulative person they've ever met. Like, that okay, guy can and, get you to do yes, anything. And wow. yes, but at the same wow, time. Wow, I, I really butchered that. Manipulative. <laughs> I can't. I still can't fucking say it. What, what's wrong with Every, my mouth right now? I keep saying like manipulates and manipulates. Fuck is going on? Everybody who's saying that are people who were manipulated by him. But yeah. whenever you see him in prison post arrest, I don't. He's not manipulating anybody. He just seems crazy. Like everybody agrees. Like that guy's fucking crazy. Well, actually, like, he can't true. tell me to do anything. It's actually not true um, because there was uh, on Netflix there was a little mini series about uh, Charles Manson. It was shot just before he actually passed away. It was released after he passed away, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, I watched it, and he only had like four or five people on his guest list that were able to you know go and talk to him personally and stuff. And there was this one guy who was just a big fan. Like it was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, he was really he was into crazy. Manson. He, yeah, you know, essentially, but he was kind of like a documentary maker. Yeah, well, usually maker. crazy people will listen to other crazy people. Yeah, but he said, and it's kind of interesting, too, because he actually, 
recorded every one of their conversations. He has like hundreds of hours of recorded conversations with Manson. And he yeah. said when Manson would tell him stories and shit, and he's like just the way he would look at him and he, he was he, he was fucking legitimately scared of him and shit. And he could tell everything that he was saying. Oh, he's definitely and shit. scary. He was so manipulative. Manipulative. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't clear a fucking <laughs> word tonight. That it would freak him out. Like, he could almost get him to do shit. And I was just like, this is fucked up, man. Really, really crazy shit. But, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I agree. You know, he definitely had his place and, and did did do the things oh, that they were saying. Alert. Is that for moods or me? It's probably for me. Can't say manipulative. Okay, manipulative. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! It's so it's bad. It's really hard to say. It's not super easy. I'm not even going to attempt it. Right it is now, a big but, syllable word. Yeah. Um, I I, I love the, the the the. I was just fucking in this movie, dude. Like, I I hadn't. I don't read remember about... seeing you. <laughs> he was the Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> From the family at the ranch. I was um, really in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was really into this movie, I should say. Uh, and when I was watching it, I was just fascinated. And I, I, I know, you know the Charles Manson story. I've, I've seen plenty of stuff on it and, and things like that. But I, I, I started thinking, I was like, I don't think I've really seen a dramatization of, of this story in a full-length feature. And I was like, okay, this is... I like this. And... I learned a little bit more about the case than I, I previously had. It's light on the horror. It definitely is. I didn't really realize that. A lot of these films I didn't even consider if they were eligible or not because it was just part of that mass list when we searched horror films from 1976. So I just you know figured whatever. Um, but now looking at it, it's it's not so much a horror film as, as much as a you know docudrama type type thing about but it, obviously what he did was horrific so there's that they don't really show the murders it's a tv movie you know it's a fast days. watch too for a three three and a half hour I've always film. said it that man moves. three hour it movie is, that no, it is i was by. working and it just boom i i watched the whole thing at work and and was into every minute of it and i'll say this this was the film that moods and i decided the other night that we're not I gonna knew. put on our list and, but I what? actually I had it on my list at number two. That's how much I love this film. It was a first time watch for me. It was me originally well, online well. too. Very. It very was my high. number two film yeah. originally, and I pulled it off because we just dis- we just decided. Like I I would I'm actually happy that it showed up on a list so we could at least talk about it because mm-hmm. Stephen Railsback's performance is phenomenal. it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. It really is great. I w- I wanted more of it because you don't get a lot of it. No. Um, but it it. it it definitely hits that Manson bone that, that you see when he speaks, the the way he enunciates and, and his mannerisms and stuff yeah, like that. He, he was Manson. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got a uh, nice little small performance by Miss Marilyn Burns, rest in peace, who I'm a huge fan of, Texas Chainsaw, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. that was pretty cool as well. It, yeah, I, I liked how they kind of um, you know showed the, the, the hippie culture and – and that aspect of it too, because that's always intrigued me. The this, you know, the way that they would just all have sex at this place and, and take acid and and uh, just I, I love the the psyche of the of the helter skelter thing in general, like what that means and and how they went into that and and uh, you could see that Manson had he done something different in life probably could have been uh, a, a pretty successful individual. 
Um, so that's interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you find that with most serial killers, very very highly intelligent. Yeah. Well, I was watching Evil Genius, which is a new Netflix show. Absolutely amazing, fantastic. I watched all four hours hours of it today. Same concept. This woman is a master manipulator. Amazing. Uh, I was getting mad helter skelter vibes while watching it and making a murderer. Uh, but I gave this film an eight out of ten. Nice. So you had, you had time to watch four hours of this new show, but not the House of Laughing Windows or with Laughing oh, Windows. I, I, I specifically <laughs> said I chose not to watch House of Laughing Windows. And I, re- I, I had watched this in the morning, the four hours, and you know was planning on watching one movie. But I'm busting I your balls. Said, it's fine. This, <laughs> this film had a cameo from, with uh, Uncle Rico from Napoleon. Really? Yeah. In fact, his father directed the film. No shit. Yeah, Rico, Uncle, the guy who plays Uncle Rico, the actor, okay, the, Tom Tom Grease, his father. You're talking right? about Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Yes. What else? Fucking Uncle Rico. No, I Tom, don't know. That movie Tom, sucks. Um, I don't really pay attention to what the characters' names was. John John Grease was the actor's name from Napoleon. His father, Tom Grease, directed this. Why do you keep calling it Napoleon? Call it Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I'll call it what I want. I like, like, every time he was like saying Napoleon, I, I, was, I was thinking... You're like, oh, that's Napoleon over there, my buddy. <laughs> I was thinking the leader. <laughs> I, I was thinking the fucking war Of course the French-Canadian was thinking of Bonaparte. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Napoleon over here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. They are talking about the Antichrist, for Christ's sake, man. The fuck? <laughs> Make him a damn quesadilla. He'll shut up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was my number six. Come on, guys. Do new shit so I don't have to keep entering it. Alright, my number six film was just talked about by Christian. Alice, sweet Alice. Fuck. <laughs> oh, I thought this was one that fell for you, like, off the list. I was expecting that. No, I actually... I found with most of the films that I rewatched, I enjoyed I enjoyed them more. The Did ones you that... say that, that there was ones <laughs> that fell off the list that you initially thought would be on it? Is that you? No, I don't think so. I might have said that, but I'm okay. Lying. <laughs> never mind, never mind. I'll but man, man I'll tell you this: this is so well cast. I I really enjoyed the actress who played Alice. I really thought she did a terrific job, and it was a great casting choice because they put her opposite Brooke Shields, who's this beautiful young girl, and it's really tragic because Alice is just man, you're rooting for her this whole time, and she just can't catch a break. All she wants to do is receive communion, and every time she's about to receive communion, somebody's getting killed, or they skip right over her, <laughs> and it's just heartbreaking, and uh, man, the aunt is such a bitch, the mother is just sort of, kind of, defends everyone else, doesn't really take Alice's side enough, they even put her away in an institution at one point, and the whole mystery of the proto-slasher story is... Man, I'll tell you what, this was my second or third time seeing it, and I was still, I, I knew who the killer was, but I, I can't say I was 100% sure. That's how, that's how much it's like, it had been a, a long time, and I, it's very confusing sometimes to But to is that a good thing? Or not, is that a good thing? Yeah, that's a remember? great thing. That's a great thing. That's the best movie. To me, it seems like it's forgettable. Like, no. like when I watch Fight Club and stuff, I know the ending of that film, but I, I forget that it's happening like that all the time. I have to remind myself. There's there's tons of movies where you know the mystery, you know the reveal, 
but you're you still kind of like think of it differently i think it's a good thing i i usually think it's a good thing hmm yeah i thought it was a good thing i mean again i haven't seen it as many times as like a movie like fight club so it had been a while so i wasn't 100 percent sure but man you just really feel it's an appropriate title because you get this feeling that alice is a menacing character and in the end she really was just a just a normal wrong place at the wrong time exactly and she was kind of like just a normal sweet girl who just wanted a little attention and a little affection oh here's the example that i was looking for the thing i never know who the thing is i always forget (laughs) you know what i mean like who's the thing wins the thing and stuff like that so yes yeah that's i I like that mystery or just in general for the whole movie what's that you mean during the test scene? Oh, yeah, in that just film? during like er, the test scene's a great example through the whole movie, but also the test scene. I, I every time I always forget who the the guy is, who's gonna pop. You know, <laughs> it's. Just, I think that's well done. I, it, but yeah, Alice, sweet Alice. I I didn't think it was gonna make as many lists as it. Yeah, has, it's so. it's shockingly brutal in that ending, man. It's just it's yeah. kind of heartbreaking because at this point she's just. She's broken. Yeah, I like the film. I, I, don't, I don't love it, though. I won't lie. I don't love it either. I I'm, I like it enough. Eight out of ten. Well, clearly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you, Casper. <laughs> <laughs> don't you mean powder? <laughs> powder? That was coming up next. <laughs> uh, so <Mr>. salivated. <laughs> yeah, coming in at number six. What? For myself is... The Italian Giallo, The House of the Laughing Windows. I had a feeling this one would be on your list. Oh, I love this movie. This is such a good... It's just... It, it's good. It's, it's so it's, long. It, I just scared it's a, to watch it. It's a later, it's a later entry. And, and, you know, one of the last great, great Giallos, too. I mean, 76 was kind of, you know, right at the end of the era of the films. Uh, but this one was done properly, man. It's, it's basically about this... Uh, this guy named Stefano, he is um, hired on to restore this painting uh, in this church. And it's pretty mangled up and shit, but it's got like a history and stuff. It was actually painted by this guy that uh, apparently was inspired by his real life work of killing people. And he would paint him and stuff like that. So it's basically about Stefano uh, restoring this um, this picture, but at the same time investigating these murders and trying to figure out and you know get to the bottom of what exactly happened and stuff uh it's a great ride man it's got great music um it's got a great fucking reveal to the film i think it's fantastic oh my god it's so batshit <laughs> it is man the reveal is so awesome it's just it makes me smile every time i see it man i'm just like yeah that's awesome man but over it, it's just a really good f- you, you, you like this one right brandon I did. It's one that, again, one that just missed the list. Probably like a number eleven or twelve. Yeah. All, yeah. Also around an eight for me. I have to say, man, the painting that he is restoring is fucking awesome. That thing is just amazing. <laughs> I love. Now, the correct a- me. It wasn't. It isn't it a painting of Saint Sebastian? Like the same thing from Carrie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The same idea with the knives being stabbed. The, the arrows going through them. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah, were more daggers, though. Yeah, it's definitely daggers in this one. Um, that's true. But yeah. kind of simulating the same thing, I guess. Uh, but I love that. I love the way it is. But I love the way the story unfolds itself because you never really, when you first watch this film, you don't expect it to go where it does. 
And I love that about it. It's absolutely fa- not. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's really, really fantastic. It keeps you guessing the whole way through. You know, it's a giallo. It's really hard to talk about. You don't want to give away specifics because you don't want to ruin anything. They're like the hardest films to review. <laughs> they really <laughs> fucking are. Uh, but I highly, highly recommend it. Like I said, it's a late, late entry into the giallo <clears throat> genre. I mean, this is one of the only, might even be the only good one from 76. Like, there's not really a lot of Italian films even from 76, which is surprising. But um, House of Laughing Windows, check it out. Shameless does have a release of it on DVD. So you can check it out that way. Uh, Th- this great. one... Uh, this one scared me off because I think it was like two hours Hour 50, subtitled yeah. Yeah. and I had re- I had heard somebody say that the ending sucked or something like that. I don't no. know if that's true or not. The ending is the best part of the movie. No, yeah, it, it is long. Su- it is it doesn't long. suck. It, it can be. You might laugh a little. It's so silly and batshit, but uh, yeah, but it's 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 really good. It's definitely worth yeah. checking out. Yeah. All the scares, the horror happens in the last 10 minutes of the movie, yeah. more or less. There's a couple of scenes sprinkled in but this is actually fairly dry i found don't get me wrong i liked it i liked it but it is long and the ending's great mm-hmm. mm. yeah i mean it's it's a very almost typical giallo you know it's that investigative portion of it i mean there's just a lot of shit going on right i mean you have to be lots of characters lots of, exactly very typical italian film lots of characters and where you can never remember their names five minutes after you know, you get introduced yeah. to him. It's it's definitely falls into that line. <laughs> you can never remember their fucking names. Uh, but highly recommend it, man. I mean, you got to watch it just for the end. Really do. Uh, eight and a half out of ten, I believe. I get, No, I give this one nine. Nine out of ten. Wow. Whoa, we're wow. into the nice. nine territory, boys. Yeah. Well, maybe Christian can get out of the seven. <laughs> yeah, you should get out. Uh, you're still in the eights. Yeah, I can, I'm Wait, I'm, I'm still in the eights. Yeah, I'm consistent. Halfway <laughs> mark. Let's take and a break. Me. We'll return after these messages. Come on, you guys. The sun's already up. It's going to be a golden day. Let's eat. Oh, those golden Grahams. Oh, those golden Grahams. Crispy, crunchy Graham cereal family breakfast treat. Oh, those golden Grahams. Oh, those golden Grahams. Golden honey. Just a touch with Grahams. Golden wheat. It's a great tasting part of a complete breakfast. For the whole family. Try those golden grains and have a golden day. I like to take a ride very high in the sky with my three musketeers. I can't get far without my fluffy chocolate bar. Three musketeers. Luscious chocolatey nougat whipped up and out. Mmm. Then covered in real milk chocolate for that light fluffy taste that gives your spirits a lift. No matter what's around, that's where I can be found with my three musketeers. All right, gentlemen, my number five is a movie that you guys have deemed kick off the wor- list worthy, and that is Helter Skelter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We literally hey, just decided the other me. day, so I'm, I'm actually yeah. glad it's showing up on the list because it's so good. Well, True like enough. You guys have private conversations amongst yeah. yourselves on. I don't like, mention it. Don't include and don't include. Because I could have. Yeah, sorry, JP. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I agree. Like, I mean, I could have cut this off and, and put something else in. The one fault of the movie is it is long. I don't know if it's a fault, but it, it's really long. But as you mentioned, it, it clips by really fast. I can't believe it's a TV movie. Um, well acted. It doesn't play out like what you would consider a quote unquote TV film. That's really all I'll add. The performances are great, um, and I, I like it. But yeah, I guess it is more of a crime drama 
thriller as it's listed on uh, IMDb. But it's about a serial killer, so it, I think it. it fits so it, you it, can put fucking Helter Skelter on your fucking list, but question the shit out of the girl who lives down the lane. Yep, I'm just keeping my mouth shut. Like, man, I've, I've been worked. I've been worked up enough on this episode. I Hel- don't need people Helter to get annoyed. I, I would say that Helter Skelter is more of a horror film than Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. I don't think I it love this, JP. All, I agree with you. I don't think it's hard at all. <laughs> and you know, we had a we had a discussion about it, and I think we got to the bottom of it. I mean, it's. It's a fucking. But, but don't you consider drama. serial killer movies usually? It's uh, about a serial it's killer. About it's about a serial, serial killer. killer. Yeah, it's not a serial killer movie. It's just it's the story of that specific. Yeah, but individual. so is Dahmer about a serial killer. Yeah, but know? there's actual horror in those films, though. I mean, they they show things and stuff. This is, it, it's really like it, it's almost like a biopic in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, but that. there are creepy, creepy moments to this movie. Yeah, too. I mean. I guess so. I mean, I just... I, 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 Morther is it, it, just more through the character, I, I believe. is. I, 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 guys, I can see your argument. I mean, I could boot this off and shift everything up and pop another one in the 10th spot. I, but, I could as well. But so, I felt really strongly about this one. I hadn't considered that it wasn't horror really until right before the show when we were talking. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, like that. I didn't realize that. Hmm. I didn't think my uh, little girl down, who lives in the lane argument was going to come back to haunt me either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's why I told Jeremy you can make fun of me later and again as well. <laughs> and you can make fun of me now, Jeremy. I'm okay with it. But no, I, I, I gave this a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. Oh, we've graduated Whoa. from the sevens. <laughs> Give this man a hand. That is awesome. Seven and a half. Wow. Wow, Christian, you're a hard raider, man. Not well. It depends. It's not, if it's Toxic Avenger, ten out of ten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's just weird. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> that's crazy, man. <laughs> it also made my top twenty <laughs> of all time. Of all time. Mo, Mo is just curious. What would you have rated Helter Skelter? I give it a nine out of ten. Okay, I gave it a nine also. Yeah. All right, number five. I have Massacre at Central High. Nice. I knew you liked this film. This I, film. I knew you liked it too. I didn't know you liked it that much. Such a hidden gem. It's like Heather's meets Death Wish meets Animal Farm, and turn it into a kind of a slasher film, and you get this movie. I just think it's so interesting. We watch so many movies, and we don't take we take for granted you know having a wide range of age characters in our films that when we have a film that's all about the teenagers with literally not one adult throughout the entire single run of this film is amazing and when it takes amazing place in the they're not teachers there no, no, like, not and, and one that's the adult crazy shown thing. throughout the entire film. It's all yeah. the narrative about the way that teenagers act in high school, and it's from uh, that perspective completely. What could happen when adults don't intervene in 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 you know beefs between different uh, cliques, and you know it, it it's your basic you know. Uh, Outcast come into a new school doesn't understand the 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 cliques. He has a the friend who's the, the he has a friend who's in the highest you know the the jack clique, and he tries to you know get him in. And these guys are dickheads, and you know they ultimately 
make this guy paralyzed and he he gets pissed off and he goes on a killing spree and he kills them one by one and does he a, kill them all though he, he, <laughs> what about that paragliding death how did he kill him with the paragliding death he cut the correct yeah he yeah. cut the wire yeah so when he was oh, up there the he, gate, I, yeah. that. I was like i was like did this guy just, i feel like this guy just died he just <laughs> he the swimming pool accident. death was fucking brutal, man. Yeah, that's actually pretty original. That, that kind is of actually there's a uh, drug infomercial from way back in the day where this woman is diving off a diving board. And I remember that. There's no water in the pool or something. Wow. And it's like, oh my god. <laughs> and I have to say, Kimberly Beck has one of the nicest racks of 1976 in this movie. Perfect. Holy moly, her tits are nice. There's they're not fucking, a lot of competition. They're nice and just in yeah, any her, her, her era. Are nice. They're, they're really, Elsa. really nice. They're really nice in this movie. What about and, Elsa? Yeah. No? I El- guess so. Elsa's a Nazi. Fuck her. <laughs> not in this one. <laughs> but this is such a this is such an under the radar kind of a film. Um, I know Synapse has been talking about releasing this film now for like six years and they've never, you know, they said they was going to come out a few years ago and then the next year, you know how Synapse is, they announce shit and then they never end up releasing it. But I really do hope this movie gets a release down the line with a, what about uh, a steelbook that's $90. <laughs> whatever. You know, you're going to get a fucking normal release anyway. Yeah. It just needs a release. I mean, the transfer that, that's online that we watched it's, it's it was pretty good. Good. Yeah. good. It's good for this kind of movie that doesn't have a, a, a DVD release. I just hope that it gets a release down the line and more people get the opportunity to see it because it's a really, really fantastic coming of age horror film. And it's just, I really, really like this one quite a bit. So uh, I give this one an eight and a half out of 10. I, I wow. liked it. I just, I didn't think it was overly great, really. Like, I like the you know click thing and stuff like that i thought the deaths were a little weird and just kind of laughable at times um but i ended up coming in at seven on that one yeah, i thought i, I, thought, I, I think it, it was a, a cool underlooked movie though like it, i would gladly buy it yeah and again saw this way back when but i did not i wasn't able to locate it for this so i, I again i didn't count it in my total numbers Mm. Good, good movie. Like I've always, I've always liked it. I don't remember Kimberly Beck getting naked though. Oh, Shots her tits are fantastic. <laughs> tits Final fantastic. girl Trish from Friday Four. Yep, I've met her. Got did her, you did that, you, did you, you word <laughs> what you just said to her? No, because I haven't <laughs> seen the movie at the time. So, <laughs> all right, uh, number five. My number five here is is a film that has been talked about multiple times now. Uh, it is the little girl who lives down the lane. Uh, so, although I agree that I don't think it's really a horror film, has horror you elements. Fucking cocksucker! You threw me out of the bus too. <laughs> I told you you could make fun you of me later. You threw me out of the bus. Fuck you, man! You fucking <laughs> asshole. Yeah, I was really into this movie. What a cocksucker. Oh. I, I watched it after a string of bad movies, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot what good acting was like. Holy shit. Yeah, this is good. No, you know, and, and performance. And the yeah, acting was just amazing. phenomenal. Very dramatic. 
<laughs> it was. <laughs> More musical than horror. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was just very well done uh, front to back. I was interested in, in how... You never go front to back. And <laughs> yeah, it, I I don't know what else to say about it really. I I like the performances. I thought it was good. I, I thought it was super light on the horror, like maybe like a 10 15% horror. Um but I, I did include it on this list. I I'm very open to to what I consider horror as you guys can can tell. Um but yeah. I liked it. I give it an 8 out of 10. Nice. Wow. Fantastical. Alright, my number five film. Who can kill a child? Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Huge fan of this. Like I said, the opening montage is so important to this film because it sets up what is ultimately whether you interpret this film to be supernatural or or just some sort of evolution where the children have evolved in order to fight back against the atrocities of man based on the history of how many children have died in these various wars and conflicts throughout history. And I just think that is so well Cause, done. That was Cause, a great wording. That was a great wording the way you laid that out there. Cause, oh, thank I, you. That's what he does, man. Caused by adults. Thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, I love the our lead characters, Tom and Evelyn. I love the idea that they're expecting their third child. If it was their fir- first child, they wouldn't have had that that whole dynamic of already being parents and and, and understanding the love for children quite yet. So you know, here they are, you know, with this like impossible decision, and yeah, ultimately it, what mm, it leads to. Yeah. And, and at face value, that seen at the beginning you know the the montage could totally be interpreted interpreted as just you know um shock value and it's so nice to see that it isn't um so i i did really like that about it and because i when i was watching this i even texted you guys i was like what the fuck is this you know what i mean i thought the whole movie was gonna i was like what the you know, but because um, it's it's brutal, it's awful, it's awful. That and it goes to different eras and different time periods, and um, there's actually some very famous footage in there, and and shots and pictures and stuff like that 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 uh, are, are famous in history of photography. And yeah, what well, one of them was the uh, what the little girl running, running naked after the 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 Hiroshima yep. and Nagasaki. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one that I was referencing. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, and I felt without that, I felt without that, it could have still been effective, but it might have kind of just turned into like a, a generic killer kid flick with, yeah. without that. You know, it works, it works because it, it puts your mind where it should be. Yeah, right. It, it ultimately yeah. just it forces you to visualize and think about those atrocities and shit, and it's just it's just fucking full force. First ten minutes of the film hits you so damn hard, and to be honest, when you're watching the film, I can't forget about that beginning throughout the whole thing. I keep having I think, almost, like these flashbacks to it, and it's just like everything is developing in the film. It's kind of going back to the beginning, and then when the end happens, it, the ending is perfect. I think the ending is it works so well because that's literally how it would probably go down, right? Yeah. And that and that last line about there being children 
all over the world. Oh, haunting. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like invitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why that footage works. I know we've been talking about it a lot, but ultimately it's it's a document. So real footage and then we're put into the fictional film. Yeah. But because of the setup of the real footage, you, you kind of take it like it has more weight. Yeah, it has more weight, and it's kind of like the beginning of Psycho with the the date, the time. I I, I don't know why I, how I draw a comparison to that, but we're documenting something here. So you're 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 watching this as as a document of, of of something by putting this ten minutes of footage before the movie. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, what's the fall? Like you said, like I hope the whole movie's not like this, uh, like you said, JP. But ultimately, it's a perfect setup. Yeah. For- that- that montage was enough because it it shows the true innocence of children and the horrors inflicted upon them. And then, you know, without that, we would be yelling at our screen at our screens the whole time to Tom and Evelyn being like, why aren't you running over these little fuckers? But you're brought immediately back to these exactly. documented yeah. conflicts throughout history. And you're like, Jesus, these are just children. No matter how psychotic these seem, they're, they're still children, but they've evolved as a result of, of the atrocities of mm. man, great and uh, this of will adults. be my first of adults. Yeah, of adults and, and you know it's, sexist it's bastard or sexist so, pig. Social and political, and it's 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 great. Eight and a half out of ten for me. Eight and a half. Yeah, I'm making the jump. You're making I'm the jump. I'm still, I'm still at the eighth, homie. I'm still at the eighth. All right, so coming in at number five for myself is also who can kill a child. Brandon, nice. did you see my fucking list before we started? Yeah, we've been. Uh, <laughs> did you guys happened. share that too? <laughs> Christ, <laughs> man! All right, so well, I mean, we just talked about who can kill a child. I guess we don't really need to repeat ourselves, but the one thing I always go back to is is uh, the ending of the film. I think it's absolutely amazing. It's so perfect, and it's literally what would go down because. Without giving anything away, they're always going to take that side because children are innocent. Nine out of ten. Awesome. Fantastic. Wow. See, I guess we are going to go faster, as you said. All right. (laughs) Here we are. Number fours. And we've talked about this movie a few times tonight already, too. And that's Burnt Offerings. My rating hasn't changed since we reviewed it on um, Exploding Heads. 7.5 out of ten. Everything we've already talked about. How do you have a number four that's seven point five? It's the year, very man. Very easily, it's the year. It's very top heavy. <laughs> yes. Just because it's a top ten doesn't mean they have to be eight, nine, and tens out of ten. You hope they are. I that's agree, hundred percent. That's why so, I was struggling with this list for so long because my I had sevens in my list forever. <laughs> so, uh, is that okay? No, did I explain myself, Jeremy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. So ultimately, we talked about this, like the the creepy, uh, the creepy, her usher. Oh my God! Now I drew a blank. Jeremy uh, threw me off my game. Ha! Yeah. How does it chauffeur. feel? Chauffeur. The, the yeah, chauffeur. chauffeur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and really, the setup with, like, it is really like that whole thing. The homage that sweet sweet lonely girl played was like a movie exactly like this you got that dream filter effect almost through the whole thing where yeah yeah like i know i thought feet. my dvd was fucked up or something but it's intentional <laughs> that's yeah that's cinematography of the time and there's a few a lot of these movies around that time that kind of took uh took that uh that visual uh aesthetic 
great creepy film. Yes, it's a slow burn. I agree with that. Uh, it, you know, it might be a, a little long, but it works. It works for the movie. And that last that last buildup, you always get a good scare at the end. And this one, it's very tense for those last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Great. Again, awesome. seven and a half out of 10. For an Sweet. Office. All right. At number four, I have 1976's Lipstick. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Glad this to hear it. This film up. is goddamn fucking great. I was into it throughout the entire film. Chris Sarandon is such a fucking scumbag in this movie. <laughs> oh, Holy fucking hell. From the time he enters that apartment until the end of the movie, holy shit. He has to be one of the scummiest, uncomfortable characters I've watched in a movie in a long time. He just has that that scumbag, piece of shit kind of attitude to the way he plays his character. And the fact that the ending plays out like the way it does, I, I feel like the ending is, is, is probably the weakest part of the film, to be completely honest. The way that it plays out, not the fact that he rapes his sister, but the fact what happens after that. I feel it's a little, you know, it, it just kind of ends and it really doesn't go anywhere. And it's kind of a little bit far-fetched in my opinion, but I feel like everything up until that point is extremely, extremely strong and extremely engaging and and really, really, really well-played by the entire cast in this one. Uh, even the the uh, lawyer, who, uh, there's a scene between uh, our two sisters and the lawyer, and, you know, she's being really hard towards uh, our main lead who just got, you know, sexually assaulted by Chris Sarandon's character. And this is a really uncomfortable and, and amazing scene that, even though Chris Sarandon has nothing to do with it, it still carries that same uh, level of, of darkness to it that the the scene that happens right before this takes place. It's just a really fantastic movie, a uh, movie that I actually hadn't, you know, never even heard of until JP told me that I should probably check it out, and it's damn good. I wish it would get a Blu-ray release, but I gave this one an 8.5 as well. Lipstick is a fucking awesome rape revenge film even though it's not really a rape revenge film but it's a fucking awesome awesome movie it's it's Check heavier it on the rape later on yeah. the revenge <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's just more about the commentary about uh you know the women shaming. it's yeah, more, women, more of just a rape women, film yeah yeah women not having a say and and you know rapists getting off easy in society which they still probably mostly still get off easily in society today which is kind of crazy, you know. This movie's forty-two years old, and that shit still goes down. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but this movie is—it's it's really good. So check out Lipstick. Highly, highly recommended. Yeah, if you've never seen it, definitely give it a watch. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. <clears throat> All right, uh, coming in at number four. This is probably going to be a surprise to most, but um, like I said at the top of the show, this one got me this time and and it's uh 1976's eaten alive uh the toby <laughs> hooper film wow. or tobe if you're christian's wow. friend um <laughs> tobe <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a long story <laughs> <clears throat> sorry um from another show <laughs> but 
Uh, yeah, this one to me, it's something just clicked with it this time. The the set because it is a set for some reason just has like a great atmosphere. I love the atmosphere that they created with the set design, uh, being filmed on like a soundstage. Uh, I, I I love the Buck character. He's he's just Robert England. It's just such a different character for him to play. I, I love that. Um, the uh, Nev, uh, what's his name? Nev Brand, uh, Neville Brand uh, as Judd is just so crazy. I never appreciated that performance uh, like I did this time watching it. Uh, he's very much, you know has his own sexual frustrations but he's lashing out at the world for their uh you know pervertness uh and uh their depravity and and things like that and you have this just the way he when the camera's on him alone by himself and he's just rambling it it reminds me a lot of uh the cook from from chainsaw in, in certain scenes like that speaking of chainsaw we got marilyn burns in here um <clears throat> as well as i think the little girl was the little girl on halloween if i'm not mistaken or she's in one of the halloweens i can't remember um but yeah this was uh this is definitely one of toby hooper's better films and i think if you watch this film and, and rewatch it and really study it has great dialogue it has a great character um very norman bates ish with the hotel and the the biggest downfall is the way the croc looks it's it's very bad it's looks you know kind of rubbery and and foamy um but yeah i I just i was totally into this one this time and i give it an eight out of ten nice man wow nice all right number four god told me to pick a different movie (laughs) what what did he tell you to do give a better review than i did is that the same God? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we've, we've been talking about this one all night, but, I mean, the strength of this film, for me, is is Tony Lobianco's performance. I, I like... Hmm. Um, it's disturbing at, at the beginning. It does go a little... What, Phil? Yeah, but, I mean, it goes where a horror film might go and I, I don't mind that because I like ultimately the story that it presents with with Detective Nicholas and and Richard which is how they're uh they're connected but but they're that showdown and and the revelation of of uh Detective Nicholas's you know him learning the truth of of who he is to his first wife that like almost destroys him and how he fights back in the end and I just love how it comes full circle and then that last scene it's just great I give this one an eight and a half out of ten I really I really want to talk more and go into spoilers with this one but you know yeah. <laughs> you we're, we're being spoiler free here so but yeah. the performances are terrific it does you know if you're not on board when it when it starts to shift to what it becomes, then you're you're probably not going to love it. But uh, it's didn't worth hurt checking the film out. It didn't it's hurt worth the... checking out one way or the other. Sorry, Brad. Without yeah. a doubt, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And uh, Richard Lynch is in it. Eight <laughs> and a half out of ten. Richard fucking Lynch. Yes. Okay. In at number four, the little girl who lives down the lane. 
<laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I man. I from uh, this, this movie. I just get sucked right the fuck in in the story, man, because it's just so it's so well, sucked right the fuck in. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's it's very compelling. Crazier. It's a it's a cool idea. I like this how everyone's super curious about this girl that lives in this house, and you know she's always got an excuse to why her father isn't there and stuff. But it's the character development, the strength, the the biggest strength in this film though is is the fucking acting, man. The acting is amazing. Jodie Foster knocks it out the park. Like, like I said, man, she should have won a damn Oscar for her performance in this. She's playing a 13-year-old, like a real age, basically, going on 20. And she pulls it off so well. I love the mystery of what's going on. I'm questioning everything that's happening in the film. There's a really, really kind of bizarre love story that happens, which, if I, if my memory serves me correctly, they do they ever disclose how old um, the boy is in the film? Because she's 13, and he appear, and he's obviously old enough to drive, so I'm assuming he's. 16, I think he's 17. supposed to be 16. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. I'm I'm not sure if they ever said it. I can't remember, but I, I would have said that he was like 16. Is it just me, or does that seem like completely inappropriate? Yes, very inappropriate. <laughs> like a 13 year old and a 16 year old are in two separate parts of their lives, right? Like yeah. she's still like a baby, and he's like driving, and you know he's fucking. But I mean, and I guess, he's he's need that pussy, man. Yeah, but I, I just. The mystery man. Fourteen uh, and seventeen is fine. Fourteen and seventeen, <laughs> but even that just—I don't know. There's something about it. It's so close in age, but it's so far apart in the world. I uh, always divide my age by two and then minus five, and that's my ideal age. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ! <laughs> uh, <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> you say crazier uh, shit than I do sometimes, man. Wait, that's that's thirteen and a half. <laughs> that's why I love this fucking. Movie. That's your. <laughs> 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 uh yeah man but i i love the the subtleties in the film where she's she's like such an older person right because she's kind of forced to be like that and well not get not really forced i guess but that's just who she is but with the uh the playing the classical music and things like that i love that because of what it stands for and where this thing's going and shit with it and i, I love those things man i think it's shot brilliantly i love the locations um yeah it's just it's very it's a very haunting film to me for some reason. I don't know what it is. I can 100% completely uh am stating it's a horror film. It's definitely there. Um I know Christian totally 100% disagrees with me. <laughs> but I think there's enough elements of what we consider to be horror in that film. The it's so interesting because you have a film that you consider, you know, 100% not horror that Christian had on his list and Christian has a film that he considers a hundred percent not horror that's on your list. I know it's very, it's interesting. They're I'm both not. on my list. Yep. And I consider <laughs> them both not horror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so confusing. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I just, I think it's a fantastic film. If you've never seen it before. Give it a shot. It's worth your time. Your admission fee, uh, nine out of 10. Fantastic film. Nice. Nice. All right. Top three. Here we go. My number three, we just talked about as well, and that's Eaten Alive. Nice. Wow. The Tobester. Awesome. The Tobester. <laughs> I got to tell you this. I saw this way back when, and I was trying to find something. I, I, I put it on put it on YouTube because I'm like, that's the version I'm going to have to watch. And it was muddy and disgusting to look at. I'm you like, what the review. fuck am I doing? And I realized it was on Shudder. 
thank God I only got like five minutes in and just said, oh, let shit. me check Shutter. That's why you and, always check around. Yeah, and Ooh. so then I, I think and I, so it was on Shutter. Beautiful version. Probably the same as the arrow transfer. Yeah. yeah. And so right out of the gate, first off, I don't think you mentioned it. So Robert England's in this as well. And his line is, my name is Buck and I'd like to fuck. Tarantino. Something line. like that. Exactly. Right. So it was a total Tarantino ripped that off completely. Like, uh, I don't know if it was else. an homage or. <laughs> yeah, it, was, oh, a total it definitely ripoff. was. Yeah. He knows that character. So. Uh, great. And when I, when I saw that again, I honestly, because again, it was been so long, totally forgot that line was in there. So mm-hmm. I got an instant hard on right away and thought that was hilarious. Uh, Did you say the, my name is Christian and I like the fuck? Yeah, it never works the same way. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually done before I finish the sentence. The, <laughs> the reality is the colors in this movie are, I just love what he did with it. You're looking like you're following like an estranged member of the Sawyer family and that he runs exists at this hotel. Yeah. And that's it. Fit in with the Sawyer family. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very simple premise yet. It's effective. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like it. I like the fact that they use that wacky sort of soundtrack that they, Mm -hmm. it kind of did like for a lot of Texas Chainsaw as well. So it works. It it works. And I, I came in at an eight out of 10. Awesome. Yeah. All right. My number three is The Omen. The first time we've talked about this Whoa. film, The Omen, my number three. I haven't seen this film in about a decade or so, so it's been quite a while since I've seen it. So I was looking forward to revisiting this one. Man, Gregory Peck, while he seems like, you know, he's he's the character we're supposed to root for, but he's a fucking bastard and the fact that he has to the fact that he holds his secret from his wife about the with about Damien just makes him a piece of shit right off the bat and i know he's supposed to be a character who you know he, he's supposed to be someone that we connect with as the audience and who we follow throughout the entire film but right off the bat in my opinion i just think he's a fucking dirtbag that you know and that ultimately makes you know lying actually it turns his line to mass havoc and and destruction of his family and everything around him it's it's not the it's not the fact that damien's you know the antichrist it's the fact that (laughs) his lie has caused this shit to happen to him and everybody else around him this is a really it's a really interesting character story and character development piece in that sense i mean it's fine damien is it's he's there and you know i really think the film's more about gregory pex's descend into complete and utter um destruction especially towards the end of the film um but and and less about damien this film's it's such a polished movie it's clearly a a a bigger studio film and it's definitely one of the more polished probably the most polished film to come out in 1976 uh it, it you know richard donner directed it and everything along the line of that sense screams a big Hollywood budget film, which at the time, you know, 1976 really didn't have that many mainstream horror films. I mean, sure, we, we, we've talked about a bunch of movies, but besides Carrie, The Omen, and maybe Tenet, there wasn't really that many other... Burnt offerings. Yeah? <laughs> if you paid attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jerry. That's all right. 
I mean, there really wasn't that many mainstream, big-budget Hollywood horror films coming out. So to have a film like this to bring the genre back into the mainstream light and the fact that it's a really solid movie, I think really helps as, as, as you know time goes on as we get into 77 and especially 78, which is such a prominent year in the horror genre as a whole with Halloween coming. So it, it's good to have a, a, a really great film like this. So I give this one a 9, and a ten, nine out of 10. It's a, it's a really great film, and I'm, I'm, I was happy to revisit it. Nice. Well, I lost your, I lost your movie. Oh yeah! Oh, first one out, uh, <laughs> listeners. We did predictions like we did last time. Uh, everybody's number one, so um, I lost. One. I lost moods, but I still have uh, still have everyone else. So far. I actually I lost on Jer- I lost on Jeremy. I had the omen. I so am I still one hundred percent in this. <laughs> Me too. I think I have Jeremy's. Okay, so uh, coming in at number three for me. That's it. No discussion about the omen. Coming okay. in at number three for me is Fuck the you. Omen. Oh, okay. It's what? <laughs> the Omen. Yeah, it's, it's the Omen. Uh, yeah. So I watched the Omen. This was the first film I watched in prep, nineteen seventy-six, way back in like probably over a year ago at this point. Yeah, that uh, was a smart idea. Watch, watch one of the best films right well, off the bat. Oh, it was a Patreon review. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you needed to see this one. Yeah, so W Doubles gave it to me as a Patreon review. I covered it early on. I, I reviewed it. Um, but I did re-watch it for this show, you know, like two, two weeks ago, I guess, um, when we were supposed to record, the day of we were supposed to record and uh, I liked it even more. I, I was like, okay, this is... I, I got really into it. Jeremy brings up a great point with the fact that it's super polished and probably the most polished film. Because it is. And yeah. and th- when you compare this to... You know, every year you have your, your top films and your bottom films. But if you take a, a year like, you know, 2002 or something like that, y- you can go way down and still have a semi-polished film. In 76... You just go like a little bit down and it's it's, you know, a complete difference. Uh, so the, I really appreciated that in terms of just this year that we're covering here. And uh, the Omen just has a great story at the end of the day. It's it's not about Damien, really. It's it's about, you know, stopping what's about to happen and, and the mystery of it, which I, I love. And I actually really love the mythology in this film. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, when, once it's revealed, like it, it's fucking scary actually you know and uh i know that oh that graveyard scene's fucking oh, yeah, graveyard. so scary set pieces yeah. set pieces. fantastic scene mm-hmm. yeah. I-, I love the damien it's all for you thing with the nanny and and the other oh, nanny that yeah. comes in and it's just it's just so and and it's so different too because it's really unrelatable in a way like you can't you, like I don't live this lifestyle. These people are fancy as fuck. Like I don't know what he is. Like a he's like some kind of government guy or something like that. He's an and, ambassador. An ambassador. And and you can't really relate in that aspect, but you can relate in so many other aspects that you feel what's going on in there. It, it's really interesting because it, it's so far different from like my family and and my lifestyle with with this. It's so proper and just everything's 
you know, they're, they're rich and, and just the way that they, they act and stuff like that is so different. But um, it, it's it's a really good movie. I can see why people, why it's considered one of the greatest horror films ever made. Uh, I can see why it's always on lists and things like that. And 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 with a second watch, I, I liked it more than I had previously. You know, so I, I feel like even with more watches, uh, and it, and it, honestly, for being a long movie, doesn't feel that long. No, it, it, really it moves. Doesn't. It has good pacing. Yeah, it, it has great pacing. I love how the mysteries <laughs> unraveling. There's a little bit of Final Destination with the pictures in there that I like. <laughs> I like stuff like that. It's creepy. Um, but yeah, Omen, 9 out of 10. Awesome flick. Yeah. yeah All right, I'll just jump right in. My number three is also the Omen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everything you guys are saying, my my big issue with the film it's and I could, o- I, I could almost <laughs> I could almost justify it and 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 fix it myself is that it takes Gregory Peck's character far too long to seem to jump on board with with what he should already know when he's approached by the priest when he's pr- approached by the photographer you know he, he's almost like reluctant to believe that there's truth to the idea that that his adopted son is the antichrist when there's like overwhelming evidence right in his face you know i, I almost yeah wish. He's, he's in denial man but he's in denial I, I think he knows it but he's he's in denial he doesn't want to accept it because of what he has done right like because how he's lied to his wife that's why Jer- i think it's like go ahead really, I, think it's picture. Made, I, th- I think jeremy made an interesting point though talking about him being a piece of shit because the only way i justify it and i've been thinking about this is the fact that he's an ambassador and, and they make reference that, you know, he's he's probably a future president of the United States. He's also trying to avoid any sort of scandal or anything. So yeah, he just assumes he's no, just, he just makes this lie to his wife, the one person you shouldn't lie to about one of the most important things. But, but, but is not that's true kid. that he'd lied to save her grief? He I did. He that, did. But, and but then he makes seems like everything's fine and dandy and nothing's wrong and everything's yeah, perfect. To, yeah, but doesn't she have the right to know that her baby was dead? dead? Well, yes, you right? have the right to, but can you really, you know, at the end of the day, he's blame just, him for he's, taking a shot? It, 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 yeah, you know, not there. There's a right and wrong way to do this, but I think I think at the end of the day, it's it's about him being super selfish and protecting his identity because yeah. of who he might become one day. Hence. Uh, president of the United States or something like that, like someone even bigger. So he needs to protect everything that's going on there. He doesn't need someone he, bigger. How he can't have any type of scandals. I never saw it as him being a prick. I but you guys Man, brought, I'm bring up you. interesting. You get you do bring up something interesting. I looked at it like I always he loves his like wife that. so much that he he's presented this bizarre situation and scenario, and he's like, this will make her happy yeah knowing that the baby died would be devastating to her and she's had had abortions before but you guys bring up a good point and now i'm like i don't think some just because somebody wants to protect their image and and what's going on with them doesn't necessarily make them a bad person it, it, when that's his line of business, that's it makes his... it makes him selfish. It, it, I mean, the way you interpreted that—if that's well, a bad thing or a good thing—is he selfish in the end, though? You know what I mean? Like, clearly, he, uh, you know, it, you, he, of course, he's trying to hold on to that. But there's a certain point where you let it go, and I feel like the character does. 
I didn't think that him not telling the wife was was where he was being selfish. I did, like I said, I, I said abortion, but I made a mis- I meant to say miscarriage. He'd had miscarriages before the death of this baby was going to destroy her. So he he did that out of love. I never questioned that. But as it goes on, I think his reluctance to sort of to sort of engage these theories that really are kind of staring him in the face is due to the fact that he might be sort of but protecting is, his own image. He's and protecting the scandal. He's okay. protecting the fact that the scandal might might get out. You know, so yeah. essentially it's all about him, right? And it's about not hurting his wife as well because she will be devastated. Yeah, of but course. He, but but the the the, the ultimate like turning point for me with with his character is when he's even warned that his wife that lee remick who does a fantastic job also and she's gonna die is, still goes. Is, is pregnant and that damien will not allow this baby to be born and he's still sort of it's just yeah. it's like he's dragging his feet it's like get a fucking <laughs> move on it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it, it's still you know a, a classic film, great performance, everything about the movie is great. It, like you said, it's so well polished, well made, well acted, mm-hmm. soundtrack, all that. And uh, you know, I'm actually going to come up a little bit on this. I'm, I was at an eight and a half, but I'm going to give. I thought it a nine about doing it as well, man. I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming up to a nine just because I can almost justify the few issues I have. I mean, his character angers me. It's like kill the fucking bastard already. <laughs> but I get yeah, it. Yeah. But I get. It. I, I get it. It's you know, it's his child. He's raised him for six years. It's his son, and yeah. you, you wouldn't want to believe something like that. Yeah, that was that was my first nine. I, I skipped eight point five and went right to nine. Yeah, so it was all eights up until that point. And that was gonna be an eight and a half, but I'm gonna just jump to a nine. Never fucking seen an eight point five. Um, okay. But <laughs> okay, uh, coming in at number three is the Omen. <laughs> fuck <laughs> no shit um yeah i mean we've pretty much dissected it oh man i got brandon i got brandon's wrong i picked he i thought he was gonna pick the omen um this is something oh that me, fuck me, I, I got moods is wrong i thought he was gonna pick the omen <laughs> i do have a, i do have a question me and brandon uh i brought this point up to brandon uh a few weeks ago i believe uh involving the nanny the yes scene, the scene with the nanny now Explain this to me. What? Why does she say this one? This is for you, Damien, um, and hang herself. Is it because he is con- like? I mean, okay. So if Damien is the Antichrist and he can, can basically kind of control people, uh, make him do things. I don't um, think he's to the state in life in mat- maturity yet to control people. Okay, I so, think he okay. just has an effect, an aura on people. Okay, okay. So, but why would she? I mean, okay, so if he is resonating that type of abilities and shit like that, um, in a sense, he's kind of doing it. Then why would she, why would he, why would she end up saying that though? Yeah, maybe because it leads. This is all for you, my death, so that the nanny that will protect you can be hired. Couldn't she have just quit the catalyst? Well, well no, I think that, <laughs> I think that it's to hey, show, I can quit. It, it's it's all to start that. awakening the things. The, the the antichrist that he will become you know so, it's the so she knew so this so you're saying that this nanny actually knew before everybody else that he was the antichrist so no he, i don't think she knew at all i think she was being controlled i thought i it's like an controlled. see i always took it as it doesn't necessarily mean she's being being controlled by damien it's the devil man it's fucking yeah. okay. it's fucking evil dude the evil. evil's control 
I just can't. I, I can't imagine. Even though the the line is so iconic, she's, I she's can't, not I, in. That's not her. She's not the one saying it. It's being forced out of her through with the evil. The yeah, evil is forcing it, it out. There's some sort of evil presence, well, whether that, or not that, it's that's Damien what I'm saying. Or... Like she is being controlled into doing that. But I just the line. I mean, if she is being forced, like why does that need to be said? Because it it, 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 it it's gonna awaken. Because if somebody just kills themselves, that doesn't the Damien character doesn't know that it's for him. It's it's not it's not that like there's nothing. Somebody could just kill themselves and it doesn't have any. See, I evil always effect. thought that I always thought that he knew though because of the way he looks and the way he just it, 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 that scene in particular, the way he's looking and it, it, you can see it on his face. It's almost like, ha ha, gotcha. Yeah, kind of thing, right? to me like, it looks like he's like, haha, interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I almost, <laughs> I almost expected Dave Chappelle to pop out and be like, "Bitch, you're blowing our cover. <laughs> Keep it down." <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've, I've always questioned that scene a little bit. It's, it's always... just fucking evil, dog. Yeah, that I... don't question it. It's evil. I know, but I mean, not to know, mention the evil dog. Yeah, yeah, dog. Plus, plus evil, <laughs> evil dog. Yeah, yeah. Um. It's like, pet. is Damien controlling the dog? I don't think so. The dog's the devil, bro. No, the dog is the devil. Oh. Yeah. Dumbass. So he's not controlling. Yeah. The dog. <laughs> well, I mean, even I, the even I figured the, that the out. The woman could be the devil. Like, Why I mean, didn't the you pay devil attention, is not bro? just... The devil is everywhere. It's in all... I guess you weren't paying <laughs> attention. JP, you would enjoy the omen a lot more if you paid attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Pay attention. Bro. Oh Watch it three times next time. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene in the Omen is by far the, uh, the class scene. It, no, is the uh, is the cemetery scene. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? I just I I the glass love scene. love that scene. I love the way it's shot, man. I love the angles that are used and stuff that just creates this kind of dark, thick atmosphere. I love it, man. Really, really good stuff. Um, it's a good film. It's a really good film. I mean, there's not really a whole lot more to say about it, <laughs> or maybe there yeah. is. Man, Gregory Peck does get the photographer killed, though, because he throws a hissy fit and throws the daggers away. Just hang on to the fucking daggers. Exactly. You have to throw them in a exactly. big pile near it, the construction. Exactly. Asshole. <laughs> that was a turning point, though, for him to finally believe. Yeah. It only took Which, 100 yeah. minutes. And, and, you know, and that's the other minor complaint I have with the Omen. Like, it's, it feels a little bit long at times. Like there's some certain scenes I feel like go on a little bit too long, and it kind of drags it out in a little bit in in the middle a little bit, and that those are like my only gripes. I always feel like it it's longer than it actually is. Because how, how I'm long... interested in seeing the sequels now. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never. Seen oh, I guess them. the omen. I guess it runs you know close to two hours anyways. But yeah, you know. Yeah. It feels like that. It definitely does. I think the Blu-ray sets like eight bucks and. Best Buy. Jim. I hear that Blu-ray. So I have the the. Oh my god, DVD dude! That comes with, uh, it's the not other bad. Film. Just don't apply any fingertip pressure to it, otherwise you'll crush it. The Omen Two is great. It's fucking. Awesome. It's DVD sized for one thing. The Blu-ray set and the way the That's discs are housed weird. in that there. That's weird. Yeah. I can't. Deal yeah, with that. and the discs are housed on these little foam things. And the the actual packaging is flimsy as shit. It's like tissue paper. It's fucked. Yeah, like Brandon said, this. don't apply any <laughs> finger pressure or you will destroy it. It's, it's <laughs> and and it doesn't come with the the TV film either. So um, yeah, I have the DVD set. But the but the you know the 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 good thing about it is really cheap. And I yeah. will say the transfer, motherfucking, it's really. Good. I mean, it's worth it. Worth it to have the transfers for sure. But yeah. you know, I'm happy to still 
hold on to that DVD set. <laughs> oh yeah, my other my other gripe with that stupid ass set. These assholes, these ignorant assholes who put this fucking set together, had Box. the audacity the audacity to fucking put the goddamn <laughs> remake, four. the remake. <laughs> In the first disc, so when you, when, so when you open it up, you pop, and it, it just says the omen, like it doesn't yeah. say, right? So I popped the shit, and I was like, "Oh, it's a fucking remake." I did it too. We all did it. Like, oh, I can't wait to watch the omen. Do, do you think it was just somebody it? at Fox who was like, "I'm gonna get these dickheads"? I think so, man. But it, like Brandon said, I think everyone has done it. So man, that, film, that, awesome. that film had fucking awesome marketing. That's the only good thing about that movie. Uh, the 2006 one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. 6 6 Everybody, I, you know, shit, that was forever ago now, but uh-huh. I was in high school and everybody was just like into it. I always Nobody wondered was... how long they had the idea to do that for. What, release it on 6 6 of 06? Like, that someone thought of the idea like 10 years prior and like, okay, we got 10 years to do this shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, I always wondered that. But yeah. That's... First, we got to wait till remakes get hot. That's then, an amazing <laughs> marketing ploy, though. Like, amazing. It was. Like, yeah, it, was. it really is. I remember hearing, like, rumors that, like, children being born on that day were, like, biting doctors and shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was, like, <laughs> biting doctors? Yeah, biting doctors. <laughs> I don't remember hearing one single story like that. But that I didn't is know babies that I'm a lot younger than you. No, I know. That's awesome. I wish I was in high school then just to hear those stories of babies biting doctors. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, but anyways, 9 out of 10. I give the Omen a 9 out of 10. Awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what your number twos are, guys, because my number two is the Omen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Back to so, back to back to back. Yeah. So, again, uh, the only thing I'll add to this uh, are a couple of points here. And you guys help me out because... You know, I, I figure I've watched this enough. I should have known this, but oh, you weren't paying attention the... either. Jesus Christ! Well, no. Hear, hear me out first. Hear me out. <laughs> you only watched you... twenty films, bro. You could at least pay attention to this. Let <laughs> <laughs> no. me twenty films for your show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a... I've watched many more. And you still had a year, and you're on this show. <laughs> it is so. true, dude. We all had like over like <laughs> that, that, we yeah, That's true. This I, was yeah. the <laughs> longest prep we definitely had for one of these top tens for sure. Okay, so the the baby was born, but wasn't one of the one of, wasn't one of the things that was said later in the film and, and sort of the reveal that he was supposed to be born, uh, like from a political figure. This was he wasn't born into it. It just happened to be they set up this whole plan, this master plan to get him mm-hmm. raised by a political figure. So I don't know if that's the same thing born or if that's into- kind of. A- Born by, I don't born know. by. I thought, like, well, I mean, I think, like, born into a position of power. So it was manipulated to put him into that position of power where he could grow up and achieve. I don't think they had to be physical and you know literally be born. I think it just had to be born as it yeah. raised, raised through the political okay, that's power. Fine. Yeah. And then he never saw the damn birthmark before. Like that kid, I know maybe had. Oh, that's the biggest. <laughs> the biggest. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I always thought of that shit too, man. Because I mean, there was a time no when he had no fucking seen. hair, right? No, he well, was born with a full that. head of hair. Yeah. He was, he was, he born was with a, a dog. Never never got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but otherwise, everything, I'll, I'll repeat, like you guys said it best. And Who would be fucked if he was the Antichrist? This is where cinema comes <laughs> into play. There's that scene at the in the hospital at the end with the wife. And where the music clicks in and she's not too sure who's coming in to see her. She's putting her shirt on. 
turns around it's the reveal of the person that's there and how you play with timing because it's all everything stays like a f- couple seconds longer but it's scary as shit with that music and the fates of the two leads in a Hollywood picture is something that you would never typically see so for all those reasons that you guys mentioned all the other good stuff I'll just add that and it's a 9 out of 10 yeah 9 out of 10 Bald baby though that might make me drop it. I know that. <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> he does bring her over to say. I, I, you, you really didn't think of that. Come on. I, I never thought of that. Watched it would <laughs> consider that. All right, number two, I have Stephen King's Carrie as my number two. Yes, I got Jeremy's number one. I did too. Now, sweet. I think the one thing that Carrie has, it's such an important film in horror history, in in horror criticism, that is. Um, You know, up until this point, there wasn't really such a a film about a strong, strong, strong female character like this film. I'm not talking about Carrie, because... You don't think Carrie's a strong female character, bro? Sure, she fucking gets knocked strong down. In, she come. She's not she, strong at all. She just has telekinetic powers. <laughs> she's she's actually quite weak. She's actually cheating. She with starts that, quite weak, but then she fucking says "fuck you," and she doesn't. She's and, not and weak she at the end. She still is weak at the end. She's still weak by the end. You saw her as a she as just a killed- strong character. That's so fucking yeah. weird. <laughs> but she's the victim. Like she's totally getting bullet she's not strong at all she just happens to have these telekinetic powers she where she can rebel with it doesn't mean she's still not a weak person it just means that she got revenge. yeah she has something they don't have and that's telekinetic powers can't fuck with that man don't make her strong <laughs> can't fuck with that <laughs> can't fuck with that man yeah or sure. else you're fucking end up in a g- fucking burning ass gym dying to death yeah, dying to death dying to death <laughs> mark that down <laughs> dying to death Get that tattooed right now. Dying to death. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> dying <laughs> to death. That's a bumper sticker. <laughs> dying? Did you say dying or dying? Like dying. I, I dying. dying. I had first I thought you said myself to death at the, the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, dying to death. Also, <laughs> probably has one of the best beginning and and ending scenes in horror history. The beginning is such a a a interesting take on bullying and then at the end it's it's it became such a cultural phenomenon that ending and hearing the, stories what the jump scare you're, you're yeah referencing? yeah yeah you hear people still talking about it today of people who saw it in the theaters back in the day and how scared to shit people were when that happened i really don't think you see films that have such two iconic things in the opening one in the opening and one at the ending so i have to give the film that <clears throat> i wasn't always a like the biggest die hardest fan of carrie um it, it, it was never my favorite film growing up but as i as i got older and i started watching it more and more i started to appreciate you know what the film did you know for the genre it's such an important film and that's clearly why it was in our top 10 when we made our list in both the top 50 most influential horror films of the last 50 years and the top 100 greatest horror films of the ever of all time. Of, of all time 
it was on both of those lists in the top 10 for many reasons. I don't think it's a perfect film. <clears throat> I never thought as it as a perfect film, but that's not either. why people talk about it. They talk about it because it, it's a important film for the genre. And, you know, the movie was basically made for no money. And the fact that it still is talked about today, I think, stands um, as to why this film is my number two on the list. So I give this one a nine out of ten as well. All right. Uh, my number two is a film that was a first-time watch for me. Damn it, I said this was your number one. God damn it. Really? <laughs> I and, thought you were uh, like Assault on Precinct 13 more than Carrie. I guess not. Um, <laughs> it's not, I know it's not Assault on Precinct 13 now that you're laughing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this film here... Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. 1976, Roman Polanski, The Tenet. God damn it! It was oh. so good, man. I, I love this. Amazing, movie. such it, an it, underrated awesome. masterpiece. It yeah, it did. I love this one. I like this one a lot. I don't love it as much as Rosemary's Baby, um, and it might be because Rosemary's Baby appeals to me more in, in terms of horror. Uh, and and punch at the end, but uh, this film gave me a lot of the same feelings that I got with Rosemary Rosemary's Baby. Polanski just has this way of making making you feel uncomfortable. I told uh, you, man. You I did, told you when I was watching it that you especially if you're a young girl. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair point. But yeah, so there's a scene, and I just I don't know why this stuck with me. But there's a scene early on where he's getting shown the apartment and the person is fiddling with the lock and he's behind the person. This person never sees him. And he's like reaching above, like, like notioning to like maybe like do it for her, like help her. And it's like awkward. And for some reason, that scene just stuck with me right away. And I was like, okay, this guy's like got quirks about him. Like, like something's off with him. Like he's he made this real awkward thing just happen out of nowhere. And I, and I wonder why that was done because I know P- Polanski is, you know, so, um, you know, uh, what's he's the like word? Kubrick. He's, he's yeah, meticulous. Yeah. And, uh, pre- he shows everything for a reason. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And, uh, I, I was just wondering like what that is. Like, well, I knew that- something was, it was iffy with him the moment that he went to see his, old tenant in the hospital oh, like, that's yeah. such a weird thing that's like not, do nobody that. will should you do would that. never met that person before in your life and you're gonna yeah. go see the person and, and he fakes it. he fakes that he knows yeah. her yeah and it's weird and it's a weirdo thing to do yeah. um but it fits the character so well especially when we see how things i don't go think it's out. that weird of a thing because i think it's because he's feeling this weird connection right i think that's why he goes to see her mm-hmm well, I so mean, he's it, just, it's he's weird trying, to he's do trying to squash to, a curiosity, just, right? He's trying to put. I think, something I in think there. it's, I think it's multiple things. Like, yeah. I think it's one to just see if he has a chance to get this apartment, like how bad she is. Yeah. I think that it's, you know, the the morbid curiosity drives him there. Mm-hmm. I think that it's also him wanting to feel important and feel like he's part of something. Yeah. Uh, it's many many reasons and that's why this film is so good is because there are many layers to peel back there are very different ways you can interpret things uh throughout the entire film all the way up until the end um i love the just weirdo 
thing where he he finds the tooth in the wall. You know that that's just such a bizarre thing to throw in there. That it's never really it, talked about. I mean, it's talked about one other time, but it's not really brought up again after that one scene towards the end of the film. But, it's just yeah, it's just it's thrown in there. Important talking point. Yeah. and and, and mm-hmm. different thing. It could mean nothing. It can mean everything. Yeah, that's, that's what's the so one cool. I was going to ask you guys about the it has about the tooth in the wall scene because I I don't know how to interpret it. And again, I only saw it once. Polanski yeah, wouldn't put that shit in there without significance, man. There, there's something there. Well, regard when I say it, it can mean nothing. It can mean everything. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that it wasn't intentional for it to be in there because it clearly is. I'm saying that in terms of the story, it could mean everything. Or it could mean absolutely yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, def- there's definitely a metaphor there. It's Something's going on with that. Well, that's that's beyond the film, though. A metaphor is beyond the film. I'm talking about pure story. Mm-hmm. Pure reasoning why or why it's not there. It could be nothing. It could be witchcraft. It could, You know what I mean? It could be... It, I, I just love it. it. It's so good. I, I, I really, truly love this movie. I actually bumped my rating uh, during this show... Uh, the more that I was thinking about it after hearing uh, some comments on it, uh, and I, I bumped it up to a nine point five out of ten. Nice. You know what? You know what I was thinking with with the tooth thing, and um, I don't know if this holds any merit. Again, only seen it once. Do need to rewatch it, but maybe it it was an idea of throwing in that that idea that maybe uh, Simone, the original tenant, wasn't killed, wasn't uh, didn't commit suicide, but was in fact killed. Mm. You mean somebody threw her out? Maybe somebody smashed her head into the wall and a tooth came out and then mm. threw her out the window. Mm. I mean, just, I mean, again, I got, this is the I, movie I feel that like I'm the, for. the tooth is deliberately placed in there, not as a... Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're right. I don't know. I don't think it holds much merit, but it's just a thought. And mm-hmm. I, I'm glad I... Film I school film them. right here, folks. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like Polanski, you yeah. know, Polanski. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Man, such such a tarnished career, uh, just such an amazing filmmaker that just decided. Still makes films, bro. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> he still does. It's very controversial, you know. Polanski in general, just very controversial. When yeah, he just doesn't make him in America anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, can't, clearly can't come back. It's crazy. It's crazy that he hasn't been. You know extradited yeah it's just it, it, it's a debate in itself but this mm. film taking away anything that Polanski has done outside of I mean know, Chinatown film. is probably one of the greatest new waters ever I mean that guy has made some amazing he's just such movies. a talent such it's a like, talent it's amazing the, the, amazing the, the, director I, it, it just sucks that there's not many people from this generation that had the talent of like a Polanski and a Kubrick and a Hitchcock um, Tarantino little bit like you got kind of have that with him where where he overdoes everything i've never seen the ninth gate is that any good yeah yeah the movie is good hey check it out yeah um but yeah so uh i I gave it i changed my rating to a 9.5 out of 10 that's my number two awesome cool all right my number two is the little girl who lives down the lane oh shit wow yes damn 
Yes, what? Uh, I mean, Jodie Foster, you could tell from a very young age that she's a super talented actress. And I think it's interesting when you guys have been talking about this film, you've been calling her a psychopath and, and a killer. When in fact, she was really only responsible for the death of one person for most Father. of the film. And, still, and, and, and that was her mother. <laughs> and it was an abusive mother. I still think that. that makes her a killer, technically. I'm not sure. No, but you're making it out like she's a psycho, and I, and I have a hard time. It borders between her being a, a psycho, but I, I don't think she, I think she's really more of just like a highly intelligent individual raised by her father w- with a plan for her to, to is, survive. And not- it's, a compa- it's a complex character. I think it really is. Yeah, I, sure. I, I think there's many ways to kind of you know dissect who she really is. I mean, um, she doesn't kill the landlady. You you at yeah. one point think she's going to kill Mario, but she doesn't. In fact, she falls in love with him and opens up and tells her all the truth about about how her father was terminally ill and her mother was abusive and the father and her made the and father made the plan for her to that's her to take care for, of the mother. That's that's her looking for uh, a male companion. You know, someone a little bit older, but still relatively young enough uh, to have a relationship. She's in a sense almost trying to replace her father. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about this film too long, but in particular, the one of my favorite scenes is by far the last scene with her and, and Martin Sheen. That whole dialogue yeah. back and forth, and just that last shot, just lingering on her face, just just brilliant. I I love it. Horror film? Question mark? Question mark? But you know what? Do you I, consider so, it a horror film? <sighs> There's something about it. There's some there's some uneasiness to the character that that makes it a, a little bit horrific. I think it was designed to 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 frighten and and to to kind of thrill us and and keep us in mystery and and sort of like suspense. So I think there's there's certainly a few elements. Maybe the it's tenet, not the fuck. The tenets debatable too. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, those. And I said I had two films on my list that were debatable, and that's the tenant and this one. And I took off Helter Skelter, which I have I like would, five that are debatable. You know. So, but you know what? For the sake of the show, I I wanted to I wanted to keep all the films on, but these stayed on, and this one's a nine out of ten. Nice. All right. Okay. Wow. So coming in at number two for myself is Carrie. Yes. Damn! Well, you're fucking... Um, yeah, man, I mean, we've talked... I knew he wouldn't have a number one. We, we, I knew too, but we, now I'm, like, really confused. <laughs> we, we, we talked about Carrie, you know, so much. It is such an iconic film. It's a, it's a very... It's a very tragic story, you know, about this girl that is being not only oppressed by her schoolmates, um, she's being oppressed by her mother. And it's it's a tragic story of a girl that just wants to be normal, but she can't be because she's got telekinetic dele- powers and shit like that. But um, I, I really, I, I enjoy the story. I find it so intriguing, Jeremy, that you, f- that you think that Carrie is like a strong female character. I think towards the end, yeah, she's There's strong. nothing strong about her, in my opinion. It, it's it's you know, just, I just it's her reaction. She's weak the whole way through. Yeah, even when she's down on her knees, running back to her mother, she's weak. But see, and anybody... she's and she because of that weakness, she gets 
stabbed essentially you know what i mean and it's such a tragic thing because mm-hmm. the one person that she thought she could come back to after this terrible terrible thing that happened to her that you know i you know the that she didn't expect to happen did it first then didn't wanted to believe she goes back to her mother and it's just you know her mother obviously is not mentally there like it's hard to even blame her but but the betrayal in carrie's eyes and the the loss of the the feeling of literally having nobody in the world at that point is fucked up man it's it's deep it's emotional mm-hmm. um it's it's beautiful too it's just it's amazing the way uh that 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 plays out i don't, I, I don't I, think her mom you know essentially is you know not mentally there like all like having mental issues and stuff. I think she's she, damaged goods. She's dude. she's one of those she's one of those religious nuts that has let everything go to her head. Like that's but, the but only it's focus not, in her it's life. It's not only that, it's like she clearly has mental instability the way she describes the I think she's uh, just so involved with the religion and the gods and, and she believes in it so much that, you know, at that point where Carrie has done something that she's she needs to take things into her own hands because you That's know, lessening that character, man. Yeah. I, I don't see it like that. I, I think that she has a lot of emotional strain on, on whatever happened to her in her history. Uh, she clearly, um, well, that's, you know, I had think, sex I out think, of wedlock. I think that contributes. Like that. I think that contributes to where she is in life with her religion. Everything that happened in her past, I think, was a contributor to her being this complete religious nut and, you know, becoming who she is. Right. But, but even this as is how a she religious deals, nut, this, this you is don't how she kill, deals. She deals. Yeah, you know but, I mean? but you do, though. But you do because at this point, Carrie no matter is how much you believe sinned. in religion, you yeah. have to be crazy to kill your daughter. Well, of course, but of course, you. I mean, you. you there's an argument for uh, for killing anybody. Yeah, of course, you got to be a little bit fucked up in the head and shit like that. But at I this mean, point, I mean, Carrie's face and her eyes and, and the way she acts. I mean, Carrie's committed not the sin of you know what Carrie had done, and you know she's yeah, she's not mentally all there because she feels like she needs to do something about it because she's sinned. It, it's really in fucking insane. I mean, the, the character is actually quite complex, but I believe that her past is, you know, the result of her current state. And that's why she's went to religion and shit. But I mean, her you could die. Past dis- is the result of her current state. Yes. Her, the way you don't understand her past you know, having the baby out of wedlock is the result of where she stands in the current. Right? Okay. <clears throat> Every Everything in her past has made who she is now. This is why she's like this. Don't they also allude to rape? Like, like forceful, like, or for, it, yeah, like, it, like there's that, but then she enjoyed it. So there's that yeah. the 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 fear of of enjoying that you know with the with the religion, but I think it's also that she was emotionally scarred. No husband raising this daughter. That's what uh, I'm dealing with all this you know this this stuff. Uh, looking for God for the the reasons for everything, um, and then well, it's because feeling- of her own sins too, right? Having the, the kid out of wedlock and shit like that. Right. That's why yeah. she. That's why she turned to God. That's what I'm saying. Everything in her past. Well, she, I mean, everything in her past. She's always been very religious throughout her probably her whole. Of life. Of course, but I mean, she's taken it one step further. Like, and what, and that's what I was alluding to is that everything I, in her past I, I, is, I is like, created this total fucking nut that she's become, 
in you know the current. I, state I don't that think she's she in. just kills her, her daughter because she sins. I think it's also a crime of passion. Uh, it's it's a it's a murder in passion and confusion um, from her mental stability as well as feeling betrayed by Carrie. Um, it's it's not just religious nature. Well, I mean, there is that aspect, right? Because she pleaded with Carrie not to go to this prom. Of course, yeah, she's, you know, she feels like Carrie's completely disowned her in that aspect. And, uh, I mean, yeah, th- there's a lot of contributors there, for sure. Um, but that's, religion's fucked like that, man. It fucks with people's heads. It really does. It can for sure. <laughs> it does. It put, puts people in, in a different me- in a different mind state, man. Like when it comes to sins and being pure and shit like that. I mean, they take shit serious. I mean, I mean, you got to. I, I think personally, you got to be a little bit insane to to believe in God and, and all that type of stuff so much that you're willing to, you well, know, even I kill mean, your daughter. It, the problem like, is, is that when you break the thou shall not kill. <laughs> you know it's it's kind of very contradictory she, yeah i know but that that's but religion in itself is all contradictory though right mm-hmm. everything about it is so why not do that i mean but she feels in her mind that she's doing something right because i uh, feel like she Carrie thinks sins. that she's also ending the suffering there's there's so True. many layers to oh, for sure for sure there's so much there's so much layers uh, it, 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 it's a beautiful in her film. Head, she believes she has to kill Carrie. Yeah, um, but she, she's she really also does. passionate about doing it. Of course. Um, yeah. But that—that's you know the passion comes from being so involved in the religion itself, right? It also comes from the, the betrayal and and all that as well. Yeah, like she's you know she's a god servant at that point. Um. Yeah, man, Carrie. Uh, you know, I got to go back to what Jeremy said, man. Jeremy said, you know, it wasn't one of his favorite films growing up. It, 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 we've had this conversation many times. I kind of have like, I, I always enjoy Carrie, but I don't like love, absolutely love, love. I, res- I respect the hell out of the film for what it's done and what it's became. I mean, we touched on the fact that this is one of the very first uh, teen teen horror films. And I don't think a lot of people even have ever really put that together. You know, it kind of started yeah, this if, whole if thing. If you go one year before 1975, it's not, they're not that, they're not that, they're like a high school teen film. Yeah. Not really a thing. Yeah. Um, the one, the one part in the film I've always had an issue with is the prom scene uh, with, um, I just feel like the teacher gets, her fate is just not warranted, man. Because the teacher actually was the one that kind of went out of her way, and you know, yeah, but but Carrie doesn't see it that way. Carrie sees that she's laughing at her. Yeah, I get that. I understand that too. And but it's just, I, I just feel like her fate is just so. It's not warranted enough. I don't know, man. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, but neither I, is Carrie's. <laughs> none of that. Most of their fates aren't. Ninety-five percent of those people weren't laughing. You know, it was just Carrie's delusion. She was broken at this point because her yeah, yeah, her sure. fantasy had just been shattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. and most characters in this film don't get. What I, they... I guess it's just because I feel bad for the teacher. Like she just. Just gets fucking taken you out. You should feel like, bad for Carrie, damn it. Yeah, I, the actress actually pleaded with Brian De Palma not to have her death. Yeah. And Brian said, nope. See, there you go. There you go. See, like, I'm, yeah. Yeah, see, Brian De Palma knows best. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Watch his documentary. Um, but you know what so, I mean. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. I get you. Yeah, she 100%. Like, you, you feel sympathy for her because she was looking out for Carrie's best interest. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And she, you know, she was the one. I mean, the only is, one. 
I mean, well, there was the other girl too that. I mean, you well, can, I, shit. I mean, hell, fucking. There was like about three people that were. You could almost look at it like she was the cause of it too, because she's the one that got the girls and shit for doing that and blah blah blah. I mean, you, you yeah. could beat around with that whole idea also, but but uh, no, Carrie's a great film, man. Nine out of ten. Um, John Travolta, man, fucking right. <laughs> All right, so uh, I believe it's <laughs> yeah. Christian's turn, and then Brandon. Right, or uh, Jeremy, right? You fucking dickhead. We've been doing this shit for five yeah. hours. How the fuck do hey, you we're not at number the order one. by now? Oh, okay, okay. It's me, and then it goes Jeremy. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's not paying attention Well, I, I was just going to say, I think I know where three of us are going with this. So if we all wanted to just handle it together, we could skip the rotation. Or do you want to keep it? It's up to you guys. That's oh, fine. I might surprise you guys because I've changed things up a little bit. My what? number one. Is blood sucking freaks? What? Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm kidding. But a quick piece of trivia: that movie, you know, moods you're talking about watching um, Island of Death and feeling like you have to take a shower afterwards. Mm-hmm. Blood sucking freaks. As much as it's camp, boy, oh boy, it's just so sleazy. That you feel, I have to take a shower after I watch dude, that movie. Dude, the best part of Blood Sucking Freaks is the the clip of Eli Roth talking about the movie. Yeah. Well, Man. here's a bit of trivia. Seamus O'Brien died May 14th, the day we're recording right now in 1977. Oh, wow. Is that weird? Yes. That is. Anyway, you know, wh- what were you about to say, Mood? Sorry. <laughs> when I watched Blood Sucking Freaks again for the show, I was eating. Uh, some fish and and rice and broccoli and shit like that. And the scene First where mistake. the fucking scene where he's <laughs> he's got the chick bent over. She's on her fucking fours, <laughs> and he's using her back as a fucking table. Oh, I, I actually spit out my. I just I was laughing so hard. I'm like, well, I'm eating while he I'm watching this shit. It was just <laughs> cracking me right up, man. But that is just so demeaning to her. <laughs> like, it's fucking sleazy, man. There's so many sleazy. Parts. I mean, there's so much muff and tits in that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you gotta watch the movie to believe what you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple just off the side. If I, my wife came in and watched uh, saw me watching that, she probably <laughs> divorced me on the spot. <laughs> it, it is a, it's that bad of yeah, a movie. Yeah. I mean, it was called the Incredible Torture Show or Tits for short, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. Total yeah. side note. You're absolutely right. My number one is Carrie. I got we would, and we were. I was a bit silent when you guys were talking about it, not because I wasn't interested. It was because we could talk for hours about this movie. Yeah, uh, we we just did it on episode fifty four, I believe, on exploding heads, and absolutely love this movie. Brian De Palma is one of my favorite directors. Uh, this is cinema. Another, I talked about cinema uh, and how time is used and kind of stand still in the omen in a couple of scenes. And that's exactly what happens to that whole prom scene. The buildup to the prom scene is absolutely cinematic genius. I love it. Just the use of slow-mo. And then when it goes into the actual kill scene, uh, split screen and everything else. So Brian De Palma is sort of staple. Uh, perfect film, in my opinion. Uh, 10 out of 10. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, like Carrie for me is uh, go, you know what? Go ahead, Jeremy. You sure? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. My number one 
film of the year 1976 is Roman Polanski's The Tenant. This movie right. kicks Woo! I got it right. fucking ass. It's so goddamn fucking good. I've only seen this movie one time, but I know if I sit down and watch it, I think that this movie could have the same effect that I had when I was really into Argento's Giallos a few years ago. This movie is so deep and complex and it has mm-hmm. so many pieces of an onion that you could peel back and and interpret this movie in so many different ways that I think that everybody who watches it is going to have a different opinion about uh, our main character and the way that he sees his surroundings and the people who are treating him um, either shitty or you know in his mind we don't really know <coughs> what way it goes and I think that's such the brilliant part of this movie that Polanski doesn't want to feed you a a bullshit narrative where he tells you everything straightforward he's the kind of director who wants the audience to to dig deep <coughs> and actually make their own concrete decision about what this movie is about. And the same thing with Rosemary's Baby, Repulsion, Knife in the Water, all his fucking classic films that he made during the beginning of his career. He's just somebody that likes to uh, let the audience make up their own minds and not you know, tell them what he wants to tell them. It's just such a fantastic movie. I, I, I think I, I really... And fascinated with this movie is the uh, the commentary that the film has on a person's sexual frustration and sexual orientation and who they identify as as a person and how society sees that person um, as who they actually are. Because this person might think of themselves as this woman. I mean, maybe he's always wanted to be a woman all along. Maybe he's been transgender, but especially in 1976, you know, this shit is definitely, uh, you know, not really talked about that often. So I think he is scared as a character to really show his true colors. And the people who are living in this building are trying to, you know, dig in and (coughs) take this um, this built up sexual frustration that's inside him and pull it out of him and he's afraid of that and that's when i think at the end of the film he ultimately meets his demise and that's what ultimately makes him kill himself is the fact that he can't come to accept the way that people see him for who he is it's fucking an amazing 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 film i, I think it's i think in, it's, it's one interpretation than, yeah then you do <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh yeah i i kind of I kind of take it different, a lot different, but am I wrong? I like that, though. No, you're, like you're not that. wrong. You're not wrong at all. You're not wrong unless Roman Polanski <coughs> not said what it means. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's, I just got a text from Roman Polanski. You're wrong. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Wait, why do you have Roman Polanski's number? Yeah. What do you oh, guys what? I used to be a little girl. <laughs> oh. I'm so pissed off I missed this movie. Oh, it's amazing, man. Uh, oh. Come on, Christian. You didn't think that a Polanski flick would have had. And it's on Prime. It's definitely one of my favorite older films that I've watched in a long time. Actually, it's actually just been taken off of Prime. I did notice that. Wow. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 for The Tenant. It is I, an amazing film. I was right on that one for you and Christian. 
Uh, me, t- me too. I got everyone except Moods. Still not sure what Moods' number one is. Well, you, uh, you, you're carry, right? Yeah. Okay, so. so I, got, I got two of you. Me, me and Moods. Gonna, I think Moods is going to say the tenant. Because he uh, hasn't mentioned it yet. Oh, did he not? Okay, then. I almost picked that. But uh, Carrie, okay, so Carrie to me, man, is, is just a film that I didn't like at all when I was a kid. I remember first wow. seeing it when I was like five or six or something like that and didn't maybe didn't understand it. I don't know. Just didn't <laughs> didn't have Jason killing people, I guess, um, which was like the standard of a good movie back then. Um, and uh, <laughs> so uh, years later, I was at a, I was at a Halloween party, and I decided to stay, you know, drinking, driving, bad stuff. <laughs> and uh, and I, I was like chilling with this dude uh, in the living room, and he was on this like chair, and I was on this couch. Bags. It was this chick's older brother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh amc's fear fest was going on and you know me like horror shit so i I threw it on and carrie had just started and i was a little tipsy you know a little drunk and i started watching it and i just fucking loved it and then i got it on blu-ray and i fucking loved it more and then every time i watch it i pick up new things i i I see a shot that i didn't realize was as good as it is and i i I notice more about the the mother-daughter dynamic that's going on carrie loves her mom her mom loves carrie uh it's this weird relationship that just ends in total destruction you know we see when carrie uh gets you know has that happen to her at school she runs home to the only person that she knows will be there for her, and she's fucking not in a way. And you know, whenever Carrie, you know, fights back against against her mom, and you know the knife scene with the uh, you know crucifixion, uh, it, it's interesting that Carrie killed her mom in that way because we know that she spent many a nights in that closet or whatever looking at that statue and that oddly enough looked a lot like her mother. I think that was intentional by De Palma, <laughs> but uh, you know, foreshadowing, but it, it's just interesting that she pulled from that, you know, this religious nutbag that, uh, you know, forced this religion on her yet. She still pulls from what she knows, which is religion and pulls it and pulls it out in the end. Um, and I, and you know, knowing that's her last dying, you know, or is it whatever end scene? But you know that to to kind of still be in that mindset and and different things like that. Uh, and also one thing that I had a question for, I asked Carly and my friend Matt if they knew. So as we see that the Cat uh, Williams character asks Carrie to prom, and then like before that we see. The the John Travolta, yeah, William <laughs> Cat, 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 Cat Williams. Oh my God! Could you I'm gonna that? ask this simple bitch to prom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch that. that Me neither. Two good ones in a row. Oh, that's so oh, good. You're my hero, man. <laughs> oh, I heard. I was like Cat Williams. Yeah, William Cat. Oh, so. Man. John Travolta and and the other girl, Chris or whatever the fuck her name is, the mean one, uh, they're they're driving and and Travolta's a douchebag and drink a beer and 
I love that atmosphere, by the way, because everybody did that back then. Like my parents fucking drove around drinking, tossing beers to each other and stuff. But, uh, you know, do they not start planning this stuff before she gets asked to prom? Do you guys know? I don't know. So. Uh, no. no, I don't believe so. No, I don't think so either. I'm pretty sure that scene happens before Carrie is asked to prom, but I could be wrong. I'm yeah. going to say you're wrong because I don't want you to ruin this movie for me. <laughs> I feel like that happens right after the 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 uh, the scene where they're at the making them do the exercises, right? No, that's the scene where they're driving around and and she's just talking about how much she hates Carrie White, and then yeah, she but calls, isn't it because oh. she had to do all those exercises at the gym and shit? Yeah, but yeah, she but calls that's because of the beginning. Yeah, that's because of the beginning, and then Travolta slaps her because he, she calls him. An yeah, idiot. and then she gives him a blowjob and is like, "I need you to do this stuff for me or whatever." Right? I think he, she just references that she's going to get her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that any plan is established. If, if they fucking go kill that pig before she's asked a prom, I'm going to flip shit. I'm just saying. Um, I'll have to rewatch it and take pay attention to that. No, thing. they definitely don't. They definitely don't. Okay. No, uh, and then the the only other thing that I I had in like I think the beginning is a little cheesy by today's standards the plug it up thing, um, but the the only other thing that I had was so Carrie Carrie gets asked to prom she goes down and tells the teacher and the teacher says who asked you and she says you know William Katz character and uh, she's all like. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as an audience, you know that she thinks that it's a joke, right? But yeah. she tells Carrie, well, you don't know that. Like, and she she kind of pushes it a little bit, which is understandable because you want the character to feel good about herself. But uh, don't you think she pushes it a little too much for thinking that it's a joke? That the teacher thinks it's a joke? Oh, I thought, no, that makes her a caring... Yeah, but but if she knows it's gonna ba- if she truly feels it's gonna backfire, wouldn't you kind of just say it, but then ease back so she hopefully she doesn't really go through with this, you know? But she's actually like pushing it at a certain point, and I'm like, that makes no sense for that character because if she thinks that it's a joke, then she wouldn't push it that much. But does she really think it's a joke though? This yeah, is because after- she gives that that look because then she confronts the the kids and they're all like. No, it's not. And she's like, yes, it is, and blah, blah. You know what I mean? No, so but she, after, after she gets their their impression of what of what their plan is, then she, she believes them because she knows they're good kids, uh, Tommy and Sue. They're sort of like the poster children of the school. They're I mean, the that conversation couple. seems to end with, with her not believing them is what I'm going to say. She's still skeptical, but I think as, you know, there's a past. Yeah, but I'm not even talking about that point in the movie i'm talking about when she goes and sits next to her and like does her hair out and like says she's beautiful and stuff like that mm-hmm. at, at that point she still thinks it's a joke before she ever talked to him and she's i feel like you wouldn't tell carrie yeah you should do it if you think that it's a joke if you rewatch it pay attention to that scene yeah because I-, I brought it up and and i'm telling you it plays out a little weird it plays out a little weird. I'm not. I'm not. I'm thinking it's more of just an oversight in terms of like what the characters were supposed to be acting like at that point. But uh, I, I truly think that scene plays out weird if you watch it. 
pay attention. Um, but <laughs> besides that, <laughs> don't be a Jeremy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Carrie, I, I absolutely love the movie. It, it is amazing. It's a great story of bullying, um, you know, a revenge tale. But nobody, it, the revenge is so unsatisfying because everybody fucking it doesn't end good for anybody you know even carrie you know she doesn't get a, a successful revenge to the people it, it, it's just a fucked up story and i like that so yeah. 10 out of 10 yeah Thanks. my i'll uh, i'll keep mine short my number one's carrie like christian said we covered it recently on the show on eh and uh i mean it's a 10 out of 10 for me i love the film one of the things i said about this film that really shows how much I love this film is every time I watch it, I keep hoping for a different outcome when it comes I, to I Harry. love that you said that. I heard I, that. And I was and, like, and when I said I, that, I know I, exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's nuts, but that just shows how powerful the film is and how strong, how, how much you just want how, Carrie. Yeah. To, to have a little slice of happiness in her life. Yeah. How strongly you feel for this character. She just deserves something good. I'm always but, uh, like, I'm always like, fuck that ginger while I'm watching that movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because gingers freak me out, man. Oh. They got no souls. Eh, maybe that's part she's, of it. This is not Sam Ed- Edwards ginger. <laughs> They've got no souls. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, my number one is the uh, Cat Williams classic. <laughs> Cat Williams. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. I'm like, yeah, when, did, when did Bobby turn black? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, That's good, good shit. Stuff. <laughs> All right. So I was right on four out of the five. If I count myself. Yeah, me too. Four out of five. But I, I'm thinking Jeremy might be right with moods, but I don't know. Well, if Jeremy right. picked Omen, so he'd be wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, think I, might I got, I got you guys all right. I got Jeremy wrong. No, I picked Brandon the Omen. JP Carrie. Moods, the tenant, Brandon, the omen, Christian Carey. Well, coming in at number one is Polanski's The Tenant. Yes. This so nobody sense. scored perfect then. No. Uh, Fuck! No. Everybody got three out of four? Yep, got three out of four. Oh, three out of four. Um, yeah, man, The Tenant is... Carries in the Hall of Fame. It's it's pretty much masterful. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about the Omen? Did it make the Hall of Fame? No, three nines is twenty seven. Oh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't remember the ratings. So that so carries the only Hall of Famer. So far. Well, we're. What done. do you give the tenant? <laughs> we're done. JP gave it nine and a half. I gave it a ten. What do you give it? I think it's going in the Hall of Fame. I also. Oh yeah, because with Jared. Wait, with uh I gave it a ten, you gave it a nine and a half. I know what you I know. <laughs> um Brandon had it at an eight. Yeah, I had an eight, so you know, th- th- this has happened on every show where one of my number one has been someone's number ten. <laughs> Brandon, you had the tenant at number ten. Yeah. That's crazy. That that's happened to me on every show, I think. It's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and I honestly think it's strictly because it was a first time view. Mm-hmm. No, that's bullshit. Because mine was the first time view. You're slacking. Really surprised, Brandon. You didn't like the tenant more. Yeah, I, I think thought, it's... I I truly thought it would have been 
Like, if you asked me to guess the number two, I would have maybe guessed the tenant for Brandon. Really? I, I mean, I still gave it an eight out of ten. I still really enjoyed it, and it's probably only going to go up the more I view it. I just didn't feel comfortable enough giving it a super high score when I'm not sure I understood it completely. <laughs> Man, it's su- I gotta pay attention. It, it's such a it's such a masterful <laughs> psychological horror film, man, with so many ways to, to to dissect this film and interpret it. That's what I love about it, man. Polanski isn't afraid to make you think. Um, he's not oh, going to give you exactly what you want, but he's going to give you food for thought, right? Yep. Um, and that's essentially a good way of summing up this film because there's so many layers to it. So many things that you can look into. There's so many metaphors. There's so much everything going on in this one that it it just makes it such a brilliant film. It's very, very brilliant. And the one thing about this movie that is very shocking to me is how well Polanski actually plays the main character. Like his, it is super shocking. It's fantastic. He's just, he, he plays that role, you know, the the frustration in his in his realm man it's just it comes out of him too it comes yeah and it just comes out so well on screen man the um the sexual frustration and and everything about his character man and the paranoia is so prevalent in the film and i i just i love it man because constantly all i'm doing while i'm watching this film is just thinking you know, and that's that's a brilliant film, man. If it can keep you that intrigued, my it's own- so easy to watch these type of movies. They just flow over your body, where you're just so interested, that, to where you literally don't want to pick up. Like you, this is a film you never even think about picking up your phone. No, no, no. Um, you know, I I had this film rated at a nine point five, but I think I'm gonna bump it up to a ten because I can't really think of anything that i disliked about it maybe it might be a tad bit too long it runs what two hours and eight minutes or six minutes or something like that uh the length yeah, of the film the length of the film is pretty long for what it's doing but i think thinking back on it everything that is being showcased uh it, it's good it works it really does i think everything is super calculated in the film <laughs> and i think it needs to be there right so with that said 10 out of 10, The Tenant. I, I yep, think it's, I think a it's a... 29.5, a Hall of Fame with me, Jeremy, and Moods. Carrie gets a perfect 30 for me, Christian, and Brandon to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah Moods, I really, I really think that The Tenant is just one of those films that you got... I, for me, I, I just have to watch multiple times because like you guys said, there's so much there. There's so many different angles to dissect it from that... It, it, you can interpret yeah. it in a million different ways, and it, really I think he good. plays the character so well because it, I think it's sort of almost a reflection of of his childhood and uh, you, you know, know growing up, growing up in uh, you know I think the during tenant, the Nazi occupation oh for sure mm-hmm. for sure yeah, yeah. I, I think the Tenant is one of those films that um, upon repeat uh, viewings well you'll notice more things like I think yeah. oh, like this there's so dude. many there's so many subtle things going on like there's the, the party scene in his apartment, I know there's more there, right? There's just shit in there that there's so much. It seems like there's not much going on, but when you really, if you were to rewatch it and just kind of focus on other things, there's shit going on. Like, 
it, this is why this movie is so masterful, man. It's so calculated. Mm-hmm. Polanski is a master of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really, really fucking good. And I think everybody needs to see this film. And we should start a Christian, petition. you too. We, we, we yep. should honestly start a petition to Criterion to release this fucking movie on Blu-ray <laughs> because it's right up their alley. They've done I'm other stuff. I'm sure pl- there's a reason stuff. why they haven't, though. I mean, right? they've like, done Repulsion. To, this, this seems like a film that would be high on their yeah to-do list if, if it was possible but now you guys understand remember when we were doing the the top 100 films of all time or whatever and you guys hadn't seen the tenant at the time and i'm like you gotta see the tenant <laughs> right? you know it's so funny i, I gotta see it i gotta it's see great it. great ebert stuff. hated it ebert yeah, gave it like one star he, he hated, hated it. one i know but it's just it's funny because uh, that's, awesome. that's but, great that's great that's one star, book. and I hated it. It was in his I hated, hated, hated this movie book. Yep. Which was really? like reserved for like do Halloween H20 and stuff like that. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember what his. Uh, why he, the, what, Why did he hate it so much? What was what was with the film that he didn't. If I. I think he. I'm paraphrasing completely, but yeah, something yeah. along the lines of like he thought it was a a movie made by someone that wanted to make a Polanski film, but didn't actually understand how to make a Polanski film. Dude, that is the most insulting <laughs> fucking thing that you can say to it. So he's what saying that Polanski is a fake version of Polanski. Yeah. <laughs> the film is like, Ball. yeah, like fuck. Yeah. That is the weirdest criticism I've ever heard. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that, that was paraphrased, else. but uh, yeah, very he says it's not merely bad. It's an embarrassment. What the if fuck? it di- if it didn't have the Polanski trademark, we'd probably have to drive miles and miles and sit in a damp basement to see it. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm reading quote from it. I don't know. I don't know where he's coming from with this at all. I can't figure it out. Dude, there's so many Shocking. questionable fucking things that that dude has said. All right, can we get to what years next? Uh, well, <laughs> technically, uh, everybody give their their two. Let's limit it to two. Honorable mentions and two dishonorable mentions, which means like the shittiest films you watched. Okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll be quick. I, I guess the the two that would be next in line for the ones I watched uh, would be God Told Me To and The House uh, with Laughing Windows. And we, they were brought up, well, Moods brought up House with Laughing Windows and God Told Me To popped up, I believe, on everybody's list but mine. Not mine. Not mine. Okay. Uh, for me, it would have to be Alice, Sweet Alice, and The Oily Maniac <laughs> as my two honorable mentions. And then two shitty films would have to be um, Crash and Dogley Afternoon. Oh, sure. but it's not that bad. It isn't, but <laughs> still shitty. Uh, okay, so uh, the next just missing my list was Who Could Kill a Child. And honestly, after talking to you guys, it probably should have made my list. I didn't think I put it all together and had it in perspective until you guys talked about it. So that's one that, that could have made the list. Uh, and then one that I actually really liked, and nobody mentioned it all night, period. The Witch Who Came From the Sea. Yeah, good film. Oh, wow, you liked that movie. Crazy. Yeah, I did. I didn't oh, like okay. the other one that was from that pack premonition, premonition? yeah it had richard lynch, richard lynch. yeah i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> premonition is you know very slow burn but it's just it's not yeah great. it's not great <laughs> uh shout out to assault on precinct 13 absolutely loved it first time watch did 
didn't consider it really horror enough. What to do you mean you list. didn't? You mean you didn't like Bloodstalkers, JP? No, the three <laughs> like I already mentioned Black <laughs> Cobra Woman, but Mako: The Jaws of Death sucked, and Bloodstalkers fucking sucked. <laughs> so, what do you rate Assault on Precinct Thirteen? I'm at like a nine point five to ten range. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, but right, so it, really good. It, it, had I actually included it, it still probably would be at number three because I like the tenant a little bit more. Hmm. Hmm. Good, Brandon. All right, my two that just missed the list: the house with laughing windows and the people who own the dark. And people who own the dark was cool. Yeah, I like that film. And yeah. two, two more shitty films besides the Milpitas monster, <laughs> ape. Ape and Bloodbath. I didn't oh, see yeah. either of those. Bloodbath was hard to find. It was hard to find because it was a piece of shit. I, I really liked uh, <laughs> I actually bought that in, in Chicago when I was at Jeremy's. Is that the picture from Black Lake was on my list forever. It was like number 10. I, I liked that movie. I like the creature from Black Lake too. I, I gave it a 6. Cool. I think with a better transfer, I'd like it even more. Oh, and Devil's Kiss sucked. God, if we get like 1929 is the next year, that's going to suck it, dick. It's not eligible. Uh, Satan's Slave was okay. There was some good... There was some... I don't know. I had a lot of like... Like... I have sevens in my top 15, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... it's um, Two films. I guess I'll... I'll Oily Maniac just missed the cut, and Food of the Gods, which I absolutely fucking love. Yeah, Food of the Gods was great. It, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a great film, man. The miniatures and everything about. I love the effects in that film. It's fun as hell. Yeah, Food of the Gods is all. I loved all the killer animals, like Grizzly and Squirm. Love them. I, I wish they could have made the list, but I just felt like the quality of the films that I had on the list were a little bit better. But those films are fucking awesome. They're probably more of the most fun films. Yeah, all all those killer animal flicks, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, besides SX Experiment Camp, that's got to be the worst shit, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck, that movie is just ugh, it's abomination. Um, Seven Woman for Satan, it is. <laughs> you have to see this movie to believe what you're watching. I couldn't even describe this shit. This man, it is seven it, women from satan yeah it's released by mondo macabro it has to be one of the strangest and odd films ever created it but it's oh, bad shit. but it's really yeah fucking i gave bad. i gave that a three i, I gave it saying. three out of ten too three out of wow. ten. you guys watch barbed wire dolls yep i like barbed wire dolls. i actually liked it too <laughs> yeah i don't think it's a good movie but i i did like it did you yeah. guys did anyone watch the other franco film from the year ja, the jack the ripper with uh, Claude, I know, I couldn't find I did. it. Assault Jack. The you Ripper. know what, no. man? It's actually pretty good. I gave it a seven out of ten. It's it's pretty fucking solid, man. Klaus Kinski, you can't really go wrong, right? Pretty good stuff. Um, I will say, Schizo and uh, Satan Slave were also up there for like good films. Satan Slave was alright. I, I didn't love it. It's like my twenty seventh spot. Yeah, I, I I enjoy that film. But there's there's a lot of fun ones like JD's Revenge. No one brought that on tonight. Uh, uh yeah, I like JD's Revenge. It was cool. Inqu- Inquisition was good. Oh wow! So I didn't even have JD's Revenge on this list. Oh shit! I forgot about Inquisition. Dude, I watched that too. So did I. Damn. I my total count was uh no wait a minute forty eight. Isn't Inquisition from seventy 
seven. You're talking about the fucking the Paul Nagy film. Yeah. yeah, isn't it from '77? I think it says '76 on the box of the on the back of the Blu-ray. God damn it! If I had that shit, I no. You know what? I think that's wrong. Yeah, it says '76. It says '78 on IMDb. Yeah. Okay. That's I think it, I think it came out in '77. Might have been released over here in '70. Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, no, that's a good film though. It's a really good. Yeah. Film. Um. Anybody watch The Devil's Express and Death Machines? Yeah. Uh, no. Fuck it, they're fun. Super yeah, they were. Fun. Super fun films, man. I started Death Machines one night and just never got about I had Werewolf Woman in my top ten forever. Good I know, film. that was one that I wanted to get to because I not only did you say to check it out, but it actually was making like the top ten list I was looking at on the internet from this year. Yeah. Because yeah. I always do research like that. It's yeah. fun. It's a fun flick. Oh, you saw it? <laughs> yeah, that one was on my, That was one of the ones I watched. <laughs> wow, crazy. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's a good one. It, it's different. It's definitely different. So, all right, are you guys ready? Yes, let's oh, do it. I'm telling right, you, man. The next top ten list. Okay, here's what's eligible. So, I took uh, sixty-seven and under. Uh, I believe to nineteen, like thirty. And put them in a randomizer and got 1940. So that's the additional year eligible. Um, if we pull that, there are 11 films that are available to see. Two lost films and a bunch of short films. So we wouldn't have much prep. The 11 films are currently... A, a, you're able to see them. They're, I did research. They're all online. Small chance that that's actually going to get pulled, but just letting you guys know. I hope it happens. <laughs> it would uh, be nice. Please don't be 1997. Uh, and then we have uh, 1969, 80 through 85, and then 87 through 99, 2000, 2001. No. Skip 2002. Skipping 96. Yeah, no 96. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Skipping 96, 97. Uh, to 2001, skip 2002, 2003, all the way up to 2012. Please don't be 97. Right, are you guys ready? This shit is. I want 80, 80 or 81. <laughs> yeah, 80, 80 or 81. I don't want that. I, do. I want. I'm hoping. Let's do 92. Let's 93 is good. 90, 93 is good. I'm hoping for something in the 2000s, honestly. But I'll take a 90, a 90s. I bet you it's coming between 2003 and 2007. All right, ready? Yep. Nineteen eighty-two. Oh! oh! <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty good year. I mean, it's not as solid as eighty and eighty-one, but eighty-two is pretty. All solid. right, so let's see what we got here. We got the thing. We got Poltergeist, yeah. Creep this Show. This is already anticlimactic. Yeah. Friday three, Fuck. Basket yeah. Case, Halloween three, Tenebrae. Cat People, Amityville 2, Slumber Party Massacre, The New York Ripper, Alone in the Dark, Last Horror Film, The Beast Within, The Dorm Digit Blood, Blood Tide, The Living Dead Girl, Slayer, Swamp Thing, uh, Humongous, Manhattan Baby, Unhinged, Don't Go to Sleep, Q, mentioned to you earlier, The Sender, that movie sucks, everybody can skip that, Uh, Pieces... Boarding house next of kin. Oh, that's getting Sender. Really soon. You said skip it. Tarantino says that's one of his favorite movies. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, I don't like the sender. Boarding but... house you could skip. That movie fucking sucks. <laughs> uh Silent Rage? 
<laughs> Silent Rage okay. is fucking awesome, man. What about visiting hours? The house where evil dwells. Uh, you said that already. The entity. Fuck. It's a good year. Valley. Pieces. Swamp Thing. Yeah. Well, at least Girls I own every out. single one of these movies. This is awesome. I own a lot of these, honestly. The dorm. Let's that be honest, movies. That would have been the case with whatever your game. I'm telling you right now, I'm not <laughs> rewatching that. Yeah, that's true. It could have been like 1940, and you're yeah. Like, oh, luckily, year. I own all 11 of these. It's <laughs> a good year. I know. I'm I actually fuck. Will love good. to prep for this. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's some good. Yeah, stuff. this is a great year. There's some solid movies, and and a lot that I haven't got to yet. Yeah, I'm is curious. White, is White Dog considered horror? white dog no black dog is <laughs> now we have to find dogs of hell white so we're going back to the 80s which had one, the least chance of getting pulled if you consider like you know 2000 to 2011 Has rottweiler dogs of hell come out on dvd oh worse. wow the second one was 97 jesus <laughs> we were so close. We just missed so it. close. Oh my Run god, away. that would have been horrible. And then Run 2010, away. and then 89, 84, and 40. How were we one away from what we didn't want? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm actually man. not. I look. This year looks funner to me than 86 did. So. Oh, this this is a great year, man. There's so many good films. Oh, maybe Dave Z will join us next time. Fucking, yeah, super, <laughs> fucking superstition, superstition, man. Uh, raw force. So I want to find ones. this. I want to find this dog. So I think movie. Dave Z will definitely join us once he sees that the thing and Creep Show are on here. Oh, dude, those fucking movies are just so fucking good. I'm. I, I feel like I could predict everybody's top ten right now. <laughs> but dude, the interesting aspect of this is like it, like pretty much like two two or three on like three to ten could be a fucking anything there's so many good movies here uh yeah. this is this is fucking awesome man butcher baker nightmare man oh this is great uh, i've never there's... even got to see that oh that's a great sweet. film it's so it's good what? it's so good what do you think is i could have done 97 97 i would have <laughs> made something work <laughs> I don't even know if I can make a top ten. Uh, <laughs> hey, who's gonna make the letterbox with all these on there so I know what to watch? Uh, we'll get to it. I mean, I'm not. I'm telling you right now, I'm not prepping to starting prep tomorrow. But I mean, I, <laughs> I think already I just, started. I think I just naturally watch some of these. Movies. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon's gonna have ten by tomorrow morning. I'm watching one right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh God! Uh, has that. any of you guys seen the Cat People remake? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't no. think. Ooh, Curse be. of the Cannibal Confederate. Now, what, what, what do you guys? What are? What's I the actually timeline own for this? that. Uh, it usually, good? with the like bigger ones, we try to go like, oh, it's it, like six months. But um, if it's like I would, if it's at all possible, the greatest day, like to me, the best time to do it would be like, no, like like October. Um, but I don't. If not, it would probably get pushed till either December. Or the next year. Okay. Yeah, there's not a huge list of films for this year. No, no, it's and these are easier to watch too. Yeah, a lot of these. I I mean, a lot of these are some of our favorite movies, like comfort comfort movies that we watch anyway. Yeah, Yeah, this is this is this is going to be a fun year. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, let's try to shoot for October, because I feel if we don't get it in October, then. I it's, mean, it's, truly, it's, it's you need be, like two months of prep, man. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be just pushed for like another four months. 
kind of yeah i I could definitely make october work with this october december at the latest if we make it october that i've actually watched a good like a good portion of these and within the year well that's good i I mean a lot of times i i i just port those over like if i watch a film that that if i watch a film within the year and it didn't make my top 10 list it wouldn't make it it's just not going to you know um but yeah so good stuff if it's over a year i'll give it another shot but if it's within the year then that's why i was like that because we did uh, we did a lot of cramming for slashers oh yeah a lot of them are from that from that era so it's perfect i can't wait to watch some of that hell i'm i might have lied i might watch one of these tonight i know you guys well well, i'm not because it's (laughs) two fucking 15 and i gotta go to sleep (laughs) <laughs> way well, past my bedtime by two hours is, and 15 is, minutes this bro, is great so. this is great it's i'm glad with the quarter after 11 here seriously move now did i do a good over. job did i redeem myself on this one at least i wasn't paying attention oh you <laughs> fucking <laughs> asshole you are a fucking dick face man can i, I fucking asshole i appreciate recording with you jeremy it's a first time and i thought it went well oh yeah that's right this is both of you guys first time I had it a great feels time. like it's my first time because he never says anything <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but i love you uh, that's not true nobody loves jeremy fucking cocksucker his mom even told me that <laughs> speaking of which i think i'm gonna go try sucking my own dick and fall asleep so oh okay. there it is Hey, Might as well. I love having you guys on. It's, it's, I literally look forward to it every year. Let's hopefully look forward to it again this year. That would be awesome. You guys are the best. I, check out Exploding hey. Heads, please. They, they're my, it's my favorite podcast. Um, Mine too. I, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know them by now. You guys love these shows. Never heard an episode. They're no. quite, yeah, you they're quite good. Carry for me. <laughs> there you go. No, we appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah, and, but I love doing these. These are yeah, a blast. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, they are. They are. No, 76 wasn't, but this was. <laughs> I had fun. Uh, I have too. fun watching a lot of these films, even even the bad ones. I like just becoming an expert on the year by watching as many as I can. Yeah, it's a, it's a you feel more knowledgeable coming out for sure. Yeah, I can't remember half the shit that happened <laughs> in any of these movies, but I saw them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But you remember that you're not going to watch it again. No, most of them I will not be watching. Right. All right. All right, man. Let's get the Do we need a long guys. outro or can we just leave? We what? didn't have a long intro. You're a dickhead. Really? Well, Jeremy, the show's been like six hours long. <laughs> do you want to do an outro? Whatever. <laughs> what a downer. The one thing that's outro. mine and they fucking just kick me right in the I balls. I want to hear Jeremy's outro. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> No, because he's just gonna fucking be a dick and cut it out anyway, like the last time. So fuck that shit. <laughs> I did a whole long outro and then moods fucking cut it. Might have to go to the hospital and have my donkey bite looked at. What are you talking about? I cut it. The outro. He wasn't even editing the show. Wait, what does it look like now that you have a camera? It's not that bad. It's just it hurts. Did you try to pee on it? Yeah, that was that was JP on that one. That wasn't me. I might. I might go pee on myself. All right, guys. I got to go. Yeah. All right. Deuces. Deuces. Good night, everybody. Love you. Thank you. Bye. Peace.